warning, pop culture leftovers might not be suitable for people who can't handle insane amounts of profanity, so you might want to fuck off. Pop culture leftovers might take its time getting around to its advertised content as well. If this is a huge problem for you, then you too can fuck off. Pop culture leftovers typically has a long run time as well. If you can't handle a four to six hour podcast, then you probably won't like us, and you too can join the aforementioned cock thistles and fuck off altogether in unison. Others who may not be able to handle pop culture leftovers include children under the age of 14, if you regularly listen to NPR, are a pregnant woman that has spent most of your first, second, and third trimester looking at stupid shit on both Etsy and Pinterest, if you tuck in your t-shirts, if you use a Bluetooth headset in public, if you go to motivational speaking seminars, if you have life goals, if you have self-respect, if you have a heart condition, if you're a huge pussy, if you're a huge pussy with a heart condition, or if your name is Melvin, TFS706, or TJ Lamb. Everyone else, please enjoy. Episode 298. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and it's all bad. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Could it toss it? Could it Do we love it? Hey, let's race it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carryover. Counterculture pushover. Pop culture. Leftovers. Uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Sure only talent. It's the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. You're listening to the only podcast with the balls to bite a radioactive spider. It's Pop Culture Leftovers. Five, five four, four, three, three two, 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 one. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And we're, we're the leftovers. leftovers. Yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah, this week we are going to be talking about all the news that dropped, uh, D23 and then definitely talking about this whole Spider-Man Disney Sony debacle that's going on. Uh, and then hopefully get you some good pop, bad pop this week, but it's mostly going to be a pretty Jake. This is going to be our mullet episode because it's all business in the front. And we might have a little party in the back. Who knows? I like it. I like it. The mullet episode. I, I rocked a mullet when I was young, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. It was a popular. Did you have the uh, Bud Bundy mullet or the uh, Uncle Jesse? Uh, I think it was more of the Uncle Jesse. Mm-hmm. The old Uncle Jess. A favorite Uncle Jesse, Dukes of Hazard or Full House? I got to say Full House. Yeah, me too. I'm not going, you know, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, how can I pick like an old man? Yeah, I'd be harder pressed telling you which show I enjoy more. But yeah, uh, Uncle Jesse Full House is definitely the winner of the two Uncle Jesse. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, I got, I got, I got, I tend to agree with you there. It's just I, I like uh, Dukes of Hazard more as like a nostalgic thing, but it's not like I'm gonna. I don't know. I wouldn't have posters of either of them. No. But, you know, I don't know. I think I think I have a little bit more uh, love for John Stamos. We're not alone this week. This is stupid. Um, we've got uh, Rebecca Daling joining us. Welcome, Rebecca. Hey, good to be back. Thanks for having me. Welcome back. Yeah, we're also ha- joined by uh, June. June, it's been a while. Welcome back. Hi, thanks for having me again. Absolutely. June, Rebecca, favorite Uncle Jesse. <laughs> Oh, Stamos. Oh, John Stamos. Was, is that even a question? It's a contest? It's Stamos. Yeah, 100%. I know. I know. It's like, I, I mean, it's, Uncle Jesse was, he was cool, I guess, like the, the Dukes of Hazard guy, but 
I don't know. I'm trying to pinpoint like why I'm picking uh, Stamos. Stamos is just like cool, man. He's like the definition of cool from that era. He loves the Beach Boys. The Beach Boys are fantastic. He was a, he was in the Beach Boys. He was the yes, drummer. he was. There you go. There you go. He was in the Kokomo video. He sure was. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be crazy if if it was the old Uncle Jesse in the Kokomo video? <laughs> <laughs> crazy is definitely an adjective to use for that. Uh. <laughs> oh, Why no. were the Beach Boys singing about a fictional island to begin with? I don't know. Wasn't that movie just straight up for uh, the cocktail movie I always thought? Yeah, it was, it was from the cocktail soundtrack. Okay, okay. Yeah. And my question was, like, why are they singing about a fictional fucking island? It doesn't even exist, Jake. There's no place. You can't, you can't book a flight to Kokomo. <laughs> There's no Kokomo. It doesn't exist. You look on any map, it's not there. What is it, fucking Narnia? It's just like a magical relaxation island, I guess. That'd be great. By the Beach Boys. It's like a tourist trap. C.S. Lewis by like, you know, his fifth book. Like the kids open the the wardrobe and they're in Kokomo. (laughs) And they're they're greeted by John Stamos, the Greek god. (laughs) (laughs) Tom Cruise is there flipping bottles and getting these kids drunk. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. Kokomo. That's crazy. Yeah, that song is bizarre. Yeah, everybody knows. No, they don't. A little place called Kokomo. Never heard of it. That's where we want to go to get away from it all. How do you get there? I don't know. It's a weird song. That's one of those songs that I absolutely loved as a child, too, that I just detest now. Yeah, it's. I think around that time, they had a lot of those fucking, like, island songs. There was the, don't worry, be happy. You know what I mean? The Bobby McFerrin shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Elton John did Island Girl, which kind of has that same exact yeah. sound, too. Yeah. Yeah, crazy. Good stuff right off the off the top of the show here. Hi! <laughs> oh, my God. My cat just jumped on the goddamn table. Thanks, buddy. Anyway, uh, guys, we're not going to be reading iTunes reviews this week. We're going to save it for next week. Uh, everybody, if you've signed up to be on episode 300 and you haven't sent me a Skype request, if you don't do it by the next two weeks, I'm going to skip you and you're not going to be on the episode. So, so I've sent everybody the emails. Check your emails. And respond to me and at least send me the Skype request for crying out loud because I've only had like four people send me the Skype request. You need um, to give them like a hard deadline. Be like on this date, like at this time on this date. Yeah, there's always going to be your last minute fucking stragglers that goddamn day. And, you know, I, it makes me even <laughs> not want to fucking call them, you know, at that point. <laughs> fucking last minute stragglers. Get, get your shit together. You got two goddamn weeks. It's 14 fucking days. Fucking, oh, man. fucking dragon ass like old Uncle Jesse. <laughs> doesn't he look like, doesn't Uncle Jesse from Dukes of Hazard look like everybody in like one of those old colostomy bag commercials or something? Or like one of those, those fucking medical scooters that they roll around oh in? Yes. 100%. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Anyway. Um... <laughs> Do you guys want to jump right into the news, or do you want to, you want one little fun thing, or I don't know? What do you want? I want the fun thing. I want yeah, the fun thing. Fun thing. All right. What do you want? You want a, <laughs> I got an Urban Dictionary word, or I got uh, I've got a uh, weird statistic that I want to talk about. Oh, the statistic. 
Uh, just uh, come on, uh, somebody else got somebody else something else. I'll, I'll say the urban dictionary right. word. Rebecca, you're the you're the deciding oh, vote here. Oh great! Oh great! Uh, statistic. All right, let's see here. Yay! You ever heard it's that? Like a choose your own adventure thing. This is fun. Yeah, no, <laughs> but choose your own ad- ad- banter talk with Brian. It's like banter snatch. Where better it is. It's like, well, we don't know that yet. <laughs> we don't. It might not turn out so well. Uh, yeah, you ever heard that statistic? People that are like, uh, in your lifetime, you will have eaten while you're sleeping, like you know, three spiders or something like that. Correct. How, how, is it three? Uh, I don't know the exact statistic, but I know the kind of like how how many spiders will go into your mouth stats. I've seen that. Ew. Yeah. What if you enjoyed eating spiders, though? You know what I mean? Then you're it's kind of bad luck at that point then because you don't get any of the enjoyment, but you ate it. It's kind of like it's 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 like delivery, right? (laughs) While you're sleeping. I mean, like if you if you like eating them, then I mean, it's just like bonus, like cool. I ate spiders. Although I guess you don't get to enjoy them like if you do like eating them. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I like flaming young, but if one crawls into my mouth while I'm sleeping, I'm not the biggest fan of it. <laughs> yeah, but like the next day, you're like, man, I, I I don't feel so hungry, but I feel so energetic. What? It's almost as if I ate a spider last night. <laughs> you know? It doesn't happen. Right. The, the, the weird thing is, is it doesn't happen. Like with other foods, that's the weirdest thing. Like this is if like if spiders were your main, like I don't know, your main meal. Like that's like that's how you're, you're that's how you you know like that's you're getting that throughout the night. You know what I mean? You're not you're doing two things at one time, which is a huge time saver in that case because you're sleeping, you're hitting that REM sleep, and you're getting a full belly. Which is a, can you imagine just like a trail of spiders just like. Just feeding you throughout the night. <laughs> oh. oh my god! Where are you That's... living to get this kind of service? That'd be great. I don't know, man. You might be living in a jungle or something. There's a lot of spiders there. You know, you could leave out. You know, like breeding them. You know how kids leave out, you know, cookies for Santa. You know, you could leave something there at the corner of your mouth or your nose or whatever, and they could just, <laughs> they could just, you know what I mean? They could just well, move into your tight. fucking face. Like to entice the spiders yeah. to your mouth. At yeah, night. it's like the okay. uh, Santa cookie equivalent. You know, you're leaving oh, something out for them. Like maybe I don't know. You strap down a couple fucking fruit flies underneath your nostril or something. And a little <laughs> drop of sugar cane right there. Yeah, exactly. I don't like this conversation. I feel like there's spiders on me now. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't happen with other foods, though. I would see because I don't. I don't eat spiders, of course. But I, I think it'd be kind of cool, like, you know, if this happened with other things, like if you just, like, woke up one day and it's like, holy shit, and you had, like, cheese breath, like you ate a plate of nachos while you were sleeping. <laughs> you know what I mean? Seems like the recipe for choking a little bit. <laughs> yeah, Brian, that's just drunk eating. That's just what happens when you're really drunk and you come home and you just stuff your face and pass out. Oh, my God. How many times have I done that? And there have been times. Yes. There's been times, like, there's stuff in my fridge that I would have never eaten before. You know what I mean? Like, that shit at the yes. back. And you're like, I ain't touching that. It's not quite bad yet, but you don't know if it's really good either. But you're not going to touch it. Or it goes with something. It's, like, by itself. But, like, when you're that fucking drunk and hungry, it doesn't matter what the fuck it is, right? You could be eating fucking, like, cold, plain, still not even cooked elbow macaroni. And it's, like, the best thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, let's move on into I we got to get going. We got to talk about this Spider-Man stuff. That was the statistic? Was the spiders? Yeah, that's it. 
people okay. eating spiders. I don't know. That's I what I what you want me to you want me to get all Bill Nye on this shit, Jake? What the fuck are you expecting <laughs> no, I, from me? <laughs> I I was confused because I thought you were using the spiders as an example for the real statistic because no. you're not even sure how many spiders in your mouth. <laughs> I know. I, how how much preparation do you really think I fucking put into that, Jake? <laughs> And I was like, all I really put in my notes is like, we're going to talk about spiders going in mouths, and that's about it. <laughs> and I like to imagine that you did that in picture form on your notes, too. Dude, it was a rough week, man. So, yeah, it's just, I drew a picture of Little Miss Muffet on a tuffet. Long came a spider, sat down beside her and went in her fucking mouth, and she was, she was like, fuck these curds and whey, I'm full. So. <laughs> I filled up on spiders on the way here. Yeah, I, I improved upon that. Uh, what, what is that? Is that, a, is that a fairy tale? What is that? You call, what do you call that? Is that a nursery rhyme? Nursery yeah, rhyme. There you go. Yeah, there's nursery rhymes. There's fairy tales. There's limericks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Right. Mother Goose. Mother Goose. Well, not Mother Goose. Didn't she tell nursery t- nursery rhymes? I guess that's probably true. I yeah. think so. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think those, those are like nursery rhymes, like the, like the Hickory Dickory Dock stuff. Wouldn't it be crazy if Hasbro, who bought Death Row Records, also bought Mother <laughs> Goose, and you could have Mother Goose <laughs> spitting out fucking Death Row raps? Yeah, dude, I, I love that whole Hasbro Death Row purchase. Yeah. I, I hope we get some merch out of that. That's fucking nuts, man. That's fucking nuts. Guys, let's talk about Spider-Man, this whole thing that's gone on this week. We've got uh, Sony and Disney, huge fallout here. Uh, I've got my opinion on everything, and um, but I do want to talk about it. It was uh, started with THR's newsletter, Heat Vision. They revealed that Sony... Oh, I want to talk about this first. This is... Um, we're getting, uh, this is a thing now. Uh, THR, uh, Heat Vision, they said that Sony's gonna re-release Spider-Man Far From Home with four minutes of new footage over Labor Day weekend. Uh, with the films, uh, it's already reached 1.109 billion at the box office, so they're hoping to do another thing like what they did with Endgame that added six minutes of additional footage. I, I am not, I think it's gonna be like that stuff that happened with the cops that we saw in the trailer, you know, that uh his interaction with the police there i i don't i, I think it's gonna that be would st- make sense yeah i think it's gonna be stuff pre him going to europe but i don't think it's worth i mean unless you really want to see the movie again i just don't think it's really worth going to the theater to get that bonus content for four additional minutes yeah i, I have to agree and and avengers with the six minutes some of that they counted just russo brother introduction that they added to it I'm just, yeah, and the other thing with this is I don't like the precedent that this is setting. It's like, this should just be, in my opinion, it should all just be, like, bonus stuff on the Blu-ray. This is not, it's just, it's just additional stuff. It's not, this is not worthy of a re-release in the theaters. It's... Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I, I don't know if it's better or worse if they actually made it like really important, like canon stuff that they were adding. That would almost be even more of a shystier tactic, you know? Right. Yeah. I think the it's other thing wh- too, though. Sorry, Rebecca, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I, I was going to say, I, I think it's worse if they re release it with new footage that they say is uh, it's canon and you absolutely have to see it to like. Uh, be caught up for the next movie. I think that's really shitty. That's like double dipping for. 
yeah, I, I don't like the precedent that sets either because, like, are they going to then re-release every single movie that comes out? Oh, we've added three extra minutes, and if you don't see it, you won't know what's going to happen in the next movie. Like, that I don't, I don't like. Well, yeah, it's with this, it's it's not even Marvel Studios doing it this time. This is Sony doing this now. You, you guys know that. It's just, it's just, it's just weird. Like, is this like a new? MCU thing, so I, I'm not a fan of it. I mean, if you, if you had plans on seeing like these movies again, you know, I guess that makes sense. Um, cause there's no way in hell, Jake, yeah. I would have waited. Like if they would have, it, it's not like they announced this when Avengers first came out, like, but if you wait three months, we're gonna give you six additional minutes. Like this was like a thing yeah. that they, you know, at least with like some of the, st- I'm trying to think here. At least with, oh, at least with like, um, uh, Days of Future Past, when that was released on Blu-ray, they said, if you want to wait, you don't have to buy this one now. You can wait and you can get the Rogue Cut. And so I, I put that, you know, in my memory bank and I said, all right, I love Days of Future Past. I do want to own it, but I'm going to wait. I'm not going to go out and buy it right now. And so I waited. I had to wait months and months and months, but you know, I eventually got my road cut. And I appreciated Fox doing that for me. Yeah, that was really cool that Fox was so transparent. And like in the case of Endgame, like I kind of got it. I wasn't a fan of it, but it was like let's try to give Endgame a little bit more, you know, nitroglycerin to get get its numbers past Avatar. And so you kind of saw what was going on there. But, yeah, now that it's like, oh, hey, that that worked and we made some extra money. Let's do that just for every movie. That's kind of. Yeah, and it's Sony doing it this time. It's not even like it's uh, Marvel Studios doing it in this case. It's just Sony doing it now. So I don't know. See, the weird thing, though, is like with Endgame, the extra minutes, though, like the whatever re-release they did in the middle of the summer, like one month before the movie was available to buy on digital and Blu-ray. But the movie that's on digital and Blu-ray, it doesn't include those six extra minutes in the movie. Like, Mm -hmm. I think they're all just the extra features. So, I don't, to me, that doesn't make any sense either. You're going to re-release it. It's them telling you that it's not meant to be in there. Yeah. And then if it's canon, then that just defeats the, yeah. I don't think that stuff. Yeah, Jim's right about that. That stuff's not canon though, right? Is it? I would say no. They didn't even um, finish the Hulk stuff. It was unfinished footage. Yeah, that's crazy. It, that's basically like saying that the Snyder Cut is now canon, and even though people haven't seen it, like that's a lot of unfinished footage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I see that. June is right, though. It is a very strange practice that they would um, show you like this like pseudo-director's cut in the theater, and then when it came time for home release, there's no way to watch kind of that extended version, and all that stuff's just in the special features yeah. now. That is a very weird idea. Yeah, it's just, it, again, more reinforcement that, you know, it's not meant to be there. <laughs> it's just, yeah, agreed. Yeah. Let's talk about this. Uh, I like to call it uh, Spider-Man Far From the MCU is what I like to call this because uh, <laughs> the story was broke by deadline. Um, I'm going to go ahead and read a lot of, like, what's going on here. I want us to kind of talk about it and break it down. Um Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige won't produce any further Spider-Man films because of an inability by Disney and Sony Pictures to reach new terms that would have given the former a co-financing stake going forward. A dispute that has taken place over the past few months at the top of Disney and Sony has essentially nixed Feige and the future involvement of Marvel from the Spider-Man universe. 
sources said. Uh, sources said that there are two more Spider-Man films in the works, and the studio hopes to have director John Watts and Tom Holland front and center, though Watts doesn't have a deal for the next picture and isn't a lock to return. That isn't helped by that fact that, unless something dramatic happens, Feige won't lead uh, be the lead creative producer of those pictures. Uh, I'm going to read a little bit more of the article here, but I do want to bring this up. I, I find it interesting, of course, that you know Tom Holland's locked into two more pictures. Um, I don't know if the writing has always been on the wall for this. Like maybe Sony kind of like saw this coming because it seems like what they've set up with Venom they've kind of put that character on the other side of the United States. They put him in San Francisco. And so it, it it's at their benefit for them doing that. If, if that's their main goal here is to basically now Spider-Man's been taken out of the MCU. He, they're going to wrap him into this whole venom verse with Morbius. And then, you know, maybe even bring back the silver and black title. Um, and then maybe do a sinister six later on down the road uh, you know, the Craven the Hunter movie, all this stuff, they've kind of had it separate. It's never been part of the MCU. And then on the flip side, they've also had that character of Venom in San Francisco to where like the events that happened in San Francisco would not have to be explained because they don't take place in New York. It's, it's an easy way. So like I would see like, his character may be moving over the next couple films to San Francisco, not being in New York, which I don't like that. Yeah. But it's, it, they've kind of worked it to where that could happen. And even if they did bring Venom in, they haven't put themselves into a corner where people are saying, well, when all that Venom stuff was happening in New York, why wasn't Spider-Man there? Well, he's been in San Francisco. Yeah, I see what you're saying. It makes a lot more sense to move Spider-Man there logistically than it would be to move Venom to Spider-Man. Because then it's like, what did Thanos come and snap away a bunch of stuff again? Like, it, it almost feels like you have to move Spider-Man out of the element you know and put him somewhere different. Unless you're just going to completely just pretend none of the other stuff happened, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, that's bizarre. I do think that is an easy quick fix, though, to take Spider-Man out of New York. And I, I, I agree. I'm not the biggest At fan of that. At least for it, one picture. I mean, it, I, you can't, I don't think that you can take him fully out of New York, but I think that you can for, for one picture. And it makes me wonder, like, are, what they've already started in the MCU with introducing, you know, the Vulture and then us even hearing about there were teases that we were going to get Scorpion and possibly the Vulture showing up in Far From Home and maybe a post credit scene. There was that rumor there that was there for a while. And then, of course, when we saw the movie, we saw that that wasn't true. I wonder if at one time that was something that they were possibly setting up to do. And then negotiations were already falling through at that time. So they're like, let's, yeah. let's not let's not pursue that. Maybe even possibly holding their cards back on purpose. Right. Well, to set up their own universe. Why set up their own universe in something that's a, like a, you know, that still has the Marvel Studios? So it's like maybe the, you know, with Feige's I like what you're saying. It's almost like an early warning sign yeah. that this was going to happen. Like just, a, there's a few little hints that maybe possibly Sony was aware that they were going to end up pulling out. Yeah. 
So I don't know. I've I've been thinking about this a lot. The the article goes on to say here, it all comes down to money, and it's easy to understand why both sides refuse to give ground. Disney asked that future Spider-Man films be a 50-50 co-financing arrangement between the studios, and there were discussions that this might extend to other films in the Spider-Man universe. Sony turned that offer down flat. Sources said that Sony, led by Tom Rothman, uh, came back with other configurations, but Disney didn't want to do that. I heard that the the other configurations went through quite a few different iterations. THR reported that the configurations were 30-70, with Sony getting 70, Disney getting 30. And then there was a newer report. I th- yeah, it was Deadline. Deadline says uh, Disney's first asking price was also a 25% take. Oh, they said it was never 50. They said that Deadline says Disney's first asking price was a 25% stake, but this would only be for movies that Kevin Feige was involved in. Sony reportedly didn't move on the deal for months, which then led Disney to ask for the 50% stake. Hmm. That's interesting that Disney would go up after they didn't take the first deal. That's, in my opinion, that's... I don't know. That's not, that's not good business. That just, that doesn't, that would leave a bad it's, taste in my mouth if I was Sony. Yeah. At that point, it felt like they just wanted to be done with Spider-Man. If no. Coming back, if that's what they're coming back to the table. I, th- I, I personally think that months ago they asked for this 25% stake. And then what happens is Dark Phoenix and all these Fox movies come out aren't profitable. Mm. And all we see are these articles that say Disney's losing money. Yeah, of course, like, you know, Disney's making money hand over fist with even movies that aren't critically uh, well received on Rotten Tomatoes, stuff like Aladdin. Um, you know, um, they, they've made over, like Aladdin made over a billion. Yeah. You know, and like Lion King is doing really, really well. Um, you know, these movies that, that, Nobody thought we're going to make as much money. Like, you know, Aladdin, everybody was like, oh, it, it'll make this, but it's not, it's not going to make a billion. It makes a billion. And Disney's had a great fucking year. They've had a great fucking year. And, and that year is not over yet. They still have yet to release The Rise of Skywalker, which is like, we're going to talk about, you know, all the Star Wars stuff this week. But I mean, it's just, Jake, they've made money hand over fist. And it seems like there was this huge focus in the news this past week or two about them losing money with the Fox stuff. And I'm thinking to myself, why are you, it, it's, it's like they're panicking for some reason about this Fox stuff. Why? You guys have had a huge year with all this other stuff. It just seems, I all, I, I'm getting a lot of greed out of this. And I know they're a big company and they want to make money, but I'm just seeing a, a lot of, I get that, but this is like on another level. And we can go back and we can talk about like the Rise of Skywalker release when that came out. Um, not the Rise of Skywalker, but the, the Last Jedi and how they were, Disney was forcing theaters to keep it in their theater for, you know, so many weeks. And you've got small theaters that if they want to play that and they only have maybe one screen or even two screens, they've got to keep that in there for like, you know, a month or six weeks or whatever it is. And, once everybody's watched it, they're they're going to be losing business if they don't put new movies into those theaters. And yeah. I've just seen Disney kind of like muscle muscle a lot of people here, and I'm I'm gonna you know I've got my opinion on everything here, and, and not everybody has to share it, but I this is kind of the stuff that I've been worried about with Disney. Like I love what they do with their properties. I just don't like some of like 
I'm going to call it dirty pool, but not all the stuff. It's hard to call it dirty pool when they are business tactics and they are a business. But I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. though. I mean, that is crazy though. It, it just blows my mind that they thought like Sony would even bite at that offer. Mm-hmm. Like that's the part that just really kills me. Like if they really had the gumption that Sony was going to say, "Oh yes, we'll do whatever we yeah. can to keep yeah. this deal on the table. We'll, we'll accept this terrible deal because mm-hmm. we have no other choice." Right. I mean, I don't know. It, I feel like Sony's the one with everything to gain here. Here's the thing. I'm going to read this, and then I want to get some. I want to get some thoughts from uh, Rebecca and June here on this. Uh, Sony did not want to share its biggest franchise. Sure, Disney would be putting up half the funding, but the risk is in how much you are going to make back in profit. Disney wasn't at all interested in con- uh, continuing the current terms where Marvel receives in the five percent of first dollar gross. Sources says. Here's the thing: they not only receive five percent of the first dollar gross, Jake. Rebecca, June, they get all of the merchandising. It's not like they're yeah. not making money back on Spider-Man. This is what this is what just fucking boggles my mind with Disney and like what they're doing here. And I, when I say dirty pool, I'm talking about I'll, I'll, we'll talk about a little bit later about what Disney's tactic was to get all this news out there. <laughs> but Rebecca, yeah. June, I mean, they just oh, announced a brand new Spider-Man ride. Mm hmm. Yeah. In Disney World. Well, so, I mean, they're, yeah. You well, know? They can do a ride. They own the ride. Well, I'm just yeah. I'm further in your point yes. that they're yes. going to continue to make money off the Spider-Man. Absolutely. IP. Absolutely. They own, they own Spider-Man. They just don't own the film rights. Like, they can do whatever they want with Spider-Man. They just don't own the film rights. Um, hell, Spider-Man, MCU Spider-Man was featured on the D23 banner greeting fans this weekend at D23. Yeah, I mean Tom Holland himself even showed up. Yeah, Rebecca June, what are your thoughts on some of this stuff? I, I, I you know, just what we've kind of talked about. I, I want us to really, I at the, uh, I want us to pick sides a little bit later when we when we jump into everything. But what are your thoughts on all of this so far? Yeah, um, that whole thing about Disney asking for more and then. When Sony didn't respond, asking for even more, like, that just seems insane to me. That just seems like a terrible business tactic. It sounds like response to the Fox movies bombing. Yeah. No, I agree. But, like, it's – I'm sure, like, at the end of the day, you could lay blame at everybody's, you know, threshold here. But at the same time, it's not like – I get it. Disney inherited some stuff from Fox that it's going to lose money on, like the new mutant stuff. I get it. But at the same time, it's not like Disney's like checking the couch cushions for change because they they can't keep the lights on. Like it's like it's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, but they're they're thinking about, oh, we've got to build the infrastructure for our new Disney Plus service. We haven't made made any money back on – we haven't made any money back on this – um, uh, the Fox stuff yet. You know, we haven't made any, oh, and Galaxy's Edge is not performing the way that we wanted it to when we launched it. I mean, it's but not. Isn't this, a, isn't this a bit of a knee jerk reaction to that though? To be like, oh, now we gotta put the boot on Sony's neck to cough up more money? Like. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's, I'm just, I'm think. I'm trying to think like where, I'm trying to think of like what what made them do this, and I'm I'm looking at those pieces, and I'm thinking like 
that's why they they kind of fucking started trying to squeeze more out of Sony here. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm sorry. I and what, the bad thing about all this is is that I think it. I think it. it and they're using them to, uh, us against Sony. They're using us as fans against Sony. Yeah, oh, totally. At least it's definitely, I mean, if it wasn't intentional, it's definitely happening. Oh, it's, I think it's intentional. That, I'm, I'm, I'm jumping ahead here. <laughs> June, what are your thoughts on all this? No, I definitely agree with what, a lot of what you're saying, especially the knee-jerk reaction to you know, having to assume these Fox properties haven't performed well, um, the potential loss of money there. Plus, you know, they are getting ready to launch the, their own streaming app and they have no idea how that'll do. You know, like that's, that's very unpredictable right now. And they've put a lot of money into it. Plus the, uh, what, what's it the Star Wars theme park part of Disney? Galaxy's Edge. Right. But here's the thing. Isn't it, it's not even finished yet though, right? Like not all the rides are done. So of course people aren't showing up and i mean disney's expensive to go on well, a disney it's trip been is their, expensive it's been their fault too as far as like, like how finish they, the park well, and then and they, like open they it. haven't had enough merchandise for everybody too they've run out of merchandise they had yeah. like this whole build a droid thing and they sold everything they've sold everything out and so yeah. it's like yeah get it up and functioning but i i think it just what happens in the meantime is now you've got all these articles that are saying it's not performing well. And now people are thinking to themselves like, well, maybe this isn't like what we should plan our family vacation on right now. Exactly. Because it's expensive. Um, cause we just went last year. I mean, it's a, you're shelling out a lot of money. So that definitely, yeah, they're going to lose money on oh, that. Yeah. Especially you, when it's not even finished. You go to the I mean, cantina and you're going to spend $200 just on drinks just because they give you, the glasses that they come in that are like collector's items, you know, it's like, yeah, you're spending it's yeah. You can drink at the park now. You don't have to go to Epcot, but like, yeah, you're spending, you know, 50 bucks on a fucking, you know, Mandalorian f- fucking drink or whatever, you know, the, the thing is you'll take home that you'll take home and you'll keep it for like a year. And then when you're spring cleaning, you're gonna be like, I have never yeah. actually used this yeah. and you're going to donate it or give it away. It's not like you're sipping on a Mandalorian martini in your fucking kitchen. You know what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, these things that you pay all this money for the souvenir cups, like we just, we sold our house and moved. I like, I had all these souvenir like nerd cups and stuff. I mean, I ended up donating a bunch of it. Yeah, because my husband, I had to sit there and go, okay, no, I actually never use these in at home. I only use these like when I bought them at the event, and so yeah, you're, it's just ridiculous. And the one thing I also think Disney would have been fine with just the twenty five percent, except they should. It's like they shouldn't have started there. Like you start higher, and then Sony comes back with a little bit more, and like you somehow meet in the middle. I, I think I think when and I don't know why they didn't even. I don't know why like. Disney didn't just go ahead and start higher and then negotiate down because that's well, I, how you I, negotiate. I, I think when you're, I think when you're already making so much money off of this relationship anyway, as far as yeah. the merchandising's concerned, that you just say, you know what, if it ain't broke and we really do care about our fans, let's not try to fix this for our profitable gain. I don't think anybody's feeling sorry for Disney right now. They're making money hand over no, fist this year. No, I, I don't. I think if you go online and like take the temperature of the fans, you'll see, you know, 
fuck you, Sony. Fuck you, Sony. Like they're, they're angry at Sony. There are people out there who are like, fuck you, Disney, for asking for more money mm-hmm. when you already have all this money. But I think the larger majority of like fans on the internet are laying this at Sony's feet. And Absolutely. Saying, they've been vilified. They've well, been so vilified. Well, mm-hmm. look, look at, look at, you know, that, that's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 uh, that's a big thing about this. I, I'm going to continue with this article, and we're going to open this up a little bit more. And I've got more quotes here that I want to go over. Basically, the deal came down to Disney wanting more money out of this deal. Sony Pictures Chief Rothman, uh, Tom Rothman, feels that they are asking too much and that they can do it without Feige. Um, also, Disney owns Spider-Man. They just don't own the film rights, so he feels that they are making what they make in merchandising should make up for what they aren't making on the pictures. Um, Scott Mendelson from Forbes had a really... I think a really good quote, he, he says, short take, Disney, and this was on Twitter, uh, at Scott Mendelson, short take, Disney got greedy, and Sony realized they'd rather have 100% of their biggest franchise, even Feige Free, Spider-Man 3, and Spider-Man 4, earns less. And he's talking about Tom Holland being in Spider-Man 3 and Spider-Man 4, he's already been contracted, and he's saying, um, even Feige Free, Spider-Man 3 and Spider-Man 4 earns less worldwide versus co-financing 50-50 as requested by the mouse with a studio that has already, that ha- already has most of the cookies. So that's the thing. That's, I mean, Sony is kind of like stuck here because if they co-finance this with Disney, like, it may, it just doesn't make, it's their, it, it is, it, it's their biggest franchise that they own. And it, it's the, it's the movie that it made, it's, it finally took over that number one spot that, uh, uh, in the box office for them. It, it, it beat out Skyfall, Far From Home. Mm-hmm. And so it's the number one movie. And like now you're, now Disney's saying, oh wow, look at, they made over a billion dollars with that. Well, yeah, they own him. They own the film rights. They should that should be their money in my opinion. Right, because they're not Sony doesn't make any money off of they didn't make any money off of Silver War or either no. Infinity War or no. Endgame. So right. they don't they don't get that pocket. Why don't why, yeah, wh- wh- okay, why don't they have that deal then? Wh- where's wh- in Disney why isn't Disney saying, "Well, the next time we have Spider-Man in a big event film, we'll also give you 50%." Yeah, it, it definitely Sony is both Sony's ways. getting shortchanged there. Short, Sony was definitely because I forgot about that. Yeah, Sony makes zero money off of the MCU films that Spider Man's in. So yeah, they're very well, much see, shortchanged. That's the thing. That's the thing. Here's the thing. People will say to say to me, "Oh, but it's just one character. Ten percent sounds more like it." And, well, how the original deal was like, you guys finance your own stuff. You, you know what I mean? Like, and and you get all the profit. We just, I'm going to scratch your bag, you scratch mine. And like now it's, now it's Disney wanting more, more, more. I feel like this is in direct response to that Fox stuff. I feel like the, the, the X-Men universe on the Fox side kind of like killed the relationship. That's, it's affected the relationship. Not just X-Men either, just all the other Fox movies that have come out and failed this year have affected this whole Amy Pascal, Tom Rothman, Sony, Disney, Feige relationship. Can I throw something out there? Yeah. I think it's a little bit, too, that Disney's just probably gotten apathetic with even dealing with the Spider-Man thing, honestly. Like, they've got so much on their plate that I think 
they've gotten to a point. They've done these what four or five movies. It just doesn't matter to them. I don't think it's um, and I'm not saying this is right, mm. but I think they think it's not worth putting the creative process into incorporating Spider-Man just to hold hands anymore. At least I think that's how they feel. It it. sure was when they intertwined that character with their most popular character. And basically, I agree. I mean, like, I don't, I agree, but I feel like they're just apathetic at this point. They're just like, well, you know, if we're we're done sharing, I'm, I'm not saying it's right. I'm not defending it. This is not a good attitude to have, but I, I do think if Sony would have bit powerful. on the fifty percent, they would have found the fucking time. Oh, for sure. For it, then they wouldn't be apathetic to lending the creative forces to dealing with it for all that money. Obviously, what made them has made them apathetic is not banking on it at this point anymore. You know, they've got all these other characters that they have to now culture and create and bring into the universe that I, they just don't want to probably give creative forces over to Sony for nothing anymore. At least that's how they feel about it. It's Sony's Sony owns the character though. Like if they wanted this deal, like the original deal, they should have, they should have anticipated this. Like, and now they've involved the fans. It was a dream come true for us back in 2014 when it was announced that Spider-Man would be joining the MCU and he's going to be in civil war. And now they're pulling him out now Sony's pulling him out because of what Disney has been asking for, and they feel that it's too much. And now the fans are affected, and now fans are pointing the finger at Sony. It's it's asinine. Yeah, but I mean, I it is asinine. And like I said, I'm just throwing out how I think kind of Disney feels about it. But I mean, I've seen the fans, and like Rebecca says, you can see the temperature, and it's everyone wants to put the blame on all the previous movies that they didn't like. And like it's everyone's so instant to think that the second that it's not Spider-Man in the MCU that we're going back to, you know, Amazing Spider-Man three type of garbage. Right. And and that's kind of the picture that's being painted. And I, I think that's a little bit toxic fandom. And I I haven't seen Disney being the one to fuel that fame flame yet. Mm-hmm. It's just been, you know, wild fan speculation that non-MCU-connected Spider-Man instantly equals garbage pots. They still have the yeah. same writers coming back to write the third movie. I do know that much. Oh, yeah. I know. I know. I, I do not agree with that kind of speculation at yeah. all. Like, because, I mean, in my opinion, the best Spider-Man movie in the last, you know, decade has been Into the Spider-Verse. Yes. Definitely. And that was 100% Sony with Definitely. no MCU mm-hmm. connections. Definitely. Oh, you know what was fucked up about all this? Is that that first deadline report, it got retracted and updated. And I actually have links to the original one. The original one said that Kevin Feige helped with work on Venom. Oh wow. And that's fake news. Yeah, that, that never happened. Like Feige said, Feige said that he never had any input on Venom. And now they were trying to, there was, there was a, uh, deadline had an article The first time they posted about this, there was a blurb in there about Feige helping out on Venom, having input on Venom. And they updated the article, took that out. So there's actually two links that still exist on the Internet for the same article, pretty much. And I have both links. Yeah, I saw kind of the battling reports from Deadline about the percentage shares that the offers and that's kind of flip-flopped around who said what a little bit in the last yeah. 48 hours 
Uh, Sony had a statement on all of this that points the finger at Disney. Uh, this came from THR. Their quote was, much of today's news about Spider-Man has mischaracterized recent discussions about Kevin Feige's involvement in the franchise. We are disappointed, but respect Disney's decision not to have him continue as a lead producer of our next live-action Spider-Man film. We hope this might change in the future, but understand that the many new responsibilities that Disney has given him, including all their newly added Marvel properties, do not allow time for him to work on IP they uh, 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 they do not own, on an IP they do not own. Uh, Kevin is terrific, and we are grateful for his help and guidance, and appreciate the path he has helped us uh, help put us on, which we will continue. So that was kind of uh, Sony's response to everything. Um, Forbes, Pretty classy. Yeah, I, I I I would agree. I would agree. It's a classy response. Um, Forbes basically said that uh, this is not over yet, and that uh, both Sony and Disney quote know that public opinion matters too. Neither studio wants to be known as the ones who ruined Spidey after fans finally got the in-universe version they've wanted for decades. Uh, So, yeah, that's a big thing here. It's Right now, (laughs) I think most of the fandom is pointing the finger at at Sony. At the end of the day, neither of these studios want to be known as the ones that that kind of blew this up. Um... So we'll see how that goes. Tom Holland talked about this at D23. He said, basically, we've made five great movies. It's been five amazing years. I've had the time of my life. Who knows what the future holds, but all I know is that I'm going to be uh, continuing to play Spider-Man and having the time of my life. It's going to be so fun, however we choose to do it. The future for Spider-Man will be different, but it will be equally as awesome and amazing, and we'll find new ways to make it even cooler. So... Yeah, it's 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 like uh <laughs> you know, Feige and Tom Hollander at D23 and it's just like it's it's just another way for Disney to kind of like get more fans riled up <laughs> about this. And, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Cuz they had them coming for whatever Pixar thing, right? So yeah. it was like just an easy way to uh yeah, force feed them to have to talk about this. Yeah. Feige had a quote with Entertainment Weekly, too. He said, I'm feeling about Spider-Man gratitude. I'm feeling a, 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 about Spider-Man gratitude and joy. We've got to make we got to make five films within the MCU with Spider-Man, two standalone films and three with the Avengers. It was a dream that I never thought would happen. It was never meant to last forever. We knew there was a finite amount of time that we'd be able to do this. And we told the story we wanted to tell. And I'll always be thankful for that. I'm sorry. But. That quote with mixing it in with like Disney wanting more money, like doesn't it sounds like BS to me. It just sounds like you BS. You can't tell me we saw the last chapter of what Feige wanted to do with Spider-Man. No, I, I agree with you. There's no way that the way that Far From Home ended and the way that his time in the MCU, there is no way that is the complete story that they wanted to tell about Spider-Man. There's just no way. Mm-hmm. It's laughable that he would say that. I, that quote cracked me up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. This, this guys, this is, it all comes down to money. And, um, I personally, I think Disney is being greedy in this moment. Um, I'm hoping that, uh, 
you know, the landscape changes for them. I hope, you know, with the, maybe with the streaming service getting, you know, many subscribers and with, you know, maybe with uh, the rise of Skywalker making a lot of money and, but I, I think that Disney let this news of Spider-Man leaving out there to the public to basically spark outrage with, uh, with fans at Sony and try to kind of like force them back to the negotiating table to, to work out a deal. And, um, and, uh, at this point I can't blame Sony for, for, for walking away. I don't, we, we basically, we have two companies here that they're using, they're using PR as a negotiating tactic at this point. And it started with Disney. And, um, right now, Marvel, Marvel, not, not, I'm not going to say Marvel Studios. Marvel Studios is a completely, in my opinion, a different in- entity from Disney. Um, I know they're all under the same umbrella, but the way those two operate are completely different. But I would say that Disney, it, right now, it, they look squeaky clean in all of this because the fans just want to see that character in the MCU. That's, and so when, when Sony's saying, like, we're not going to, give you our character we're not gonna we're not gonna do a deal with you fans of course get mad at sony but i mean look at what sony's getting in return for this you know it's it's not the return that they originally were hoping for we we were we like at the beginning when this deal was first made jake years ago five years ago four or five years ago we were like this is so great that 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 disney's doing this it's just it's just Two studios coming together and really helping each other out here. And yeah, yeah. Seen... there were lots of quotes from Feige about how it was just all for the love of the character. Yes, and and, and it's it, like we, we we just saw Fox get bought, and we're seeing studios really suffer. Disney's really been the big studio this year that's just kind of been able to to thrive. And um, yeah, it's been crazy—a record number of billion-dollar uh, movies with two of their biggest movies of the year yet to come out. Yeah, I, I think people are just supporting the Disney side because this is it's it's their some of it for some people it's their favorite version of Spider Man and I. Where do you go now? I mean, because this is different than like the you know MCU television shows, right? Where they were sort of not really related to the MCU. Like Spider Man is very much invested in the MCU. I mean his story is so tied into mm-hmm. it. I mean at this point where do you go? You how do you, you divorce them from it completely? You can. There's a way for them to do it. You know, like with Venom being located in San Francisco, it can be and and all those characters can be brought over that they had. You know, they can use they can still use MJ, they can still use Ned. You know, we're not gonna see Happy again. Oh, poor Aunt May. And, yeah. you know, they won't even be referenced. But they can they can bring all of those kids back. Um, you know, and th- what they're going to try to do is really build this Spider-Man universe and do it the best way that they can. The, the problem is, is that, you know, it, Jake, I guess there's good and there's bad with this, right? Because, I mean, one of our Correct. complaints was, like, we haven't been getting Spider-Man stories. It felt like it was just too intertwined with the Iron Man stuff. These are going to be Spider-Man centric stories. We'll see how these movies perform. I honestly, at the end of the day, and I want to get back to this. I want to hear your thoughts on everything, Jake. But at the end of the day, I think that 
this might go on for a few years. We might, <laughs> Spider-Man 3 and 4 might be just Spider-Man centric. This might go on for a while before he comes back, okay? This might just be a thing. We're going to have to see how these movies perform with, with, you know, a MCU-less Spider-Man. But if James Gunn can get reinstated by Marvel, a deal can get worked out between Sony and Disney. It can happen. Um, I just don't like the way that Disney has gone about this by basically using fan outrage to force Sony back to the negotiating table. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, anything's anything is possible. But yeah, this is it's such a crazy situation. Um, you know, as much as a Disney fanboy as I am, I, I definitely in this scenario am am kind of rooting for Sony to come out on top here. Yeah. Um, you know, I just like you said, one of our biggest complaints about the last two Spider-Man solo movies is they were almost just a little bit too integrated into the MCU stuff. Like, I want to see Spider-Man villains be Spider-Man villains. Yeah. And that's definitely going to fucking happen now. And I honestly think the MCU movies have a lot more to lose here by not including Spider-Man than the Spider-Man movies do. It may not seem that way on the surface. You know, you think of all the different MCU things that were in the last two movies and, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But I think at the end of the day, if, if they can make a good fucking Spider-Man movie that separates itself from the MCU, yeah. they have way more to gain. Right. Like it, the MCU loses everything. You know, we're not going to see that Spider-Man Johnny Torch meet up. We're not going to get any further, you know, Captain Marvel, Peter Parker stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, there's all, just all kinds oh, of... Oh, God. Ryan Reynolds tweeted about how we're never going to get that Deadpool Spider-Man now. Yeah, exactly. And But I don't really see any of the negatives from the other side, to be honest with you. Like, oh, no, we're not going to get Happy Hogan in solo spider movies anymore. Oh, we're not going to get villains with Tony Stark motivations. Oh, darn. You know, like, yeah. it, to me, it's all positives when it how comes do you, to the Sony side. So is Mysterio... Oh, I, can't. I think Mysterio is definitely Hold dead sh- now. Stop, 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 stop. I don't want to spoil, Jake. Oh. Movie. Stop. <laughs> no, fuck it. Go ahead. Go. Spoilers. I, I just wanted the to give a spoiler. Over a billion dollars. I just wanted, I just wanted to give a spoiler warning before we okay. went ahead and blurted. But spoiler warning if you haven't seen, you know, Spider-Man Far From Home. Why the fuck are you <laughs> listening to us talk about Spider-Man for so long if you haven't fucking watched Far From Home? Yeah, but, I think we're safe here. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think Mysterio was going to come back, yeah. but now never will. Yeah, I, I don't think Jake Gyllenhaal wants any part of this mess. <laughs> so I I think Mysterio's done for now. We'll see. Yeah, it'll be interesting, I, man. I, I think it would be to their benefit to get fucking Mysterio to come back. Yeah, definitely. It would be huge. It would be huge to have him come back. Dude, imagine to have, like, if they did actually go ahead, and I think that they are going to, I think we're going back to some of this fucking Sony leak bullshit from fucking years ago, man. I think think they're going the Avia Rod fucking Sinister Six route. I I feel it in my fucking bones, dude. Like, that's where they're going. And with the Sinister Six, I think that they would try to throw... Uh, a dump truck of money at fucking Gyllenhaal to get him back in there. Just to have a, a face. Yeah. To seem like a super team. Well, yeah, yeah. Th- that and, you know, and Vulture. You got Michael Keaton and, and then the, the, the actor that played Scorpion as well. Like if they can secure those guys, you know, that's like three familiar faces that people have seen within the MCU, which, which, yeah, like, they can't, they're not going to be referencing things that happened in those other movies, but like, they can find a way to make this work. 
like and how like how do they do this at this point especially with with Tom Hardy's Venom at this point who's kind of been that Venom movie kind of set him up as like as an anti-hero you have Venom who definitely has a dark side but you've also got Tom Hardy you know playing um, a character that is Eddie Brock, who's actually in in that universe, was a good guy and trying to trying to make good things happen. Um, you know, still had his demons and and things like that, but like still trying to make good things happen. Like how how does how does that work? Do you have do you set it up to where like they are fighting, they are battling each other, and then by the time Sinister Six comes around, like one of the members kind of like splits from the Sinister Six and helps Spider-Man take them on. And so now we've got a Spider-Man Venom team up versus, you know, Mysterio, Craven, you know, uh, Vulture, Scorpion, whoever else they want to add. And Morbius. <laughs> Morbius. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is wild. Um, man, I, I don't know. I'm oddly at peace with all of this stuff though. Yeah. I'm almost border, borderline happy. Um, <laughs> It's crazy. It's weird. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like, I kind of came to that conclusion yesterday where I was just kind of like, let's just see how this all plays out. Like I, we were lucky to get him in there for, you know, these five movies and we still have a lot to look forward to in the MCU. But like, I am kind of curious to see how this experiment is all going to play out. And I don't think it's over at the end of the day. I think that talks will go on. Things kind of need to cool down for a little bit. I agree. Sony needs to do good too. I think yeah. if Sony comes, if the next movie with Tom Holland is a bomb, then uh oh. Yeah. But so I'm crossing my fingers. But I got to tell you, the thing that really turned me around was, I mean, the Craven stuff is my favorite stuff. It's my yet to hit screen storyline that I want to see the most. And I honestly think it suffers if you have to force tie it to the mcu yes. somehow yeah. i think the craven stuff yeah. is going to work better as the craven stuff yes i'm glad he's not some angry tony stark worker that went on a, a hunt and now is after spider-man right or whatever yeah you know? i yeah i'm do the craven stuff do it as a one and done that can you know have ties to sinister six down the road i think that'll work so much better not force-fed mcu stuff so much for all those rumors of like now that you know spider-man at the end of uh far from home his identity's been revealed and everybody's after him he's a wanted a wanted man so much for those rumors of she hulk being his lawyer <laughs> yes that's out the window oh, man. matt murdoch that's out the window <laughs> Oh, uh, one, one more thing, and I'll shut up and let someone else talk for a second. But I, I think it would be brilliant for them to use the breakup of Aunt May and Happy Hogan as a metaphor for the shitty breakup between Sony and Disney. <laughs> like, just like when you when you break up with someone, like, you refuse to ever say their name again. Yes. Oh God, that is fucking great. I love that, Jake. You know, so you can you can you don't have to pretend it didn't happen, but you can actually use it as biting commentary to kind of the mistreatment of the whole thing in the first place. Yeah, don't make it like a and don't make it anything mean about like make it sound like they're definitely directing it at Marvel and nothing mean about like John Favreau because like I'm sure like the relationship that Sony has 
with John Favreau is perfectly fine. It's everything that's oh, gone yes. on on the business side. So they definitely have to make it about they have to make it about Happy Hogan, but make it just one hundred percent sound like Aunt May is talking about Disney. <laughs> Exactly. It feels like yes. such an easy jump to make to make uh, some really biting commentary. Oh, I love it. I fucking love it, dude. <laughs> That's fucking so, yeah, brilliant. I, yeah, I'm just kind of surprised. I'm like, I mean, we were all so happy that this was going to happen, like have Spidey in the MCU. But I got to tell you, I'm I'm a little bit smiles with this experiment, and I'm excited to see how it's going to go. And I I wish Sony the best of luck because they're going to be in it. It's just going to be one more company susceptible to uh, Disney buying if they bomb it with Spider-Man 3. I really think that Into the Spider-Verse 2, now they should have, they should open up the multiverse and they should do this thing where Tom Holland's Spider-Man enters that that sequel. Oh, that would be awesome. I, I co-sign that. And then basically, and yeah, and and then have him not be from 616, because we already met the 616, and Jake... That would be putting it right with you to have him in a different universe, not called the 616. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like that too. So, yeah, there's, there's lots of really fun possibilities. And I, I think it, it's really easy for them to take the ball mm-hmm. and move on here and not seem like they've been gutted all this stuff. I'm rooting for Sony. I'm rooting for Sony. I hope that they, I hope that they do some great movies. I hope Into the Spider-Verse 2 is just as amazing as the first one. Um I'm hoping that uh you know I would I wouldn't be opposed to them getting a different director for um for the uh third Spider-Man movie. I would actually yeah, like to me see either. You know, it'd be it'd be kind of cool to see if like they could bring in Phil Lord and Chris Miller to actually do a live action version for oh, the third one. Oh, that would be one. great. Right? But that'd didn't be amazing. Those guys signed an exclusive deal, I believe, with um yeah, they signed an exclusive deal re- recently with a studio. Warner um, Brothers, right? I think it was I don't know. I would have to look that up. They signed an exclusive deal and it wasn't with Sony. I think they're going to continue, of course, to be executive producers on the Spider-Man movies, like the Into the Spider-Verse movies. But, uh, um, you know, I, my dream <laughs> for, for Spider-Man 3, for them to get in there as a director would be, uh, James Gunn. But that, that's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, no. At this point, he's not going to. Uh, can you imagine what James Gunn the middle finger like that? Well, could you imagine James Gunn doing our, you know, fucking taking over the Sinister Six, taking over the Rogues? Yeah, yeah. Who was? I'm brain farting, Brian. Who was the? It's one of Josh Whedon's buddies wrote Cabin in the Woods with them. That was really heavily connected oh, God, to yeah. the Sinister Six yes. stuff. What is uh, he? Was the showrunner of Daredevil season one. Hmm. What, who, what's the fuck's this guy's name? Oh, Stephen something. Stephen no. Denight. No, you're, sti- no. you're thinking of Stephen um, Stephen Denight, who was the Daredevil okay. showrunner. Oh. Um. It was. Uh, oh my god, Jake. Yeah, I'm gonna look that up. It's driving me crazy. I've got like his name on the tip of my fucking tongue. Yeah, me too. We talked about him so much. Yeah. I'm trying to look him up. Goddard. Drew Goddard. Drew yeah, Goddard. Yeah. Oh, okay. That guy's fantastic. Yes, I would love Drew Goddard. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely someone. Yeah, and he did um, write, direct the first episode of Daredevil. Mm-hmm. He was definitely heavily involved. Oh, he was involved in Daredevil. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That, that first season. 
Yeah, before Denight became the big guy, I think. Right. I think. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I, he's I think the perfect right. guy to tap for um, getting back into Spider-Man now yeah. that they're out of the MCU. I'm sure he's got tons of ideas that he never got to use. So, J.K. Simmons still coming back? Uh, I feel possibly. I mean, he's revived from a previous Sony Spider-Man yeah. movie. Yeah. Really no MCU connections having it be J.K. Simmons. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, that last movie was still Sony, so, I mean... Sony would definitely bring him back as as J. Jonah Jameson. So yeah, that I mean, if you're doing that storyline though, you can't. It'd be weird to have him just. I guess that's how why he runs to San Francisco because mm-hmm. JJJ made New York just like impossible for him to live and operate under because of what happened. Yeah, if I'm picking sides, I know everybody's gonna think I'm crazy. If I'm picking sides, I hope Sony, I hope Sony kind of sticks it to Disney here with with Spider Man, and I hope. Because at the end of the day, it's like you can sit there and say, like, I hope they fail so that they force their hand to get Spider-Man back in the MCU. Well, I want some great Spider-Man movies. And I understand, like, everybody has been very, very pleased with spider I've been very pleased with Spider-Man in the Avengers films. I thought he was fantastic in uh, Civil War and then, the, you know, the, uh, and the first Infinity War. I thought he was great. Spider-Man movies, though, I honestly, like, I still think as far as those movies are concerned, I'm still a Sam Raimi Spider-Man 2. Like, that's, that's the best Spider-Man movie I've ever seen. So that, but that, I mean, fans can, fans can have their opinions, you know, that's, and that's, that's what's fun about this. So, I mean, I, and, and for anybody that is outraged and, you know, I'm sorry that you lost your Spider-Man, but Spider-Man still exists, which is great. You can actually, Tom Holland will still be him. He will still be him. So you can watch him and, you know, Spider-Man still exists in the comic books too. You can read, you can go back and read the Dan Slott stuff. I mean, it's, you know, it's all out there. You can read it. He still exists. Spider-Man still exists. Rebecca, June, like, I hate to put you on the spot, but I got to know at the end of the day, like, can you choose a side? And if you can choose a side, who are you choosing? And I'm, I, I just want to know your opinion. I'm just, I'm curious. You don't have to feel like you, you have to be like, I'm go Sony, like Brian, like me. You know, it's just where, where do you stand? I, for me, the more that I think about it, um, the more I think about it, I'm on Sony's side on this, and. One of the reasons why is because online, when you see people like laying the blame at Sony's doorstep, you also see people saying shit like, oh, well, Disney should just buy Sony like they did with Fox and then solve this whole problem. Well, I don't want to see that either. Mm. I don't want to see Disney buy Sony because then that means another movie studio that was doing its own thing is now under, you know – it's under Disney. That's fewer competition. That's that's not good. Did you guys see? Um, did you guys see the Mouse Guard clip that came out? Uh-uh. No, I never did get to see that. No, no, oh, no, no. I didn't. I, I didn't. But is is it still on YouTube? Because you it was be, for a yeah, while. You should be able to watch it. Like I saw somebody had like retweeted it, you know, on Twitter, and I saw the Mouse Guard clip, um, and that like they they'd started it. You know, like this is yeah. like this is concept footage. Like this is what the movie's going to look like. And it was basically two mouse, uh, two mice out in the forest and like on guard and dueling. And it looked fucking incredible. And I'm like, well, not going to be able to see that adaptation now because that's another one of these movies that Disney got trepidatious on 
Mm-hmm. Because, I canceled it. And yeah. they said, no, yeah, we're done. We're not, so you're not getting yeah. a mouse guard. Go out there and watch that footage. It is fucking incredible. But yeah, I'm, I'm definitely leaning towards Sony here. I want them to do, I want them to do well. I want them to make the next Spider-Man film. I want them to knock it out of the park because if they don't, I feel like that's going to be fans, you know, rising up in self-righteousness and being like, you see, you see, it's all your fault. Look what you've done now to Spider-Man. I want them to do an amazing job with Spider-Man. And I do kind of want them to stick it to Disney a little bit. I mean, I get Disney has other obligations with the Fox stuff, but that's not Sony's problem. Mm -hmm. And to make it Sony's problem is wrong. And so, yeah, I I am on Sony's side on this. I get it. I'm going to miss seeing Tom Holland in an Avengers movie, too. But I'm still going to go out and watch Spider-Man standalone movies. I'm not going to stop watching them. Yeah. Yeah. June. No, I think the more information that I've been hearing, because um, on the surface, it's so easy just to say Sony is the bad guy. Sony just refused to negotiate. Because I think most of the stuff that I've been seeing just at a glance on the surface, that's what it looks like. Mm-hmm. And it makes Sony look petty. They refuse to even just negotiate, entertain negotiations, right? But then, you know, there are things that I'm remembering that, again, like Sony does not make any money off of any movie that Spider-Man is in in the MCU, yeah, why isn't Sony coming you know, back so, and saying like, "Hey, um, you know, give us five percent of Endgame." Yeah, what the fuck? Uh, the biggest movie of all time, and we didn't get a fucking dime out of it. Right, and then I for completely, and then I think I knew this, but I forgot. Yeah, Disney has the merchandising rights, the merchandising rights to Spider-Man, so they're making a shit ton of money off of that. So it, when you look at the when the more facts you know, and you look a little deeper into it, no, it is not one-sided, and Disney is very much trying to force Sony's hand. Sony. And you, it's putting more and more. It, it's putting so much. It's putting a bad taste in my mouth. Yes. Disney. Sony owns the film rights. They own. That's the thing here, guys. They own the film rights. It's their characters. And they bought that character fair and square to use in films. It's their character to do with as they please. Now you can say, oh, well, then it's Disney's right to say that he can't be in our movies then. Well, that's just what fucking happened. So don't blame yeah. Sony when they're saying, okay, if we have to pay you to put him in in your movie, then we won't. But we're not the bad guys here because we own the character's film rights and we're going to continue to make films... With the character. We, we haven't stopped making films with the character. That was, that was you when you put that ridiculous deal on the table. So, yeah, yeah I'm, uh, <laughs> but Jake, I, I kind of am a little bit more, like, there was the initial shock. Yeah, oh yeah. But then the more that I've kind of thought about this, the more I'm, I'm really at peace with this. And I'm looking at it as kind of an experiment to see what happens. And either way, either way, even if the movies don't do great or the movies do great, either way, something's going to happen. And uh, I think negotiations will will continue eventually. But things got to die down a little bit, you know, and people got to accept this. What will really upset me is if they come out with a gangbusters third movie that, you know, 
people love that, you know, critics love or whatever, but that, you know, I love that I think is a great Spider-Man movie. And then that ends up being, you know, a box office dud because of all this kind of false blame that's going around as to who's to blame for all this kind of stuff. You know, I hope that fandom can take their head out of their butts and check the next movie out with or without the MCU connection. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I get it. If you see it and it's not your thing, then by all means, let Spider-Man 4 fucking hit the floor and bomb. But yeah. don't just say, oh, I'm not going to see Spider-Man 3 because it's not even, it doesn't even matter anymore. Ah, fuck, fuck the, fuck the toxic fandom when it comes to that stuff. I, I, but I get what you're saying. Like, you know, those are, those are dollars. Those are dollars that they're losing. And, but here's the thing. It's like, moms and dads, Couples still have children that are going to want to go see Tom Holland Spider Man. Like that's their Spider Man. These kids don't know any different. Like these kids just know that they're going to go see Spider Man. So like these families are still going to be making these trips to the theater to watch the new Spider Man movie. And you know the, these little kids are just going to know, you know, that's Spider Man. That's my Spider Man. Yeah. That's a great point. I talk to adults that don't even understand that. Like, once they realize that there's still going to be Tom Holland Spider-Man movies, oh, they're like, oh, then what's the deal? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's everyone so upset about? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're just still getting Tom. What's the, what's the problem here? The movies uh, aren't ending. Any, I don't want to, if there was, uh, talk, speak now or forever hold your peace. If you had any last final thoughts about this whole Spider-Man, Sony, Disney debacle. No, I think we've got, at least for me, I've, I think that we've uh, covered it all. Yep. Right, we have fucking put our dicks in every orifice of this thing, haven't we? <laughs> this is this has been this has been DVDA double vaginal double anal, right? I mean, we have just. Yeah, dude, I, got, I got like a, I got webbage stuck to my balls. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we 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 split this thing right open, didn't we? Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> we're dirty you know let's take a quick break come back <laughs> we're, we're gonna talk about all the d23 news that came out which was uh basically what i want to talk about is like the marvel stuff and then i want to take a turn into star wars and uh we'll talk about all the star wars stuff mandalorian jake man that behind the scenes oh god well, let's take a break we'll come back we'll talk about all this stuff we'll be right back yes Hi, I sound like Morgan Freeman. I bet most of you do some online shopping with Amazon. It's just so easy. I myself logged in today to buy adult diapers. No, I'm not embarrassed. I have zero shame. And I really don't give a fuck what you think. I'm at that age. You'll get here too one day. And don't think that you won't, you naive asshat. One day you too will be just like Jamie Lee Curtis and shitting your body weight and Dan and yogurt, and the next thing you know, you'll be on Amazon ordering adult diapers saying, holy shit, that freckled face fucker was right. Anyway, the whole point of this is to tell you that popcultureleftovers.com has an Amazon shopping link. What that means is when you click on the link from their website, it helps the show. It doesn't charge you extra at all. You just shop like you regularly would, and Amazon takes care of the rest. It's easy and convenient, just like these diapers. I literally blew up this diaper while recording this ad. Hashtag truth. 
All right, hey, we're back. We're going to be jumping into all the D23 news that came out. Uh, not all. I'm not going to get into everything. We're going to get into the majority of it. Mostly Marvel and Star Wars here, people. Um, let's no see. Lizzie McGuire news? No, yeah, oh, God. Yeah, <laughs> Hillary Duff coming back, Jake. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I have like eight pages on Lizzie McGuire notes. <laughs> I I came. That's what I'm here for. I mean, I don't know about you guys. I uh, I've been uh, tweeting uh, members individually, members of the uh, New Kids on the Block, to come out with a uh, remix uh, called uh, "Hanging Duff." <laughs> wow! As the theme song for like her new, you know, "Hanging Duff," "Hanging like Duff," "Hanging Duff." Are you Duff enough? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> we're hanging Duff. Yeah. I'm sure those guys appreciate the exposure. Dude, they have cruises. What are you talking about? They love. Oh, that's true. Oh, they my do true. have cruises. They, uh, I'm sure they appreciate the help with the songwriting. Fucking, uh, you, you've got, you've got the new kids on the block. They're living off of like, uh, the, the hard earned money of, uh, uh, women in their, you know, forties. And then you've got Bon Jovi's living off the money of women in their 60s. <laughs> <laughs> the new kids were just in town. They, um, they, I forgot who they're on tour. They're on tour with someone else from the 90s, but they just came through our town like last month. They should be, they're not kids anymore, right? No. No. They're not, yeah. but still. Who's that? I've been on two new kids on the block cruises. I'm not ashamed to admit it. There you go. There you go. Who's who is your favorite new kid? Who was Donnie? Donnie. Not even a question. Oh, you like the bad boy, didn't you? I was you? a Donnie girl from day one. You like the like, bad boy? Yeah. Yeah. He was the he was the little rapper, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, quote unquote. <laughs> 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 I mean, he wasn't really good, but you know. He yeah. loved him. We weren't we weren't talking about that. We Rebecca, about you you did rap. You've been watching. You watched the Wahlburgers. You upset the last season. This is, uh, well, I I didn't watch that one like trim, like religiously, but I did watch it. I watched him on Blue Bloods for oh yeah. like the first five seasons. I watched that like like totally. Um, I used to like try to figure out where they were filming in New York and go see if I could run into him. But um, <laughs> Donnie Wahlberg, but not that's a- amazing. Not a bad actor. I I, I, no. I think he's actually pretty damn good. He is a good actor, do, and yeah. he still does stuff like with the new kids, and like they still go on tour together, like like June was just saying, and they still do the cruises and stuff. So I mean, you know, forty year old women like me are keeping them in business. So that's very true. It's very, very true. <laughs> you know, least favorite. Who was your least favorite? Was it was it Danny? Danny, yeah, Danny, he just worked out in all the videos. That's all he ever did. Danny just looked like their uncle that was like, he looked young enough to maybe join the group. You know what I mean? You know, he's a grandfather. That makes sense. That makes sense. (laughs) It doesn't really shock me, Rebecca. I know. He's a grandfather now, which is wild. I think think he was a grandfather when he was with the new kids originally. (laughs) I like how Brian goes on and on about how old he thinks he looks. And then Rebecca thinks it'll be shocking to Brian to find out he's a grandfather. Uh, he he was a man child, you know what I mean? Like, he, he, oh yeah, he was. He was definitely sure. the oldest of the group, I believe. Then they had Babyface Joey. Yeah, Babyface Joey, eyes. who tried he tried to go solo for a little while. It, well, so did Jordan. Jordan mm-hmm. had a solo, had a couple of solo albums. Joey had a couple solo. 
Uh, I think even Danny tried to release. Well, he did more producing and stuff. You should never have started this topic with Danny me. tried to release. <laughs> Danny tried to release a book about grandparenting. You know <laughs> how to be a good grandpa in today's day and age. How to relate with the kids. <laughs> Although Joey was in that movie, the Melissa McCarthy, uh, Sandra Bullock, the body cop movie they did, The Heat. He plays yeah. one of uh, Melissa McCarthy's brothers with the really thick Boston accent. Like he's actually really, really funny in that huh. movie. Yeah. He he's done some some Broadway shows too, and he he had a pilot. I forget which network, and it lasted like two or three episodes, and then they canceled it. Uh, it was on Fox, and um, he was playing like it was it was like a Boston Irish Catholic family and stuff. So. Holy shit! Breaking news, guys. Um, Danny from New Kids on the Block cast in Cocoon 3. <laughs> that is perfect casting. He's playing, he's playing Wilford Brimley's character's father. <laughs> oh man, I Tupperware this news. <laughs> this is the best news I've ever Holy heard. Shit. Also breaking, he has diabetes. <laughs> 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 All right. Yeah. Let's talk okay. about uh, D23 news. Um, apparently, uh, in, in the, we talked about the D23 banner that uh, did feature MCU Spider-Man, who is now not part of the MCU. <laughs> but it also – that banner also, if you look closely, uh, included uh, pictures of the Watcher, who we know the Watcher is going to be joining the What If series uh, voiced by um, Jeffrey Wright. And, uh, and also featured one of the Celestials, and I believe it's the same Celestial that we saw in the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Who showed them that kind of like projection? Was that the Collector, I believe, when he was talking? Correct. Yeah, so I think it was that particular Celestial that I saw in the, uh, in the poster. Um, they also revealed Disney, revealed a sizzle reel at D23 and the crowd went fucking crazy when they showed Ryan Reynolds Deadpool in the sizzle reel. So it, this, in my opinion, just is like more confirmation that they do not plan on rebooting, um, what they're doing with Deadpool. Like Bob Iger told Kevin Feige and Kevin Feige has been quoted as saying months ago. So these articles that have been coming out saying like Digi- Disney might be doing it PG thirteen, and and those were those were quotes from uh, David Leitch, who is the director for the second Deadpool, who hasn't been hired yet. And I was kind of like, I'm not going to report this. I don't believe that they are going to be doing the PG thirteen stuff. Bob Iger, Bob Iger, Bob Iger came out and said, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Kevin Feige recalled that conversation. I still think that they plan on making him R. The latest reports are showing that Disney is considering to make more R-rated Deadpool solo movies and then have him being in PG-13 team-ups within the MCU. So this is something that I've been saying for over a year now should be the approach to that character. Have him in his own R-rated solo movies, but when he is brought into a uh, maybe an MCU movie, if they if they do decide to bring him into an MCU film... Have him be just like I, – I personally, I'd just be fine with him being just a cameo kind of thing, just to pop up in a movie, kind of like a Stan Lee cameo type thing. Neil is talking about this. Neil – actually, I'm going to give all the credit to Neil. 
I'm going to give all the credit to Neil Tholander, who was on our last episode for this. I think that's the way they should kind of do that. If they, I don't want him to be too distracting within the main Marvel movies. And I think he could be. Oh, if he does like fourth wall breaking and stuff, that doesn't, because no one does that in the MCU, right? Like that's not a thing that they do. Like, so for him a, to do fourth wall breaking like out of nowhere in like an Avengers movie or something doesn't – it yeah. would be really distracting. Think about this. We got an Avengers movie and they're fighting in the city and they kick some enemy's ass or something happens in the city and they leave. And we're left just with a shot of like the destruction and some sort of like a, a business, maybe a diner or hardware store or something like that. And then Deadpool sh- like runs in. Hey, guys, I'm here. You know, and like – and that's it. You know, it's like a quick laugh, just like we got with like, you know, like the Stanley stuff, you know, him showing up late or like, you know, maybe we don't, I, I, I'm trying to think of like other than X-Men movies where I think he would work, work really well in with some of the X-Men movies, but like the overall like Avengers level type films, I don't know if I want Deadpool in there front and center. No, I, I don't really want Deadpool and Avenger by any means anytime soon. And then mm-hmm. if that's not the case, like working him into the story just seems so forced at that point. I, I agree with you, Brian. Just the approach is maybe a quick Easter egg if he's going to be in anything other than X-Men centric movies. Yeah. Rebecca. You there? We lose her? Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. I was on mute. Um, yeah. I, I, I tend to agree. I feel like it's, it's distracting, but I mean, I, I do – I would like to see Deadpool in an Avengers film eventually. Like, he doesn't have to be front and center. But, like, if he was in the last, I don't know, maybe third of the movie or quarter of the movie or showed up in the very beginning and then showed up again at the end, mm. like, that kind of stuff, I, I'd be totally okay with. And um, yeah. I think you – know, I, I think Neil talked about this, too, that, like, the way you make it work is you make him self-aware. Like, you make him bleep himself like walk around like with the bleeper right like trying to say fuck it is bleep oh bleep i forgot i can't say that's pg-13 like that kind of stuff just thrown in a little bit i think would ju- i mean i would love it personally i think yeah. it would I, th- I think it would work there's definitely I would love if the oh no sorry there's definitely some 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 scenes that i do want to get you know what i mean like now that I, the more that i am thinking about this it's hard to just dismiss him as just like a cameo in those movies because like I would love to see like an interaction between Ryan Reynolds and Bradley Cooper as Deadpool and and uh, Rocket. You know, mm-hmm. like that's something that would, that would be fucking hilarious. You know, and like even even Captain Marvel and Deadpool would be hilarious. Oh my god, that yeah. would be amazing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that we can't be- have it now, but I really would have loved a Tony Stark Deadpool. Yeah, up, you know. Well, yeah. that would have we, I mean that would have been kind of gold. And we but, all I mean, wanted Hugh Jackman. Oh, yeah. We all wanted Hugh Jackman. Deadpool. No, no one more so than Ryan Reynolds because man, <laughs> yeah. he been tweeting hard. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. It's like and they, they 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 like I think they had finally decided on a truce and then he like totally <laughs> he totally came off of that and so Oh, like the next day it was yeah. like truce over. Oh yeah. god. <laughs> I love the interaction between those two. God, I I, I am mm-hmm. going to and I do miss fucking, I know he went out on top, you know, he went out fucking Jordan fade away, you know, fuck. Well, Jordan came back, played for the Wizards. What the fuck am I talking about? Come back, Hugh. <laughs> Come back. Fuck it. I you, miss- Jordan did. Jordan went and tried to play golf and that didn't work. No, he played baseball. 
baseball. Or baseball. That's right. He played baseball. He also, he guess he plays golf in the, that's right. He tried to, he did the minor league baseball. That's yeah, right. with the minor that league work. White Sox. You know. But he, but he, even after he came back and hit that uh, shot in 98, you know, and no, he did not push off of Byron Russell. Fuck you. He didn't. He didn't. <laughs> He didn't push off of Byron Russell. That was he did not. But he. But Jordan th- did come back and he won championships. So like. Well, he came back and played for the Wizards and didn't make it to the finals for those two years. Well, for those two years, yes. Yeah, I'm just I'm saying like, if Hugh Jackman comes back, I don't want him to be Wizards Jordan. Well, no, I don't think he would. And well, Jordan he- had great stats those years. Don't get me wrong, guys. Like he he was like you know. He was putting up numbers that no guy in his 40s ever should be putting up. Like, you know, that's just what you do when you're the fucking, you're the man, when you're the goat, greatest of all goddamn time, right? Anyway, I don't know. I'm a Jordan guy, if you haven't picked that up. So. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Let's get to the really good stuff. Black Panther 2, May 6, 2022. Yeah. Gonna throw this out there, guys. Yay. Black Panther 2, my most anticipated Marvel sequel. Actually, it's my most anticipated Marvel movie. And this goes over anything that's been slated. And before this, it was definitely the um, Doctor Strange, you know, in in the multiverse of madness. That was like the one I was looking forward to the most. Uh, You know, the whole uh, Doctor Strange Wanda team up really had me psyched. But uh, now that we got Ryan Coogler officially, you know, we we knew he was coming back, but officially on board here to direct Black Panther 2. Uh, May 6, 2022 cannot come soon enough. I want this movie fucking now. Do, do we get another Ryan Coogler movie before we get Black Panther 2 with waiting so long for part 2? Uh, God, it'd be nice if he came back and did Creed 3 if they plan on doing another one of those because, uh, man, he was sorely missed, in my opinion, for Creed 2. Mm. Um, I feel like three years, I mean, that's plenty of time. I mean, I know these movies are encompassing, but I don't think that much. I mean, plenty of other people have done plenty of other things in the midst of making Marvel movies. No, I, Jake, I'm not disagreeing no, I'm not with you. I, I, I mean, I'm Taika Waititi has two movies in the interim before he does Thor, you know, Love and Thunder. You know, we got Jojo Rabbit coming out next month, and then he's working on that FIFA soccer movie immediately oh, after yeah. that. Ryan Coogler, I mean... It depends on like how selective he is with his projects, but I think that this guy would be, he's got three upcoming projects for right now. Uh, in development, he's got a movie called Wrong Answer. It's about a math teacher in Atlanta scandalized when he looks to get funding for his school by altering his students' test scores. Uh, and then he's also doing a movie called Scenes for Minors. Uh, so yeah, it's a long synopsis. Look it up. I heard it. Yeah, yeah. I heard of that too. So oh, but that first movie though, yeah, because that that's based on the true story, like of those teachers who got in a lot of trouble in Atlanta. Yeah, welcome back, Carter. You're arrested. Go to jail. <laughs> hanging yeah. with hanging with Mr. Cooper in prison. <laughs> you got, did you watch Hanging with Mr. Cooper? Was that part of your yeah. TGIF? Oh, of course. I remember that one. Part yeah. of your, Part of your TGIF Friday lineup. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I, I clearly remember that show. Wasn't um, wasn't that the one with Cedric the Entertainer was on that one? Was he? Was he? Was he? Oh, I don't remember. <laughs> was he entertaining us back then in the uh, mid nineties? <laughs> <laughs> Cedric, is that is that something he was doing? I'm fact checking for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Black Panther two. We are all excited. Can I, I guys? I you know I need a little bit more Shuri. Guys, I need I need more oh, I need more yes. 
you know, I, it, dude, I, I, I need more Okoye. I yes, mean, I want more Okoye, definitely more Guys, Okoye. and I need a huge heaping dose of Namor. Make it happen. Yes. Wakanda versus Please. Atlantis. All right? Please. Yeah. You got to imagine these characters will uh, hopefully make some appearances between now and then, too. I would hope so. Yeah, I, I was actually, Jake, that, thank you. That's a question that I was actually going to ask you guys about this that I totally forgot to ask you. Do yeah, I was going to ask you. Do you think that Black Panther and some of these other characters will be inserted into other movies before? And I'm not just talking like the what if stuff, like yeah. other 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 movies before we get them here. You know, I, I'm trying to think of where, but man, I, I, I that, that's definitely something that I want to see. I I Black Panther was one of those movies I saw it five times in the theater. I absolutely loved that movie. There was a day I was going to go see Infinity War again. And then Black Panther was still showing in the theaters and all the Infinity War showings were kind of sold out that day. And so I was like, you know what? Fuck it, man. I want to, I want to jump back into Black Panther again for a fifth fucking time. <laughs> and it was I mean, great. I, I love that movie. I think Wakanda itself and its characters would be ripe for a potential Disney Plus series. We've too, talked honestly. about this. Yeah. We, t- we, t- we've actually talked oh, about yeah. a Wakanda series on the show before about how much we've to see that. M'Baku. Definitely bring M'Baku back. Is he going to be, is that actor still going to be doing that Kimbo Slice movie? Do you remember that, Jake? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope so. Oh, God. I still love Us. What a great movie. Us is so good. I, why don't I own that movie yet? What's wrong? Oh, yeah, I didn't I see it because it looked digital. too scary. What? I didn't see it. It, lo- it looked way too scary, so I didn't see it. That's why you should <laughs> see it. No, I don't like scary stuff. See, that's I don't. I, I love being scared. It's it, that's such. It's such a cool. I love it when I want a movie to scare the shit out of me. No, because then I will not take the dog outside of myself. There you go. There you go. I'm gonna be all freaked out. The dog can't protect me. He's ten pounds. Oh my god, Jordan Peele. I think if Jordan Peele, like, if you sent him a tweet and said Jordan Peele, like, I. My dog had to pee on the floor because I was so scared to take him outside. <laughs> he and would, now I'm divorced because my husband is super pissed. Yeah. The dog <laughs> shits everywhere now. The, the linoleum is ruined. We, the, <laughs> All because of Jordan Peele. The, 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 All the, your fault, Jordan Peele. The linoleum is curling up on the floor and it smells of dog piss. The hardwood floors are ruined. It's, it's over. I think Jordan Peele would retweet that and be very proud. Yeah, easily, <laughs> easily. Us tearing apart he might families even, and real ones. He might even buy a new flooring. Oh, that would be nice. It would be very nice, wouldn't it? Would it be, would it be nice to walk around Home Depot with uh, Jordan Peele? You know what I mean? Just walking around, just walking around, you know, going through like different books. You know how? Oh, I, I, I like that color. And he's like, he's like, well, and he's like an expert at this stuff. He's really you, like, you're surprised at like how what an expert fucking Jordan Peele is at flooring. He's like, it looks good in here in the store, but like we need to see it in the lighting in your home with real sunlight. And you're like, I never thought of it like that. Or with the wall coloring, like right. the way your the way your color of your walls, I only could go with that. And color. so Jordan Peele is actually taking home sal- uh, mm-hmm. sample palettes with you, and like going to your home, and like I don't know why I'm talking. This is the dumbest shit I've ever <laughs> talked about. On this show. I, I feel like I've learned so much about Jordan Peele and his interior decorating ability. I know. I know. I know. I want to watch like a home decorating show with Jordan Peele now. Like I have no idea if he knows anything about like home decor and flooring in general, 
I like, want to believe that it's true, though. I'm going to believe that it is. Well, see, that's the thing. Like, Bob Vila didn't know dick about fucking, like, home improvements <laughs> when he first started that show, no. I don't think. And it was just kind of like he kind of learned stuff as he went. You know what I mean? Uh, but I could be wrong about I don't know anything right now. I don't know. We're, ta- we're supposed to be talking about D23. I'm talking about Jordan Peele going to Home Depot with you and going through pallets, like samples of flooring. <laughs> and going, this is dumb. No, that's like the most amazing adventure ever. I'm excited now. Like now I'm going to go like I'm going to start. I'm going to start this process. I'll, I'll watch This Is Us. I'll be super scared. I'll never, never take the dog out. I want – Not like, This Is and, Us. And we'll, we'll, we'll get this um, – not This Is Us. That's, that's – that. Yeah, I'm just going to watch Us, and then I'll get really freaked out, and then we'll start the ball rolling on this. You need to watch Us. It's really good. Seriously, you need to just you need you need to grab your balls, and you need. To, <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, you need to grab your balls, and you need to watch Us. It is. It's. It's not just. Here's the thing. It's not that it's. It's intended. It is intended to scare you, but on the flip side, it is an amazing work of art. And it really everyone is. tells me it's so good. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Wyatt Russell. Yeah, oh man, it really rewards a second viewing too. Yeah, one hundred percent. Wyatt Russell joins the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Rebecca, this has got to make you happy. We loved this guy in Overlord, and now he's going to be U.S. agent on oh. the Falcon and Winter Soldier. Like, <laughs> I loved him in Overlord. I was a huge fan of his episode in Black Mirror, and I could not think of a better guy to join into this Marvel universe than Wyatt Russell. This is fucking great news. Oh, oh absolutely. Um, I mean, you, you've pretty much said everything I feel is that I loved him in Overlord. I don't think I saw his Black Mirror episode, um, but I, I mean, I thought his performance in Overlord was amazing. I love that he's playing U.S. agent. Um, I've read I read an article, and I don't know if you have this queued up or it was on your radar, that some people were saying that the focus this is spoilers i guess if you haven't seen endgame that the 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 focus is not going to be on anthony mackie being captain america so much he's still sort of like falcon but with the shield and that the u.s agent uh stuff is going to be more like captain america stuff Hmm. that might be at the beginning of the series but i do feel like i did see an article and some leaked photos of him in a captain america type uniform and that might be towards the end of the season. Though. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that, that, that makes sense to me. I mean, they haven't changed the name of it yet. Like, I get why they were calling it Falcon and Winter Soldier before Endgame comes out. Because if they called it Captain America and Winter Soldier and announcing, you know, Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan, okay, thanks for ruining, you know, the end of Endgame. But, um, yeah, like, I wondered if they would change the name of the show, but they haven't. Mm-hmm. So, and and even Anthony Mackie's come out and said something quite recently saying I'll I'll I'm still Falcon like um so I guess he hasn't quite slipped into the Captain America role yet so this will be I guess that sliver of time when he's still Falcon but he hasn't quite taken on the mantle of Cap yet. Hmm. Yeah. I, I I'm theorizing like that's that's just why, my Why my the fuck hey oh, First off, why are you dragging your feet? Right? Like just he gave you the goddamn shield, right? Yeah, just no. But I thought I read something. But I thought I read something where like I thought it was Anthony Mackie was was in an interview and he said, um, the show is going to be the beginning of it is going to be like the government doesn't want him to be Captain America. Like they're going to try to for some reason I don't know. Am I not? Or did I not? 
like try to regulate who's yeah, like, Captain America. Like it's not up to Steve Rogers to pass the mantle. It's I up think to the so. That, that would make the, sense with U.S. agent being. Yeah, that's the that's, gist that I got mm. from like the quote that Anthony you know, Mackie gave a while ago. June, that is, I think that's spot on. And Jake, you're totally right with like bringing in U.S. agent. You can imagine that like the government stepping in and saying to, uh, you know, Falcon, hey, you know, Steve Rogers doesn't get to decide who Captain America is. You know, we made Captain America. We fucking decide who Captain America is. Here's this guy, U.S. agent. Right. And you could totally see him and Mackie like trying to like, you know, kind of figure it out. And then I could see by the end of the season, definitely Falcon stepping into that role finally. And like at the end of the season, like maybe be in a Captain America type uniform, like maybe from the comics, like with the red, white and blue wings and stuff like that would be amazing. Um, yeah, like that, that makes sense for what, for, for this casting of what, how they might work the show out. Cause I wonder you- if like the first episode though, where it'd be like, you know, about, you know, Sam has the shield, you know, it's in his house and like he someone knocks on the door and he opens the door and it's all these like, you know, government agents who come in and like take the shield from him. And then they're like, no, you can't have this. And then that's maybe why he reaches out to uh, Bucky for help. Interesting. Yeah, yeah I definitely sense. I definitely see the, the the government getting involved in in trying to name the next Captain America for sure. Yeah, and, and of course I kind they of want assume... a blonde hair, blue eyed guy. Of course they want a white, blonde <laughs> hair. I mean, no, but they want like a white, all American looking blonde, you know, mm-hmm. blonde hair, blue eyed like dude. I mean, that's what Steve Rogers was, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he was like the all American guy, right? White, you know, b- white guy, blonde hair, blue eyes. Now you've got Falcon, who is black, and even though he is American, but he does not fit that look of who we've known as Captain America all these years. And here comes U.S. agent who fits the bill. Like, I definitely I could see that absolutely being a plot point in this show. I the the one thing that I want to see in this is I want to see fucking Bucky get back to being like that Terminator motherfucker. Mm, Yes. You know what I mean? They've they've kind of reined him in quite a bit on these last couple movies and like. Yeah. Kick off the goddamn training wheels and let this guy fucking like I get it. All right, he's humanized now. He's Bucky again. Like they but seriously, like he's got some badass training. I want to see him fucking be a fierce motherfucker like he was in uh in Winter Soldier. Like that was like you know, yeah. that that was paying homage. Like of course, yeah, to the the Brubaker stuff, but like there was a lot of Terminator in there too. Like he was he was the T-1000, you know what I mean? He was Arnold, the T-800, mm-hmm. you know I mean? He was no. a lot yeah. of that going on there. Well, could we establish that um, his, like, Bucky's brain's fixed, right? Sure, he fixed his brain, Yeah, right? they've, okay. they've said that, that basically he's been, you know, ha- however it's been done, he's been fixed. Like, like so theoretically, like, if you say, the you know, the, the code words, it's not going to trigger the Hydra um, programming. It's It's been removed, so... I think they've they've really muted Bucky in these last couple movies. I mean, especially like I mean, in Endgame, I mean, he wasn't in most of it because he was dusted. But like now's the chance for him, like you said, kick off the training wheels, let him be that assassin. But he's doing it now for the good guys. Like there's a, lo- and I think Sebastian Stan, like he's he was great in Winter Soldier. He 
he's vicious and he's uncaring and he's just on, focused on a mission and all those great fights between him and Steve Rogers. I mean, great stuff. And I just think now's the time to really bring that back. Yeah, I agree. I was hoping to see him actually show up uh, in Black Widow. But that ain't going to happen. Yeah. Oh yeah, that would be a great time. That would make sense. But he's too. frozen during this time. You no, know, they well they unfreeze him for a mission, like they had mm-hmm. been doing for years. Yeah, yeah. like true. this takes place during a time where he was still kind of like that's what they would do over the years. Like it like there's there's hints that like he was the one that you know killed Kennedy and all this stuff. So no, but I think with the Black Widow. Oh, oh you think like in the flashback stuff part of Black? Because I thought that the majority of Black Widow was like no 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 no. I'm, I'm I'm saying it's a missed opportunity is what I'm oh, saying. Oh okay. Like, yeah, I, I yeah. feel like before we actually started to find out what the Black Widow movie was, there was a time where I was like, wow, this would be a perfect way to introduce. You know, the Winter Soldier. But on the flip side, like, that character was kind of like, like news to Natasha. You know, like, she had heard about him, but she, she, it's not like when she had, it's not like she had ever brought up that she had come into contact with the Winter Soldier before. So, I mean, you know, I, I don't know. It's one of those things where I was hoping that maybe it was so top secret she didn't want to bring it up or, well, you know, there's that fan theory, which, you know, I don't know if it's any truth to it or not. It's that scene in Civil War where Bucky has been triggered and they're fighting in that, like, the cafeteria or whatever, and he's choking Black Widow, and she says, the least you can do is remember me. Um, there's, like, a fan theory that that refers, that that line refers mm-hmm. to her time in the Red Room and Bucky was her teacher when, when he was unfrozen. Then there's also mm-hmm. people saying that, like, oh, no, maybe that's just referring to the story she tells Steve Rogers in Winter Soldier of the uh, of the guy that shot the guy that she was, you know, protecting and shot, like, right through her. Um, so I don't know. I, I don't think they could still do it if mm-hmm. they wanted to. They just would have to work it in that she I, didn't yeah. know that. I, I just think with, like, uh, having Taskmaster, uh, Taskmaster and all this other stuff in there, it just – it seems it's too like, much. Yeah, like it's too crowded. Exactly. It's almost gotcha. just like the forgotten crossbone shit that we don't care about anymore. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, let's talk about Wanda. Great points there, guys. Great points. Uh, WandaVision. WandaVision. I'm really looking forward to WandaVision, especially after some of the things that I've been reading about WandaVision, uh, over this past weekend. Uh, we've got, uh, we know that we've got Randall Park as Jimmy Wu. Uh, he's gonna be reprising his role, um, from that, uh, from, J- as Jimmy Wu, uh, from Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh, Kat Dennings is coming back, uh, as Darcy. She was in the first two Thor films. (laughs) Not coming really interesting to me. I like Kat Dennings. I do. I think she's I think she's pretty damn funny. I used to watch I used to watch for the first two or three seasons I used to watch uh, Two Broke Girls. I'm a big Garrett Morris fan, so I was like, I'll give this a shot. I like Garrett Morris. And so I said it like that too when it was announced. I was like, (laughs) I like Garrett Morris. I'm gonna watch this. Why am I talking like this? And um yeah, I, I I don't react however you want to with me saying that. Like you can, what the fuck, Brian? Like what was that all about? I don't or? dislike 
Kat Dennings, yeah. I, but she drove me nuts in those Thor movies. Like I thought she was a terrible comic relief in those yeah. movies. Yeah, that's why they, that's why Taika didn't bring her back for Ragnarok, right? So you know, like I remember her, she was in Forty Year Old Virgin. That was the first thing I ever saw her in, and then I started watching her in Two Broke Girls, and I I like her. I think she's uh, I think she's pretty damn sarcastic. She's got good comedic timing. It's just those those first two Thor movies aren't really beloved anyway. So you know, and I, I think like the the characters that he the supporting characters that he had in those first two movies you know like you know Kat Dennings and then like Eric Selvig and and uh, you know I it's they're not that beloved you know what I mean so we'll see how yeah, she no. d- does in this series it's just weird though we've got a, an, an Ant Man and the Wasp character we've got a Thor character. And then, and then they cast Catherine Hahn as the nosy neighbor for this one. Yeah, what are we doing in this series? Well, let, here's the here's some info from Screen Rant about WandaVision. Uh, the description of WandaVision uh, is half classic sitcom, half MCU spectacular. Was one of the several fragmented reveals about the show that formed part of a myriad of revelations about the Disney Plus catalog of MCU shows. A short clip was shown. Featuring scenes of Wanda and Vision together from previous MCU movies, interspersed with clips from early 60s sitcoms, uh, The Dick Van Dyke Show. Uh, this is presumably to tie the series to its 50s setting and give it a rough indication of the tone intended by juxtaposing superhero powers with comedy stylings well over half a century old. It was also said that uh, that the series will explore Wanda as Scarlet Witch, possibly highlighting the fact that, like several M- uh, of the MCU heroes, she has never actually been referred to by her comic book code name within the film. So yes, she's never been called Scarlet Witch in the movies. I think that really has a lot to do with the fact that maybe Fox. I'm trying to remember. Did Fox own Scarlet Witch, and then yeah, it was Fox owned the name of Scarlet Witch, and then Marvel Studios could call her Wanda. But neither yeah, could exactly. call them both. It was it was kind of like, just like you never heard Quicksilver be called Quicksilver within the Fox movies. Um, nobody called him Quicksilver. Um, I thought they um, in in the Fox in the X Men movie he was Peter, and then in yeah. Ultron he was Pietro. Yeah, they right? they might have worked it that way, but nobody called him Quicksilver, as far as I know. Yeah, that's correct. It was yeah. one way or the other. Yeah, but none of that. That's all you know. Moot now. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I may not be a hundred percent right. But I, I honestly, I think like with the show being called WandaVision, all one word, I think that she's with her having her powers come from the Mind Stone. Her not really dealing with—I mean, she's been dealing with the events of Endgame, but she really hasn't dealt with the events of losing the love of her life. And I think WandaVision is going to be her trying to hold on to a piece of him. And part of that might be like her living out this kind of like faux life with him within this kind of like 50s, 60s sitcom with Paul Bettany showing up. And maybe some some scenes could be black and white. It could feel very Dick Van Dyke. So I think this is going to be a trippy fucking show. It's because we've got a character. Yeah, that sounds really cool. Yeah. We've got a character here that like she's been powered by the Mind Stone. I mean... She can, I mean, she can basically think things. Like, her mind has to be, like, a crazy thing. To, I think we're going to be jumping into the mind of Wanda here. Mm-hmm. And 
hopefully by the end of this thing, maybe she'll be able to let Vision go. I do think that we will see Vision again. I do think that we'll see him again. I think I would, I would guesstimate within the next five years, you know, Shuri wakes him up and we're going to get like the, the completely white vision that we remember from the nineties and like the West coast Avengers, Mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's my question though, because I mean, the, you know, in infinity war, Shuri's doing her science stuff or whatever. And it looked like she was pretty complete in like replicating, I guess, vision's brain. She was almost there. Yeah. Yeah. She was. So, I mean, she has, she's still, so like that, that, that's, that's still there. Like that still exists. That's why like earlier when you asked about like possible, Black Panther characters showing up in various parts of the MCU going forward, like other franchises within the MCU. I mean, I, I was wondering, would Shuri pop up in WandaVision or something? Uh, no, you know, I, because- I, th- I think that's a few years down the road. I like we, we talked earlier about like these seasons of this show. Since it is connected to the MCU, they could have a season of a show like Loki and then go forward with the Thor projects, go forward with the Thor movies. And we're talking about like a three, four year lapse here before they even consider doing a season two with Loki. And it's completely fine with fans at that point, because like a season two of Loki doesn't make sense until like the MCU within the film realm moves forward. Like you the films kind of set the precedent about like what they can do in the actual series. Like, which was, like, kind of the problem, I would say, with, like, maybe, like, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. having to do, like, 20-plus episodes every fucking year. But they're, like, reacting to, like, one thing that happened in, like, a Marvel movie. Here, like, they don't have to have a season, like, every, you know, every year. They can wait. With WandaVision, what would be really cool, what would be ideal for me, is if in, like, the first season we have Wanda trying to deal with the fact that Vision's gone. Like, okay, now, then she jumps into, like, her adventures with Doctor Strange. Four or five years later, maybe 2022 in a post credit scene for Black Panther 2, three years from now, uh, Shuri brings back Vision. Now, in 2023, we've got WandaVision Season 2, and it's Vision who's brought back but he doesn't have any feelings for Wanda at this point. It's all about bringing back the old vision, which I guess could be a lot like the Gamora star Lord story. So maybe I don't know what I'm talking about guys. I don't know. No, that makes total (laughs) sense. That makes total sense. I like what you're saying, Brian, about how it's not beholding to like a network schedule. Like that is one of like the, things that messes up like agents of shield it's like no matter what it has to premiere in the fall and take right. a break at this date and right. come back at this date where with this disney plus stuff it's it's so much easier to tie the stuff into the movies because you could just do it when you want and you know you have so much more control of the timing of when it comes out and you're not beholden to fucking sweeps week or fall tv or or whatever exactly and I definitely, it's really cool. It is very cool. And think about this, like these other movies that come out in the interim can create like new seasons of new shows for us to be able to watch. So it's like, okay, we got a really great Loki series here. Everybody loved it except for Rebecca. And so. (laughs) (laughs) What? Ever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so everybody, I've, you know, I would love is I would love I would love fucking I would love to see Loki travel to the year 1986 and watch Top Gun and walk out. 
of Top Gun <laughs> with a fucking like a huge smile on his face. And then you know he's a he can turn himself into I've let's see turn into Tom Cruise at that moment and just do like that whole like with the put the glasses down and like chewing on the gum and and uh, walk out with the leather bomber jacket. You know what I mean? That'd be great. That'd be really. Uh, <laughs> No, but like that's the cool thing about these shows. It's like we don't have to get a Loki season two until like they want to move forward. We don't have to get one at all. But like if they want to do a Loki season two, they don't have to do it for like another three or four years, Jake, until they're ready to do something else with Loki's character if they are wanting to do that. Yeah, I think that's really cool. It yeah. lends itself to a lot of neat experiments. And I think a lot can be done with just the things that are meant to be one season. Right. You know? Like, I think I know like what a, you were saying yeah. earlier about the Wakanda show, like after yeah. we get after hey, after we get Black Panther 2, that could open the door for like us getting like a Shuri series. You know what I mean? It could open the door to us getting an Okoye series or something. Yeah, exactly. I, I hope in the future, though, they don't telegraph as much what Disney Plus shows are going to lead into movies. I understand that now they have to do that as salesmen to kind of sell you on watching these shows, but – if they are successes, which I'm sure they will be, I hope we can just kind of be surprised by, oh, my God, this is leading into Thor 4. I, I don't think that's I, – I, yeah, I would abandon that thought process. I would abandon thinking that that's ever going to happen because we're going to always have events like San Diego Comic-Con. We're always going to have events like D23, and they're always going to want to kind of like um, – Yeah, but you can announce the show, but you don't have to announce what the show is going to introduce. Hmm. I suppose I, 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 as far as like some of these shows, it depends on how successful the Disney Plus service is, because I think they're always going to want to entice new subscribers. And the more that they put out there, the more possible subscriptions that they'll be able to get. Right. I agree. I just feel like it's just one step too far to have to make I think sure we tell you what all the connections sure. are between the two things before the connections even happen. Well, but I think the e- easier thing, though, with the Disney Plus shows is that um, I think, Jake, you're totally right, though. Being like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was sort of, you know, it was a slave to the network television programming. And the problem when Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. season two was out, that was when Agent Ultron was um. In the theaters, the thing is, if you were not totally caught up with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. that season, say if you're a fan of the show and you're a fan of the movies, you had to watch, like, the episode right before Age of Ultron came out. Then you had to make sure you saw Age of Ultron opening weekend before you watched the next episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. because all of it kind of spoiled each other. And so, like, you, if you don't have – at least I feel like with the Disney Plus show, if you're not having to go by a network TV schedule, you can time it where you have enough time for people to watch the show and watch the movie and have it – yeah, that was the problem with season two of Agents of Shield. I think. I think there's a lot more problems with uh, season well, two. Well, I know, Agents I know, you weren't a fan of it, but I mean, I just remember though, like if you you had to. My, big, my biggest watch- problem with season two of Agents of Shield that it it wasn't good. You know, that was. I like, love that, that season, but yeah, yeah no, sure. everyone has it. Yes, I know, I know you're not a fan of it. I do love the show, but yeah, you had to. Um, but yeah, if you had, if you didn't watch it in that exact order right when they aired, it would have kind of messed you up. If you try to watch one without the other. Yeah, well, I mean, I think these Disney Plus shows, it'll. I think that the movies will be able to stand on their own. And I think the shows 
will be able to stand on their own as well. And I think that these shows, I think these shows are going to be for people that are already watching the movies anyway. I don't, I don't think that there's a person alive, in my opinion, that you'll be able to talk to out there in the world and be, and they'll be like, I've, I've never seen one of these Marvel movies. I've only been watching the Disney Plus shows. You know, I don't think you'll ever run into that guy that'll be like. Which is interesting because I know a lot of people who watch the Netflix Marvel shows who never watch the like any of the movies. Well, you know, weird people. They they probably. It sounds like it's no. It sounds like the the two the 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 two guys that are interviewing people in Mindhunter. Like, should be interviewing the people that you know, because they might be serial killers. That is fucking weird. <laughs> okay, well, I kind of, okay, so what, some of those people are like my dad. My dad watches the Netflix Marvel shows. Like, he watched uh, Daredevil and Jessica Jones. Always Jessica sleep he is with never. One. He is never, and my dad has never yeah. watched a Marvel movie, so. Yeah, you always sleep with one eye open around your pop. Oh, okay, all right. <laughs> I don't trust them. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Of course, I. It's maybe I don't know. Yeah, I, I would. I would say that 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 is probably less than one percent of the people out there. <laughs> because at least the people that are consuming Marvel entertainment, right? Does your dad go out and see a lot of movies in general? Yeah, he's just not in the comic book ones. Um, okay, so. I, no, he's what he watched Captain America. He watched the first Captain America because um, yeah. I thought he would like it, and he was like, "That was stupid. Why do we watch that?" I was like, "Okay." Well. But he likes the gritty kind of like Netflix. Yeah, um, I think he likes the kind of the, like I think with Jessica Jones, he like well, he likes um, Kristen Ritter. He thinks she's really funny. Yeah, he likes that she's all like you know sassy and whatever. Yeah. Um, I think it, I think it's the noir sort of element of right. those shows that he likes. All right. Well, we we. We've narrowed it down to your father. Then there's yep. a, I, I stand. I stand corrected. Uh, there is one. There is one person out there that. But anyway, um, so looking forward to WandaVision. Let's move on to our next project here, Ms. Marvel. Guys, we knew it was coming. Kevin Feige talked about Ms. Marvel being introduced into the MCU somehow. Um, the news was actually kind of like broken before. The announcement, the official announcement at D23, um, THR talked about it. They said the show will uh, center on uh, Marvel's first Muslim superhero to star in her own comic book title. Uh, this this is a character that uh, she kind of... Uh, um, uh, G. Willow Wilson wrote the character back in 2014. Um, of course, Carol Danvers was Ms. Marvel at one time. She took over the... But we've got uh, Kamala Khan who took over... The mantle of Ms. Marvel, her suit looks very much like the uh, inspiration for, you know, Ms. Marvel back in the day. Um, in that 2014 run, she, that was back when all the Terrigen Mist shit was happening, you know, with uh, Inhumans. <laughs> Uh, she was, I think she was in school or hanging out with friends or something and the Terrigen mist hit her and, um, she didn't die and she got the, the she, she was, uh, she got powers. So I'm assuming she's an inhuman, but, uh, she got the powers to basically, uh, stretch herself kind of like, a you know, Mr. Fantastic, but she can also shrink and grow kind of like Ant-Man. So she has the ability to do both of those things. She's a huge fangirl of Captain Marvel, and uh, she's the first uh, Muslim superhero to get her own solo comic book. Um, 
the G. Willow Wilson run is really cool. I've read the character in um, some uh, team up books. I think she's she's a really fun character. I always uh, enjoyed mm-hmm. her interactions with Nova uh, when Mark Wade was writing for I believe it was Young Avengers, but I could be wrong. Um, but I'm really it's she's going to be getting a Disney Plus series. And the Disney Plus series is going to be uh, based on the comic. Uh, they are hiring British writer Bisha K. Ali to write and act as showrunner. Ali is a comedian who is currently a staff writer on Hulu's remake of Four Weddings and a Funeral. So that was a show that me and Leo talked about a few weeks ago on Hulu. Leo messaged me like a week or so after that episode to tell me that he was still watching it and he was loving that show. So it is really good. Um, but um, this, uh, yeah, this character, she's a, a Pakistani American and I'm hoping they were talking about casting the young girl from Blockers, like this was a fan casting. If you guys have seen uh, John Cena's comedy Blockers, the girl that plays his daughter in that had great comedic oh, timing. Yeah. And I know who you're talking about. She, she she was great in that movie. Geraldine, her name is Geraldine Viswanathan, and she was absolutely fantastic. I think she would be perfect in the role as Kamala Khan. And they are not. They are not basically just saying we're going to relegate her to the Disney Plus series. They're saying this character could have film appearances as well. Yeah, I thought that was really cool that they specifically brought that up. Because at first you kind of, you know, thought Glass Half Full and it was like, oh, you know, she's being relegated to just a Disney Plus series. But I thought it was cool that they made it very well known that. This is just kind of the beginning, the tip of the iceberg for the character. We talked about it having like a Young Avengers movie, Jake, and I was, I was all. That's one of the things that I'm going to be a little upset about Tom Holland leaving, not leading a, a Young Avengers team. Oh, to have yeah. him and Shuri in a movie together. Yeah, I'm never going to get that, you know, Spider-Man Shuri scene. You know. Yeah, that's wild, boy. That's going to cause a lot of uh, fan fiction. All the uh, woulda, coulda, hoodas with yeah. Spider-Man in future movies. Yeah. But I'm looking forward to this Ms. Marvel. Uh, yeah, we, we, we also found out that these, uh, Disney Plus shows are going to be released, uh, weekly. They're not doing the Netflix dump. Yeah, yeah. I'm a fan of that, especially, man, there's so many different stuff is coming on like day one. I think they plan on launching a lot of new shows together at a lot of times. And so that makes sense with a weekly release schedule to combine it with that. Did you see that, that D23, they were, giving out like you could buy three a three-year subscription yeah i saw people i saw the big kiosk they had set up and people lined up to uh already purchase disney plus subscriptions yeah but it was a three they were offering a three-year subscription at d23 did you get a uh would you see the price point on that you I see they're offering a year, but the the year doesn't even save you any money. You're just paying it all up front. It's right. still just like seventy I, bucks. Yeah, I apologize. Didn't see the th- the three year pricing, but the, I, I think that there might have been a discount on that one. But it, they they were offering three year pricing. Wait, yeah, that's there's awesome. not going to be a discount if you do the year in advance because I thought that that was like the six dollar price point if you went ahead and paid for the year in full. Maybe there is. Maybe there is. Uh, maybe it is seventy for the year, which would end up saving you about fourteen bucks. Okay, but I mean, it's not that deep. 
I can. I, we're all looking forward to fucking Miss Marvel, right? Like they got to get the casting. Oh right, yeah, 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 yeah. Tupperware this, especially if they can nail casting. You know, um, I'm. I haven't seen the four weddings and a funeral, but I trust you and Leo. Yeah, that that kind of humor will kind of carry over here. Yeah, the humor is going to carry over, and they're writing for a teenage girl, guys. That's what you got to expect with this. Is like this is a, this is going to be a teenage girl centric show. It's going to be a Pakistani American. Her parents are from Pakistan. They left Pakistan. They raised her in New Jersey, and they're going to deal with those issues of. Mm-hmm. You know, like I recently watched that Blinded by the Light movie, which I feel like uh-huh. this this is very much kind of like that situation here. You know, like even down to New Jersey, the fact that fucking that's where Springsteen's from. <laughs> I, I yeah. Know but Rebecca, did you watch Blockers? Are you familiar with this uh, actor that I was talking about? This yeah, I've seen Blockers. Um, so funny because I didn't think I would enjoy that movie, so I didn't watch it in the theater, and then I ended up watching it on streaming, and I I loved it. I thought it was so funny. Really um, yeah, and I really enjoyed the way that they they took a very typical sort of teen let's have sex on prom night comedy and really turned it on its ear and, and more than just, you know, a gender swap, but they really delved into like the parents and stuff. And, and the young actor who played John Cena's daughter, her comedic timing was so great. She was the she funniest so person in the entire cast. Yeah. And I, like, I totally agree with that. John yeah. Cena was great. I would like, I would, you know, and then what's Judd Apatow's wife? What's what's her name? Leslie Mann. Leslie Mann. Yeah, I think. Mann. I mean, there, I love her. She's great too. And John Cena's fantastic. And like this new fucking comedy that he's in with the kids in the fire department. Like it looks stupid as fuck, but I got to remember it's a Nickelodeon movie. So like, yeah, you're making sure. a movie for fucking kids. Like kids are gonna laugh at the you know the big dumb wrestler guy you know falling down <laughs> and slipping on you know soap suds and dogs <laughs> dogs pooping on him or whatever the fuck you know like that's that's just gonna be that. That movie but like john cena's funny but man i think like she was the she was the surprise hit of that movie like i i really felt like out of the three girls that were in that she was the one that was the biggest surprise as far as like uh her, her comedy she was really fucking funny get her in this series cast her now they should have had her walking out on stage at d23 this is our miss marvel people would they would have went nuts mm-hmm. yeah for sure let's talk about the what if series uh, what if what if pop culture leftovers was a good podcast, Jake? What about that? What about that? Huh? Oh man, I could quit my job. <laughs> oh, <man>. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about what if we got confirmation of a story that we were uh, uh, they, they were planning on telling. We 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 knew that this was like one of the stories that they were talking about. But it's uh, what if Peggy Carter was Captain America, which basically looks like Captain Britain, you know, at that point because you know, she's English, but. Uh, we're going to get that story. Collider went into more details about the what if, and uh, they were there uh, to watch kind of like uh, some of the footage and things like that. They said, first off, the animation style is a huge visual change from the big screen MCU stories. That's definitely going to take uh, some getting used to. Heavy, heavy Pixar vibes throughout, but it also reminded me of the comic-y movements and motions in Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. As for those alternate reality scenarios, here's what we saw. Haley Atwell's Peggy Carter receives the super soldier serum instead of Steve Rogers and becomes Captain Carter, complete with a Union Jack-themed costume and shield. 
quote, it feels like the gift that keeps on giving, Atwell said from the stage. The fans, they love Peggy. They've brought her back. Uh, Star-Lord makes his way across the planet Morag to retrieve the Power Stone like the opening minutes of Guardians of the Galaxy. But when he turns back to the camera, it's a black man under the mask, not Chris Pratt. There was another outlet that said that it was that it looked like Chadwick Boseman's Black Panther as Star Lord, but I can't confirm. Oh, bizarre! Yeah, that is weird. I can't confirm, but to think that how would that how would that how would that, does that even does that make sense of like what if Black yeah. Panther was Star Lord? Does Black that even Panther was Star Lord? <laughs> makes no sense to me at all. Yeah. Sebastian Stan's Bucky Barnes is in the middle of a fight on a moving train. That makes me think of uh, Chris Evans on Snowpiercer. Yeah. Right? What What yeah. if Bucky threw his mama from a train? No, no, not the Danny DeVito movie. I was wow. thinking of Snowpiercer. So, I was making up my own what if. I, God. He's got his own what if. Danny DeVito, <laughs> Billy Crystal. What was the what was what was Mama Fratelli's real name? Oh shoot, that's too deep a cut. I can't. Oh my god, I'm not trying to be mean here, but anybody that fucked her, dude, props. Like I don't know how you got through that. Like seriously, I shouldn't have said that. That was. <laughs> I was like, I, when you ever you open with, I'm not trying to be mean, you're probably <laughs> real mean fucking shit, right? Yeah, yeah. Whenever you preface things with with statements like that, it's probably going to be pretty mean. No, I don't know. I'm meaning no offense. I, may not my taste. Okay. All right. She was. <laughs> <laughs> With all due, with all due, res- with all due respect. <laughs> all due respect. <laughs> with all due respect. I'm sure she was a perfectly fine woman. I'm sure she she might you know what she might have been a fucking locomotive in the bedroom herself. <laughs> <laughs> that could have all just been uh, stage dressing for all you know. She Dude, be a knockout ten. Who like, knows what the fuck I was missing? You know what I mean? <laughs> Dude, you know, like, seriously, like, right now you hear me and I'm just like, yeah, she's not my type. Like, that's not what I was into in the bedroom. But then, like, who knows, man? Who knows? Like, I could, at the end of the day, I could be wearing, like, a fucking conductor's hat going choo-choo and she's writing the shit out of me. You know what I mean? Exactly, exactly. Then who's fucking looking for pirates? Exactly. I'm totally, I have changed my tune 100%. (laughs) (laughs) Woo-hoo! All aboard! <laughs> oh man. I know. Yeah, I'm I, I yeah, I say some insensitive things. Get the fuck over it. It's just for jokes. I'm 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 sorry. I'm sorry. Said, She's not a fucking pinup. She's not a goddamn pinup, Jake. Do you think yeah. anybody do you think anybody had fucking pictures of Mama Fratelli on their fucking dorm room wall and were jacking off to it? Like like I'm so out of line here. I'm sure there were tons of 19-year-old guys with pictures of Mama Fratelli pinned up on their wall, beaten off like furious fucking chimpanzees in the zoo. Get the fuck out of here. Oh, Brian, you're so insensitive. 
Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. Mama Fratelli. Nobody's having sexual fantasies about Mama Fratelli. God damn it. Ooh, if you are, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, you, exactly. Send me a fucking email. Uh, that's going to be your next, like, one-star iTunes. Oh, I know. I know. One How person. dare he? How dare he? Whatever. Fratelli 69. I see. Oh, one star. <laughs> Fratelli 69. Mm. Fratelli facial. Oh, man. Anyway. I can't breathe. That may have been my favorite PCL moment ever. It's, cr- it's, just, it's silly. It's silly. It's silly. It's silly. Like, think about it. Think about it. She, like, like she's not a sex symbol. Come on. It's Mama Fratelli. All right. <laughs> it's Mama Fratelli. <laughs> it's a very it's like if you are in the Mama Fratelli, it's a very niche kink. Like that's a very, I know, it really sucks. Like you're always looking for material, but you got like three movies. Yeah, throw Mama from the train onto my dick. Like that movie doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you have the body control to do that, kudos to you, ma'am. Mm. I am nowhere near that uh, area of flexibility, so yeah. kudos to you. <laughs> yeah, she, you know, she, I'm not hurting her feelings. She's dead. True. Right? <laughs> you know? <laughs> no, no, no. It's the feelings of the people that are attracted to her that are, are crushed. No. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's a safe bet that no one's offended then. Um, so, yeah, okay, no one. <laughs> I'm terrible. Uh, let's see here. We got, yeah, we got uh, Sebastian Stance, Bucky Barnes in the middle of a fight on a moving train when a silhouette approached. That's your fault, Jake, for bringing up fucking trains <laughs> and the fucking throw mama from the train what? thing. That's your fault, dude. I blame you. I'll take that. I'll take that. One hundo. I'm um, responsible for this. There's a uh, there's a silhouette that approaches Bucky on this train. It's shaped a lot like Captain America, but when the figure steps into the light, it's a zombie? Question mark. So basically, they're saying it might be they might be introducing Marvel zombies at this point, which is something that we've gotten in the comics, uh, which was a very popular. Marvel run, which DC now has done. They did the deceased, and uh, that was a huge hit for them. Steve Rogers, the skinny version, uh, sands the super soldier serum, so does not have the super soldier serum, rides inside a massive robotic piece of armor that looked like a World War II era mix between the Iron Monger and the Hulkbuster armor. So Iron Monger is um, Tobias Stane's character. Like, Tobias, um, was it, was it Tobias? Obadiah, Obadiah Stane. I'm thinking Tobias from fucking Arrested, Arrested Development. Development. <laughs> uh, Obadiah Stane, uh, Jeff Bridges' character. The in the comics, the suit that he gets into, the big oversized Iron Man, you know, Mark One suit that he gets into. It looks like Mark One with like fucking I don't know, just like a big Mark One. Uh, that's called the Iron Monger. And so, like, this is like a hybrid of the Ironmonger and Hulkbuster. So, that's weird. So we'll yeah, what's Steve doing in that? Well, he doesn't have the super soldier serum, but he still wants to be a hero. So, somehow he gets Stark tech? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Because yeah. he's not 
like a brilliant guy like when it comes he's a great tactician when it comes to you know battles and things like that but he's not an inventor yeah he's not an inventor um and they've got a ton of mcu stars that are going to be doing the voice work for these series they got they got michael that makes B- me so excited i'm so excited michael b jordan's coming back as killmonger yes uh, josh brolin's going to be coming back as thanos um of course we got chadwick boseman karen gillen coming back as nebula uh, toby jones is arnim zola for crying out loud jaiman hansu is going to be coming back as koroth jeff goldblum is grandmaster michael rooker is yondu um neil mcdonough is dum dum dugan Jake, we're getting Dum Dum Dugan, man. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. We never really got – yeah, we need some more proper Howling Commandos. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 100 percent. That's a missed opportunity for a Disney Plus series to do more with the Howling Commandos. Yeah. They actually did like a really great episode of the first season of Agent Carter where like she meet, Peggy Carter meets back up with the Howling Commandos. It was the yeah. best episode of the series. But like I would have loved to have seen – a lot more of the Howling Commandos. Like, that movie, that that first Captain America movie set up that team, um, and you could have just done so much more with it. And, I mean, they still could, I suppose, if all those actors would come back and do it, but I just feel like that's a missed opportunity mm. to have a nice period piece World War II show that you could go back into that well of, like, the Captain America era, but not have... You're not paying Chris Evans to show up again as Cap. I right. I would totally like take the condom off and fuck Mama Fratelli and call myself the Howling Commando. Oh my god! <laughs> I can't believe we're back to this. I know. I th- did not expect that sentence. I to know be that most people like this episode. Most people associate <laughs> we like most people associate going commando as like not wearing underwear. But like I am in this instance, I'm saying it's like me not wearing the condom with Mama Fratelli, and you just, have deconstructed that previous <laughs> connotation. Right. Well, it's it's like one of the like the lights are out, like, and I'm thinking like, oh god, it feels so much better without this, like, you know what I mean? So it's like <laughs> maybe I can maybe maybe I can get away with this right now, you know? Like we've we've done it with it, and I don't know why I'm worried about getting her pregnant. She's 80 years old, but and then I think to myself, why have I been wearing condoms, Brian? She's 80 fucking years old, dude. <laughs> <laughs> You've thought a lot about this. Yeah. Within the last 10 minutes, I have. Yeah. It's, um, it's really impressive of like how much thought in such a short amount of time. <laughs> this is stupid. Um, let's, uh, let's talk about the Black Widow footage that was shown at uh, D23. I sent you guys all that I could find. I found four seconds of footage. <laughs> yeah. It looked damn damn good though, didn't it? It was cool. It looked cool. <laughs> it was fucking cool. Like it was very. It reminded me very much of like. It felt like very, kind of like John Wick fighting scenes from what I could see. It was a little bit. I think it was a little bit more intense than like you know, the Bourne films. Yeah, I can agree with that. I mean, in just a little that we saw. Yeah, all four seconds. 
Yeah, that's, uh, that's, those four that's, seconds were intense to the entirety yeah. of the Bourne films, in my opinion. Honestly, uh, I can only last four seconds with Mama Fratelli. She is <laughs> wow! I'm telling you, like I'll be lucky to last four seconds, man. <laughs> I looked out when you first stopped talking about Mama Fratelli and you got back to the notes and you read the word train and you realized it was my fault. <laughs> I don't think it's my fault anymore. <laughs> no, now I just keep bringing it back up. but And I, I'm trying to make it very organic to the conversation. Like, oh, Brian, yeah, I sent you guys four seconds. Oh, I fucked her for four seconds. <laughs> and then I climaxed. Yeah, and guess what? She's so hot. <laughs> She's so hot that my refractory period's only four seconds, too, and I'm back at it again. Oh, man. Anyway. Yeah, Black Widow. <laughs> I've got, Rebecca hates me right now. <laughs> we're not we're not there yet. <laughs> but we're not there. Rebecca's just like I, I can't believe that I am on this show with this jackass. <laughs> no. Yeah. We're not there yet, sounds like, but we have taken steps. This, oh for sure. This After guy me. has been talking about having sexual intercourse coitus. <laughs> coitus with mama fratelli for the past 20 minutes <laughs> i mean you know dedication to a joke man i have to appreciate it but i know i we're getting I, there I, I am writing this like billy crystal and danny devito on that train <laughs> I am riding it all the way to the station, baby. <laughs> Choo-choo. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Mm. Hey, Marvel Studios offered this is this is from Screen Rant. This is talking about the Black Widow footage. Um, Marvel Studios offered D23 Expo attendees a new look at next year's solo movie Black Widow. And the footage revealed David Harbour's Red Guardian in his full costume. The poster has been released. Have you guys seen the poster? And it actually has David Harbour in the Red Guardian. You can't see like the full costume, but you can see his face. Have you guys seen yeah, that? Yeah, the poster's really weird. It's it's definitely not photorealistic. No, right, it's not. Right? Yeah. It's definitely it's not. some kind of artist rendition of the character. Mm-hmm. So that that's really I like the poster though. I think it has a really cool like spy noir feel to it. Yeah, yeah, totally. It looks like a comic book cover, doesn't it? In a way. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. exactly what it looks like, as mm. if it was a, a comic book cover. Yeah. The first part of the footage was the same as what was shown at San Diego's Comic-Con earlier this year, but then new footage revealed Scarlett Johansson's Natasha Romanoff running through a forest and riding a motorcycle through Budapest. Uh, Harbour then joins Natasha and Florence Pugh's character, Yelena Belova, looking a little disheveled, like he just got out of prison. He tells the other two in a Russian accent, family back together again and puts on his red guardian costume once reunited the family are shown in action fighting a group of people there's banter between the two women as yelena asks why natasha always does the pose the fighting pose and calls her a total poser uh the end i guess they're making fun of like all the poses that we've seen her make in you know movies like the captain america films and then of course in iron man 2 so uh, the end of the footage shows Black Widow wearing an all-white costume. Did you guys get to see the all-white costume? They, 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 uh, yes. So, yeah. Yes. Somebody showed that all-white costume on the internet, which was very cool. Uh, wearing an all-white costume designed for a snowy environment and fighting Taskmaster. Uh, the movie's villain is in full costume with a mask. So unfortunately, we still don't know who's playing him 
or her. I think it's a her, and I think it's that uh, what's her name, Vice. What's her name? Rachel Weiss. Rachel Weiss. I Rachel. think it's I think it's Rachel Weiss. I think it's Rachel Weiss playing Taskmaster. I really do. <clears throat> that would That'd be really be cool. cool. I, I'm yeah. down for a gender swap Taskmaster. Uh, the footage was preceded by a special message from the cast with Johansson wearing the same all white outfit. Uh, Black Widow is still filming, so neither the cast nor director Kate Shortland could attend D23 in person. Um, they showed uh, some concept art. Um, which was, uh, you know, Harbor's Red Guardian. Um, and, uh, yeah. So, yeah, I, guys, can, I mean, I've seen four seconds of footage. It looked incredible. Can I get a goddamn trailer? Yeah, there's a lot of rumors that this, this is happening this week. Have you heard that? It would, it would make sense. I don't think that they're going to do it Monday. Monday, we're going to get the, uh, Rise of Skywalker behind the scenes. Um, footage that was shown at D23, yeah, they're yeah. going to drop that online. So I would want to think that they would at least wait 24 hours before they would drop the Black Widow mm. trailer. See, I, I think I, I read the same thing, though, Jake, that I read that they were going to drop the, the, the Black Widow stuff on Monday as well. I mean, that could just – that could be wrong too, but um, I, I don't know. But I think this week – we're supposed to get whatever was shown at D23. I just can't imagine them trying to compete. I don't know. I don't think it doesn't, for me, they could, but it just doesn't make sense to drop Black Widow and the Rise of Skywalker behind the scenes stuff. Didn't that happen this summer with like the, the Toy Story trailer? Like, wasn't there something like in the same week, two trailers were dropped? The and, same like, one day. Did they say Or the dro- same day. Yeah. And like one trailer overshadowed the other. Yeah. But was it from the same studio? It no, was. It was that both was Disney uh, stuff, Detective I thought. Pikachu, I thought. Oh, okay. Never mind. Or something I thought it was both Disney stuff. Like one was a Pixar what thing, one was maybe throw a Marvel Ma- thing. Throw Mama from the train. Throw June from this episode. What are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know. I got I'm, confused. Re- hey, June, I'm just fucking with you. I was just trying to make it. I was trying to tie it back into Throw Mama from the I train. You- and I was like, I was like, this is the perfect. I was, I, I, you know, I, I threw you under the train, and I apologize. You're one of my <laughs> well, favorite thank you people. For your apology. I'm one. Thank you're one you. of my favorite people, and I just, I used you. As a joke, I used you <laughs> like I used Mama Fratelli in the bedroom. You know what I mean? She thought that I, she thought I had the condom on. I didn't. And, you know, uh, Rebecca is the just like. Is who, would, who would do this and turned into how much you would do? Oh, God. It is, now it's turned into like, it's, it, it, it's, it's, it's part of my fantasy now. Like, it's like, this is a thing. What freak would do this? Right. Oh yeah. Bagging mama for telling. Dude, I am, I, right now I am like trying to get a 3D printed, 3D printed mama for telly sent to my doorstep so I can just fuck the shit out of it. I'm not, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be, I'm not gonna be sweet about it. I am, I'm gonna fuck the shit out of that thing. Yeah, I'm gonna be. Goonies never die. They don't. They don't come either. Right in four seconds. I'm gonna ride away. Goonies don't come in four seconds. I'm gonna last longer this time, Mama Fatelli. That should totally be the sequel to the next Goonies. (laughs) (laughs) Goonies never come in four seconds. (laughs) I am a dirty son of a bitch, aren't I? I am so fucked up. Guys, we're getting a Moon Knight series. 
We finally got the announcement yes. of a Moon Knight anything. We've wanted a Moon Knight anything for years now. We always thought that maybe Moon Knight could be a Netflix series. Well, Netflix and Marvel. That's crazy. No, it's crazy that Disney is losing relationships with Sony after after the after the beautiful relationship that they had with with Netflix. You know, but um, we find, we learned that Moon Knight. We are getting it. It's going to be a series on Disney Plus. So we're going to be getting Mark Spector, and I. This is one. This is a series that I've really been looking forward to. Um, if you're not uh, familiar with the character uh, Mark Spector, he's a Jewish American rabbi's son, and uh, he was working for an African mercenary in Egypt, and they they went to an archaeological dig. They uncovered this ancient temple where. Uh, there was all these different artifacts, and then there, were, there was a um, statue of of a moon god, Kanshu. And so basically, you have the character of Bushman, who he wants to loot all the you know riches and things out of the out of this dig, and other members do not. And he ends up killing a doctor that's on the expedition with them, on the dig with them, Dr. Alron. And Spectre then says, you know, Spectre then tries to fight Bushman. And he gets his ass kicked by Bushman. And he's left out in the desert to die. And if you know anything about the desert at night, it can get into very cold, like, sub-zero temperatures. And what happens is the Egyptians that worship the god of Khonshu pick him up, carry him to their temple. He dies. And then when he's dead, kind of like a Black Panther type of thing where, where the, where the, where the Panther goes into that, that, that other world. Um, Khonshu appears to, to Mark Spector in a vision and basically says like, if you become, if you represent us, if you become our avatar on Earth, we will give you a second chance at life. And then he comes back, and what's what they've done with the character recently is they've given him... He's got multiple, like, uh, personalities. He's got uh, um, DID, the uh, it's a dissociative identity disorder. And um, he's got split personalities, so kind of think... I think that's where they're going to go with the character in this, too. So kind of think, like you know, um, split with James McAvoy. So I think that's kind of like also where they're going to go with the character in this series. But um, I think this is a very ambitious project, in my opinion. If you do go that route with a mul- like multiple personalities, you've got to really get an actor that can, that can go after this and be able to play these different characters. Um, you know, of course, like my mind went to McAvoy, but like you know, I know he played Xavier and all that stuff. I and I don't know <laughs> if he'd do this, but and I think it's a little too on the nose to try to get him. I think they will go for somebody else. But I, Jake, what are you thinking about Moon Knight, man? Yeah, this is a character I've always been a really big fan of. I think it's going to be a character that that can po- possibly be difficult to adapt. Um, how about Disney hope- Plus though? Like it. Jake, I'm thinking Disney Plus. We got we talked about Ms. Marvel earlier. Like this is going to be a teenage Pakistani American girl. It's going you know, she's going to be dealing with like you know, she's going to be reading 
about reading relationship quizzes and like girl yeah, magazines. Now we're dealing with this guy's got some dark fucking seated issues. Like this felt like it was meant for a Netflix series where you got Punisher going around shooting up people all over the goddamn place. Disney Plus, I don't know if this is a fit, man. Yeah, I I agree. And I mean, it's even in comic form, as much as I love the character, there's a reason that his solo series only lasts so long and consistently get rebooted. It's a it's a hard character to maintain. I think there's so much going on internally inside of his head, like you mentioned, with all the split personality stuff that it's a character whose past kind of gets muddied with each different writer that comes on board. And there's just so much kind of messy continuity at this point that. I don't know. Maybe on the bright side, a fresh start on a Disney Plus series could do this character a world of good, even. Because, I mean, honestly, even in the comics, I feel like they're a little bit at a loss what's going on with this character right now. Yeah, but my last attempt at reading a Moon Knight series was the Jeff Lemire stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And none of it's been necessarily bad. No, no. In the last 15 years. No. But it's just, it's like people have like a kind of a short story to tell that's interesting, mm-hmm. and then it's kind of a hard thing to build 12 more issues on top of, it seems like. Okay. I thought the Bendis Maleev stuff was very fascinating and, mm-hmm. and interesting, you know, 15 years back. Yeah. There's yeah. been some good runs, but I, I think other than the original, like, Marv Wolfman stuff, no one's ever really done the character justice and kind of had a long, healthy run, run with the character. So I don't know. Maybe the Disney Plus series is exactly what the character needs to kind of redefine the character and be able to maybe reintroduce some cool in the comic world too. I want to, I really want to see what this series is going to feel like. I want to feel, I want to know what it's going to feel like the tone of it. You know, I, when I, when I think of Disney doing this character and like, I know the origin of the character, him out in the desert and I'm thinking it's going to be a very Spielbergian kind of like Egyptian adventure and him, you know, getting these powers and them not really going into it like his whole DID, you know, his, you know, split personalities and, and, and the different gods of Kanshu and stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah. I also think of Mark Spector as kind of a douchebag, like in the way that some people didn't respond to Doctor Strange at first. I think that's a little bit of the direction they should go with Mark Spector. I don't mm. think he should be portrayed as a very inherent, likable character for quite a while yeah i yeah yeah we'll see it'll be interesting to see how they do that because i know he he's a military man he was in the military i believe he's in the marines and he's done some like golden gloves boxing or boxing and things like that so he's he's always been kind of a fighter but yeah they could definitely portray him as kind of like an asshole at the beginning right yeah, yeah, exactly. And just not wanting the whole power and everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I don't know. There's a lot of different directions they can go. Yeah. I feel like more than any of these characters, they have a little bit of loose rope to be a little bit creative with what they decide to do. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. Um, I agree, though. It may not be a good fit. Um, this is kind of one you almost have to freeze. I'm very excited to see yeah. if it's a hit or miss. If but. they would, if like, if if they would have said Moon Knight is coming to Hulu, I would have been like, oh, okay, cool, cool. Make Hulu your new Netflix destination with the great mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, 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 that that would have almost seemed 
the right place to put this series because I also thought it would be perfect for the Netflix. A, a lot of people did. They yeah. they watched a Moon Knight series on the Netflix um, Marvel you know uh, show, but it does seem unless this is. I mean, do you guys think maybe this is Disney Plus? kind of dipping a toe into the darker stuff and being like, no. let's see how this goes, and then no. we'll do more? No. I, I agree with Brian. I don't think this will be anywhere near R-rated. Um, I think they they are going to brand split when it comes to the dark tones, and yep. we probably oh, won't see too much of that on the you Disney pull, Plus. You, when you pull up the Disney interface, the Disney Plus interface, and you've got National Geographic, you've got Pixar, you've got Marvel, you've got Star Wars, you've got whatever. Hulu. When you click into that, well, Hulu's not going to be a part of this unless you buy that full package. Right? And even then, it, you'll have a separate login yeah, password. Exactly. And it won't just be on your Disney Plus menu. Right. So as soon as, but basically what they're saying is like the interface for Disney Plus is not like you're just going to like have like a home screen where you I'm imagining the home screen being you get to choose where you're going to go. You're going to go to Pixar, Disney, Disney, whatever. You're right. going to go to Marvel, you're yeah. going to go to National Greek, Neo Geo. Yeah, exactly. Once you click into Marvel, you can expect that you're going to be able to get PG thir- up to PG-13 content on that Marvel. I, I don't think they're going to be going anywhere close to the R-rated stuff that we saw in the Netflix series. And yes, the Netflix stuff was super violent, did have R-rated content. First, first season of Jessica Jones, you had a character going down on another character. Mm-hmm. You had dude, You had dude going straight up like eating that pussy in that first fucking season. <laughs> I'm not, right. dude, dude was under the covers. You know what he was doing? He was fucking, he was giving her the full fratelli, you know? I forgot, with the, the bulk, like the bulk package though, like with the Disney, Hulu, is it Disney, Hulu, ESPN, right? Like It's Disney, hold on, it's Disney, Hulu, ESPN Plus. It's not ESPN, it's ESPN Plus. And okay. when you buy it for that price, it's the same price if you were to buy Hulu separately with ads and then Disney Plus. And they throw – and like a lot of people are getting so excited about this because they get e- – they think they're getting ESPN with it. You're getting ESPN Plus, which is not ESPN, people. Uh. Yeah, and there's also – you also only get one Hulu login if you get it in the bundle package. I, I read a real detailed article about this. Hmm. So even though – They've gone on and on about how you get separate, you know, four different streams and seven different accounts on the Disney Plus. If you bundle it with Hulu Plus, you get one login, one stream on that yeah. Hulu Plus, and it's the commercial version. And the bundle uh-huh. has no room to upgrade, so you're stuck with that. It's better to buy them separate then. At that point, yeah, yeah. I agree. I'm not a sports guy, so the thought of free ESPN Plus doesn't really do much for me. So. It's, it's, it's not worth, it's not worth it to, if it was ESPN, like, that's a good deal for people. That is a good deal, but if it's ESPN Plus, that's stupid. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Real quick point of note about the whole Moon Knight thing. Yeah. It, to me, it was noticeable that they weren't as brazen as they were with, uh, Ms. Marvel and announcing that this character would for sure potentially be part of future MCU movie projects. Good point. Hmm. What does that, does that mean that Moon Knight, 
depending on the popularity of the character, might just be relegated to the Disney Plus series. Yeah, that's what I was wondering if, if you guys yeah. read that at all from the lack of bringing that note up for our other two announced character series. Yeah, I think I think it all comes. I think a lot of these really come down to like popularity of these characters. Uh, agreed. Money yeah. money talks, right? If yeah. fucking it's hashtag Moon Knight is the number one trending thing right. every time a new episode airs for the entire hour. Yeah. Then yes, we're making this motherfucker an Avenger in three years. I mean, you know what's crazy? It's like we're we're gonna get to the day where Marvel has run out of actors to go through. Because they've hired. When are we going to get to the day they've run out of characters to adapt? <laughs> That'll never happen because we still haven't gotten Stilt Man, right? So, yeah, yeah. Squirrel Girl, where are you? Oh, what happened to that Freeform series, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Kind of what happened to it? Yeah, we were supposed to get the new Warriors. D- didn't yeah. they cast somebody as Squirrel Girl, mm-hmm. or was that fan casting? Yeah, no, yeah. no, they did. It was, yeah. was casting. The- yeah, it was the actress who was in those, um, she was in commercials for, I forget what now, um, oh, fuck. And she was in, like, um, cell phone commercials, I think. And they had made an announcement that she was cast as Squirrel Girl. And then, like, nothing happened. Yeah, free, I don't know what happened with the whole deal with Freeform. Uh, Freeform they still did do that it. with ABC, though. Like, ABC had a couple of shows that they were going yeah. to make, and then, um, they actually shot a pilot for Most Wanted, mm. Marvel's Most Wanted, mm-hmm. and, um, Shot a pilot. I don't know what I don't, and I don't know why. But for whatever reason, they were yeah. like, "Yeah, we're actually not going to make this show." Hey, listen, hey June, listen to this. Fox shot a whole movie called New Mutants. <laughs> yeah, check this out. No, I'm, I know I'm blowing. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Fox shot a whole. I saw the poster two years ago. <laughs> I know. They, listen, I I saw that poster in the hallway, in the theater. Now listen to this. I saw the trailer. Before I watched a movie, and guess what? They cast they cast one of the kids from Stranger Things in this movie. They cast that girl, that little badass Stark, that little badass Stark from Game of Thrones. Yeah. She's in that fucking movie. They uh-huh. fucking they shot a whole movie and it's not out there. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that nuts? Uh-huh. I got. I remember seeing the poster two years ago in the theater. It, fucking a! That's crazy, isn't it? It's crazy. I want I want to buy one of those posters, right? Isn't that cool? Yeah, right. Isn't that I cool? Mean, those, those movies that you saw the trailer before, like airing on TNT already, you know? Yeah, I I remember talking about the trailer on I think this show. I remember us you might have been on that episode. It. Yeah. I remember us talking about the poster. Even I would still like, like to see Anya Taylor. Was it as it Anya Taylor Joy? The actor that's oh, yeah, playing yeah. Magic, I would still like to see her yeah. as Magic, but I'd like to see what Feige does with the character. I want to, yeah. I want to make her, I want to make her look like she does in the comics. I don't want this fucking, I don't want this fucking like, oh, we're gonna fucking play off the popularity of it, shit, and yeah. make this a yeah. horror yeah. thing. Like Jake, I, I understand where you were coming from. Like you were high on it. Like you love, and you still are high on it, and you're really looking forward to the sequel. And this trailer was just like, we're taking X-Men characters with these powers, putting them in a mental hospital, teenagers. And, dude, that, that's it's a fucked production. Because I think, like, they filmed it as PG-13. It came out, exploded, and they're like, all right, everybody come back. We're going we're gonna to do this R now. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. They, like, like, I think if day, I think day one... If they would have been like, we're going to do New Mutants, we're going to go Logan, we're going to go It with this shit, 
they were fuck they were fucking reactive, very reactive to the it. It was the it thing at the time. Like it was huge. It was like the biggest October, excuse me, biggest September horror movie release of all time. Yeah, isn't it the biggest one of the biggest R-rated movies of all time? It is. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I, they were reacting to that and they got really caught up in that. They filmed it PG-13. They came back for reshoots. Um, they were supposed to, did they come back for reshoots or did they did come back for reshoots and they were supposed yes. to come back for more reshoots, but everybody's aged so much. Yeah, exactly. Like the girl with Aria, I mean, she, in two years, she uh-huh. looks completely different. I know. It's crazy. It's crazy. I don't know. Jake, are, hey, Rebecca, June, Jake, we, are we ever going to see this new mutants movie? Is it ever, I think we're going to see it within the next five years. It'll come out somehow, somehow. I- I think we'll see it. It'll probably Disney will probably like put it on Hulu. I think it's yeah, which I think a Hulu is just, release. I, I get it. They don't want to put it in the theater for a theatrical release at this point because I, I think it's gonna make like embarrassingly little amount of money, but put mm-hmm. it on Hulu. You could sell advertising. Like I think make- <laughs> just, just stick it on Hulu. I just want to see it at this point. Like, I think that they're going to put I'm so curious. I'm so curious. I think they're going to put it on ESPN Plus. <laughs> like, one, like one moment you're oh, watching. Man, I should have got that fucking bundle. Yeah, dude. Oh, exactly. Now, Jake. That's what they're trying to teach you a lesson. They're trying to like, <laughs> like all of a sudden, like, you know, like you're watching fucking like one of the Williams sisters fucking in a tennis match. You're watching some highlights of their shit. Next minute, like unbeknownst to you and everyone else in the world, New Mutants. <laughs> world premiere. World premiere. New Mutants. Like and like all, like you're on Twitter and like you're seeing like you know you fucking uh, thirty minutes and the New Mutants on ESPN Plus. You know, like people like like what's going on? Like what's going on? I'm surprised at this point Disney doesn't release it as like a uh, propaganda cautionary tale film. Like, look, fanboys, th- this is why we bought Fox. Look what they were doing. <laughs> I think, like, <laughs> you know, to try to smear another tale. studio. What I think I'm is waiting for them to like wait five years. They're going to wait a long time, and then they're going to put it on Hulu, but pretend like this is brand new. This thing you've never heard of. I think, like, I think, like, uh, <laughs> I think people are too preoccupied with other things to really care about. Like, you know, like you don't really see like people like on the internet chanting like hey, "release new mutants." Like, like nobody gives a real, like a like a flying fuck. People, people are too preoccupied like with what's what's going on at Area Fifty One. They're they're planning on fucking doing like their Naruto run <laughs> towards Area Fifty One and fucking you know like we're gonna charge Area Fifty One. And then you got everybody else who's concerned about like releasing the Snyder cut. Like everybody wants the Snyder cut of the fucking Justice. Like, nobody gives. It's, everybody's too preoccupied with other things. So like I think. Like, once this fucking, like, Area 51 stuff is done, it's gone. Like, everybody, like, you know, a month from now when, like, this whole thing just falls out and all these people are fucking shot and killed on their way (laughs) into Area 51, which, you know, whatever. Like, you know, hey, you know. But then, and then, like, once the Snyder Cut, like, nothing happens with that and people finally give up on that, maybe people will give a fuck about this New Mutants movie and, like, hashtag release New Mutants. But I think everybody everybody's too caught up in the Snyder cut and in in this Area Fifty One, and it it and leaves Spider-Man. no and Spider Man. It leaves no room for people giving a fuck about this new mutants movie. You know, I agree with that logic. <laughs> 
<laughs> or maybe it's just no one gave a fuck about it in the first place. Yeah, let's it guys, didn't, didn't need excuses. Let's take a break. Let's take. You want to take a break? Sure. Okay, hold on. We'll finish yeah. with this. We'll finish with this with the Marvel stuff. Then we'll jump into the Star Wars stuff. Um, Game of Thrones star Kit Harrington is going to be joining the MCU. Um, we find out he's going to be Black Knight in the Eternals movie. Um, definitely typecasting this guy in like these medieval roles, that aren't made we? Me laugh. Right? Yeah. Me too. Jake, yeah, you I posted. We dodged a bullet. <laughs> was that you that posted that? I don't think so. No, that was somebody else. But oh, I, I, I know okay. Yeah, Hashtag throw June from the episode. Right? <laughs> get there it. were people that had, were fan casting Kit Harrington as uh, Wolverine. Wolverine. Everybody was doing the yeah, Wolverine. Yeah, and then and then the the person who posted that was not a fan of the of Wolverine being played by Kit Harrington, but it's definitely typecasting. I mean, Black Knight, he's fighting someone named Cersei. I mean, come on. Well, like, so is so is Kit Harrington. Kit Harrington is a he's a shorter guy and so Wolverine in the comics is shorter, so it's like, yeah, let's get him as as Wolverine. I I don't think that he has the chops to play Wolverine. No. So. No, maybe maybe one day, but not right now. Yeah, maybe never day. Oh, I think he'd be a fine Wolverine. <laughs> I think he's he, a fine actor. I think in the future he could work up to it, but I like today, you know, 2019 right now. No, I don't think he could play Wolverine. Jake, I think you can I make him I I think you can make him look pull off an American I don't think pull off an American accent very well. Um, I think yeah. you can well, he's Canadian first off, June. Wolverine's Canadian. Kit Harrington? No, Wolverine is Canadian. Oh. Okay, well, I don't think you can give him a North American accent. Yeah. I think I think he could rock some a boot. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, I'm. What I'm saying is like, um, I think that you could make Kit Harrington. You could make him look like Wolverine. I and I think he's a good enough actor. I I just that's not my pick for Wolverine. Like if you're gonna, I don't know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't do it. Yeah, I ship it. I wouldn't do it. Well, you sh- you ship Daniel Radcliffe too. I'm like, if I fucking threw out like fucking Jaleel White Urkel as fucking Wolverine, no, you'd sign off on that shit. I fucking Dustin Diamond Screech is that shit. Fucking pasta. You put Kit Harrington and Daniel Radcliffe in the same camp as those two guys? Come on now, get out of here. What the fuck? You just said you. Both of those guys are fucking two guys that fucking aren't fucking Wolverine. They they're definitely they're not Jaleel White though. And <laughs> oh come on, that was a fucking joke. I know, I know, I know. I, I, I don't know. honestly. I honestly think that Jaleel White would fucking beat Daniel Radcliffe in an arm wrestling contest. <laughs> Easily, <laughs> easily. I guarantee you, fucking possibly, Harry Potter. Possibly. Harry Potter ain't fucking out busting no over the top guns and fucking putting down Jaleel White. I think he'd fucking. I think if anybody's flipping that hat backwards and turning into Stefan, it's fucking Jaleel <laughs> White, and he's putting fucking Harry Potter on his fucking ass. I haven't <laughs> seen a tale of the tape on Jaleel White for for a while, dude. If they did celebrity boxing and it was fucking, it was Daniel Radcliffe versus Jaleel White. I'm saying Jaleel White's bouncing around that fucking ring and knocking fucking uh, Harry Potter on his ass. I'm saying Urkel's putting him out in fucking two rounds. Well, I'm sure 
in a real fight, sure. In a real fight, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what realism has to do with playing fake superheroes, but I'll concede to that. Yeah. I'm just saying, well, I, I, okay. Basically, I was just saying the guys that you've been picking for Wolverine are pussies. Is what Hugh I'm Jackman saying. Jackman sings fucking in Les, man. He he's in fucking multiple musicals. But he's jacked. He's jacked as fuck. He's jacked <laughs> as fuck. Dinner That's like no. Your choices like are queen. like your choices are like uh, picking like uh, fucking. Um, like, I'm trying to think here. I'm trying to think here. Like if you were gonna pick. Um, Oh, we need to pick somebody to play the blob in an X-Men movie. And you're like, oh, okay. How about Doug Jones? I, I don't, I don't see the comparison. I totally do. You're picking Kid Harrington is not a scrawny, like a little tiny guy. Like he's scrawny. not fucking, he's not fucking jacked either. You're not picking, like, first off, Daniel Wolverine, like, have to have upper body like the Hulk or whatever. He's like, five foot three on? in the comics, but he's got, he's got kind of a physique. He's, he's not lanky. He's definitely not, like, not like a lanky guy. And Kid Harrington is not, He's, it's not like Kit Harrington is built like Wolverine. Like the Wolverine fucking, the guy from, who, who did they cast? Who, who was the fan casting of Wolverine back in the day that they had? It was the guy from, uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Like that's a better Bob, casting. Bob Hoskins. Bob Hoskins is a better fucking Wolverine than fucking Kit Harrington or fucking Daniel Radcliffe. Mm, I guess. I don't know. I'm just. Agree to disagree. I don't know. I, I guess I've been spoiled on the. I, I mean, I, I don't think that we have to go necessarily comic book accurate as far as physicality goes, since I think Hugh Jackman kind of broke that mold, and so I think like it's it's totally fine for me if they got they go with a guy who's like five nine and up to be Wolverine. I'm totally fine with that. <laughs> You're fine with the height. You don't care if they break the height, but God forbid they break the width. Oh god, no, yeah, he's always been kind of like a, a stockier type of guy. He doesn't have to be necessarily like 100% like defined muscular wise. Like Hugh Jackman really never had to do that to be quite honest with you. It's like we no. saw the same transformation of his Wolverine that we saw Sylvester Stallone do with the Rocky character. Like if you watch like the first Rocky, he's like, he's muscular, but he's not so like dehydrated and ripped and defined. And you see that later on throughout the series of movies. And you saw the same thing with Wolverine. Go back and watch X-Men 1. He's not, like, ripped like that. He's not, like, yeah, as far yeah. as, like, uh, the veins and the, 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 the vascularity of his character, like, veins popping everywhere. I've never associated that with Wolverine 100%, Jake. But I, I don't know. I'm not, like, when you say Kit Harrington and Daniel Radcliffe Wolverine... It's laughable to me. It's fucking laughable to me. I want to see, like, back in the day, like, my fan casting was, like, when you watch the movie Warrior with Tom Hardy, the way, he, like, he was just so stocky and jacked. His trapezius muscles were, like, fucking bursting through his fucking shoulders. I was like, that's a stocky motherfucker that can act, that could play Wolverine. That's the kind of guy that I want to see fucking adamantium claws pop out of. I mean, the only thing I want to see fucking Daniel Radcliffe holding is fucking a wand, not fucking claws coming out of his goddamn hands. I don't, it, Kid Harrington's better. 
It's he's better, Jake. I would like. Yeah, I like Radcliffe more than Kit Harrington, but no. I like them both quite a lot. Oh, you you make me sick right now. I want to throw Jake from the train. I would take <laughs> I would take Harrington over fucking Radcliffe, dude. Yeah, I would cheer for either, but I still like Radcliffe. I more. do want to see Radcliffe in the uh, Guns Akimbo movie, though the Battle Royale. I would. I do. And the thing is, like, what's funny about that movie is they cast him as a character that has. A handicap in that because he's a pussy in that Guns of Kimbo movie. And so, like, I don't want to see him cast as Wolverine. <laughs> I am sorry. I want to see a badass Wolverine. Yeah, well, the current Wolverine fucking mistreats circus animals, so he's got that going for him, too, right? What happened? <laughs> what are you talking about? He's a, he's in a movie where he plays fucking P.T. Barnum. Oh, The Greatest Showman or whatever? Y- yeah, yeah. I don't want, I didn't watch that. So, well, I just don't understand what what he plays in that movie. I, I don't know. I just don't get the typecasting that you've given Daniel Radcliffe, I guess. I don't have that typecasting for him. Physicality. It's the physicality of the character. It's like casting, I don't know, like... It's like casting a twig as like Superman. Like it just doesn't, it doesn't fit. Radcliffe as Wolverine just doesn't fit. Like he doesn't fit as a, like that, like the mysterious guy sitting at the bar that you don't want to, like if you fuck with him, like you, you don't, I don't see Radcliffe as that guy. Like that guy in the corner smoking that fucking cigar. That, you know, truckers might fuck with, and then all of a sudden, like, next thing you know, he's popping out claws and cutting you up, slicing you up, fucking you up. That's not, not Daniel Radcliffe. Not Daniel Radcliffe. I, 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 like, we'll just go around in circles on this one. I would rather see Danny McBride as Wolverine than Daniel Radcliffe. Oh, if we're going to go with Danny. I'll stay home for that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I already don't want. I mean, you already know my opinion on the whole Wolverine of it all. Anyway. Oh, I know, I know. You don't want Wolverine for another decade or whatever. I know. Yeah, I don't even want it in the first place. I agree to give it to you're you. One you know, you're, one tight you're one of those. You're one of those. Old boring shit. You're one of those. Everybody, can we, can we put him on the shelf for a little bit? I know, everybody. Like, Please no. put him on the shelf for a little bit. Hey, my God damn it! It's like Marvel's never. Marvel Studios never had control of the character. You've never been able to see what, like, now you got Feige. You got Feige, who's like the Michael Jordan of fucking producers. And he's he's in charge of this shit now. And so you're telling him to, like, bench Wolverine? It's like, what the yes, fuck? Yes, let someone else that's be like, the fucking focal point of the that's like the two thousand. That's like the 2000 Lakers benching Kobe Bryant. It makes no sense to me. You bench Kobe Bryant. You got you got the best coach in the league. You got you got fucking. Oh my god. Yeah, you bench him when he's been playing for fifteen plus years, though. Ah, oh, it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. You got you got you got you got Coach Jackson. You got the best coach in the league. You got the best coach in the league, and you're gonna bench Kobe Bryant. It's crazy, and it just doesn't make sense to me. I, was, I agree. I, was, I agree. Money, money will make them do the bullshit. Ah, oh, no, it's not. It's never been about money with Feige, right? The whole Spider-Man thing was never about money, Jake. You know, we found that <laughs> out. They this told week. us. They told the story that they wanted to tell. They, they, yeah, yeah, Brian, we got so a beginning, a middle, and an end. So, mm-hmm. stop yeah, it. this is not the never-ending story. They, they, they had a finite, finite time with Spider-Man. Thank you, Spider-Man. <laughs> they hey, always knew. We're done. All right, we told our story. Yeah, 
<laughs> at the end of at the end of Far From Home and the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe found out that he was Spider Man, they were like, eh, we're gonna end it here. <laughs> yeah, we're done. We told the story we wanted to and tell. Take a bow. <laughs> but you know, remember how like one of the I guess uh before the movie came out, I think there was like a rumor that MJ was actually Nick Fury's like niece or something. I, I reported like, on that, yeah. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying though. When you, I remember you guys saying that. I remember going, oh my God, please, like, I, I don't want that to be like the big twist in this. And I'm glad it wasn't. But can you imagine if that actually was the big twist and then this happens? Can you imagine if she also lost her eye in Far From Home and then in the next movie had a fucking eye <laughs> patch? they'd have matching eye patches. I would like love – Oh, my God. I would love to see Zendaya with a fucking eye patch in all the future Marvel movies. Like yes. the fucking black eye patch that fucking Nick Hilarious. Fury wears. <laughs> Just like Uncle Fury. <laughs> be amazing. That, and like – oh, and she shaves her head too. She's like, fuck it. She's like, fuck it. If I got to wear this goddamn eye patch, you know, fuck it. That'd be amazing. Every now and again, the eye patch is on the wrong eye. You know how that goes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hey, let's take, a, let's, take, let's take a break. Let's take a break. All right. Yeah, Kit Harrington. We'll do that, too. Kit Harrington's playing the Black Knight. We didn't really talk about that. <laughs> Gemma, Gemma, enough. Hey, How boring of casting can you have? Gemma Chan not playing her character from Captain Marvel. She's not playing Doctor Minerva. She's playing Cersei. So she's been she's going to be two char- two different characters now in the in, the, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I That's think wild. I think it's kind of cool. I think it's kind of cool. I'm a big fan of Gemma Chan. Loved her in Humans on AMC. I think it's a fantastic show. I think she's a fantastic actor. I was happy to see her join the MCU. Had a small role. As Doctor Minerva in Captain Marvel, but yeah, they did she, Minerva dirty. She had, yeah, real. I mean, I mean, was she really a doctor? Like we don't, you know what I mean? No, they did Minerva dirty. They Minerva's did. always been one of my favorite, yeah. like D characters in the Marvel universe, and that hurt me. Yeah. Oh. So now, now she's going to be playing Cersei in this, and I think this will be a meteor role for her going forward. Her stock is just like skyrocketed. I think. You know, she did the Fantastic Beasts movie, that first one, and I think she's starting to get some more, starting to get a lot more work. I, I, I think it's crazy really, rotations. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, crazy rotations. You know who I was thinking like who I want to see as uh, Namor is Henry Golding from Crazy Rich Asians. I love him. I love him. Well, That's a good casting. I think he'd be a really good Namor going forward. So I think that that would be a good get for the MCU. Makes sense for me. So, Jake would probably, who would you want his name or fucking, uh, what's it, Dr. Ken? Would you want him? Uh, who is that? <laughs> fucking Dr. Ken. Ken Jong. Ken, Ken Jong from fucking The Hangover, the naked guy that jumps oh, out of the trunk. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, your name or? Yeah. Oh, man, I can imagine that yeah. first appearance. That'd be pretty great. Jake, Jake is just like, I, I just want, I want the badass characters that are badass to be portrayed by fucking Human. Daniel Radcliffe and Kit Harrington are fucking badass, <laughs> dude. They are what the fuck no. Are you talking about, dude. Stop it, stop it. They are not. Stop it, stop it. <laughs> They're badass. They are not, Jake. If you think oh, that those man. guys, if those are your, if those are like your masculinity, like goals, like if you fucking like, if this was like, if the, if I was like, if we were on Oprah right now and she was like had that secret lady on and she was like put up your vision board and you were like this is the man I want to be and you throw up those two, I'm like dude, 
welcome to Vaginaville, dude. Because, like, those are not... Dude, you got it. Fucking... You... Dude, real men? Like, you're throwing up... <laughs> dude, you're throwing up pictures. And you want to throw up pictures of real men? You want to throw up pictures of uh, fucking, like, Dwayne Johnson? You know what I mean? Fucking... Uh, I don't know what you mean. Fuck Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> His last name is a fucking penis, dude. That's what I'm talking about. Dwayne yeah. Johnson. His last name is a fucking dick, dude. His fucking last name just says, I have a dick. I'm a man. <laughs> fucking, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> Dwayne Johnson. You know, and then like, you know, Sylvester Stallone. That's a, that's a fucking man he was in porn jake that's how much of a man he was he was like i'm gonna you know what here you know i'm gonna here's my penis this is what he sure does Kit harrington and dana radcliffe are getting laid i'm sure they are getting laid 100 percent. yeah but i'm just saying i'm just saying when it comes down to masculinity you've got you're looking at it all wrong like i'm i'm, I'm you're looking at it all wrong dude like I don't know. I don't know. What I you're... guess, man. I would say the same for you. <laughs> <laughs> we have different. We have different man goals, don't we? <laughs> man goals. <laughs> like, like, like. <laughs> We're looking at it from different man goals. <laughs> Oh, fuck. I got a piss. Let's take that. All right, let's take that break. Hey, Rebecca, how you doing? I'm great. <laughs> I'm fu- ready for that break, though. It fucked up, isn't it? A little bit. This shit's a, fucked a, up. A little bit. Although, I do like the idea of Jake being on Oprah. I have to say, <laughs> I, I would watch that episode. Jake's- oh, my God. I would totally see you guys on Oprah with a stage with your dream board. Like, yeah. in Oprah. Oh. that. Oh, man. <laughs> I would have Stallone and The Rock on there, and then Jake would have... <laughs> Jake would have the cast of the Big Bang Theory on his. <laughs> oh, come on. Don't love me with the thing I fucking hate. Oh, oh, Sheldon, with your massive fucking penis. Oh, you are the epitome. You're, you're, you're such a man. Oh, Raj, you're such a stud. I couldn't even name another character besides Sheldon. <laughs> Let's take a break, guys. We'll be right back. program everybody how you doing hey welcome back welcome back welcome jake me and you on oprah that'd be good stuff wouldn't it oh yeah yeah is oprah does oprah still have a show i'm out of that loop i don't know does she she's still doing something on the the o network which i thought was the orgasm network and i was disappointed (laughs) when i went to it (laughs) i bet i bet i don't think 
think she has like a show. I think she produces stuff on that network, but I don't think she has a show. Yeah. No, she'll do specials. Like she did the one for the Michael Jackson documentary. We do not talk about that documentary. No, I'm just saying like she she does like <laughs> random specials about certain projects. Like she did one yeah. for um when they see us. Hey Jake, I got a casting for you. When they see us. What a great fucking series. Oh, it's wonderful. But she have you seen the Oprah? Like the she did like a special. No oh, for when they see on us? Huh, oh, I didn't mm-hmm. see that. I have to check that out. Yeah, it's on Netflix. Yeah, it's on Netflix. Yeah. Jake, here, here here's my casting for Wolverine. You might you you're gonna love it. Michael oh, no. Michael Sierra. It's okay. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. It's, it's the wor- it's the worst of, of No. You know. Better than Jill Little White, I, better than Sheldon. I thought you not might not as good as Kate Harrington. I thought you might good. like it, man. I was trying to hold on. And at Colossus we could get uh, Jesse Eisenberg to spray him with some silver paint and throw him out there. <laughs> some fucking Yeah, I don't want Wolverine to be I don't want Wolverine to be like funny and cheeky. I I don't think Kate Harrington or Daniel Radcliffe would make that happen. No, no, man. Just pay homage to the character. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Those are some fantastic choices. Um, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm terrible. I, I, I was, guys, you gotta, I was raised 80s, 90s. Jake, you were too. But I was, I was like into those manly, manly men playing, you know, badasses and shit like that. And maybe I, maybe I need to get myself out of that thinking. Like, you know, I need to, I need to change the way I feel about masculinity in men. You know what I mean? And just start, we'll give it out to the guy's name, Kit. You know? I mean, that's, that's our Wolverine. There's a man named, there's a man named, my name is Kit. You know? I mean, the other Wolverine's name was Hugh. <laughs> what do you want? Oh, but his last name is Jack Man. <laughs> Right? <laughs> it's a solid point. I think, I think you might have finally won this argument. And if you want to call him, if you want to call him huge Jack man, you can. I'm just saying. <laughs> oh, Jake, I love you, man. I love you. Don't ever forget that. I love. Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm zero percent offended. I love going round and round. It's funny, guys. We got an Obi Wan movie, conf- uh, not Obi Wan movie, but an Obi Wan series on Disney Plus confirmed now. Yay! Yeah, so excited. Yeah. Mm. I'm thinking they should cast a Smurf as Obi Wan Kenobi at this point, right? <laughs> 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 Fucking. Maybe we can get Jake Lloyd. Maybe we can get Jokey Smurf in there. <laughs> so we. We know this movie is going to be set in between. I, this series is going to be set probably in between episodes three and four, based on uh, his age now. So there's 19 years in between episodes three and four. Some of those stories have been told through Star Wars Rebels and some of the other, you know, written uh, canon stuff that has come out. But um, yeah, we're getting the series. No plot details have been given. There's been given no official title to the series at all. I would happen to imagine it would just be strictly called Kenobi, but who knows? It could be called anything at this point. We don't know. But, uh, yeah, um, who knows if it's just going to be set on Tatooine. I think a lot of it will be set on Tatooine. I was hearing it's going to be set 11. Uh, rumor was 11 years before A New Hope, which would make Luke six years old. He was 17, I believe, when we met him in... A New Hope. Okay, gosh, I didn't even think about the possibility of seeing a uh, 
like six to eight year old Luke Skywalker. Well, he's protecting him. I don't think he's going to come into contact with him, but there might be times in this show where, you know, somebody actually finds out about the whereabouts of a Luke Skywalker and goes to kill him and he actually stops them. You know, he, yeah, I don't think it would be necessarily against canon to have a few contacts either because Luke does seem to acknowledge he knows who the crazy old hermit, you know, Kenobi old is. So. Yeah, he, yeah, he's heard of him, but he's I don't think like they've ever met. Right. OK. OK. Yeah. So but I mean, maybe he met him with his hood up or some shit. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be interesting to kind of see how he gained the notoriety that that Luke at least already has in A New Hope. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you and McGregor are very excited to return oh, to so this so excited. I, I don't care what the show is about. I've, I've had a crush on you, McGregor, since the 90s. Like, I don't care where the show takes place or what it's about. We have you and McGregor. What if they mix it with and- train spotting, though, and he's fucking doing heroin? What if you got? I mean, a, what if you got Obi Wan Kenobi fucking doing heroin? Yeah, like they like they'd let any Star Wars character go even point eight percent off character type like that. Well, I'm just they, saying they would fire anyone that suggested the idea. Fucking him and Jawas smoking fucking meth and shit, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I just love you, McGregor. I'm just so excited for this. Yeah. So I can't yeah. wait. I cannot wait. Yeah, I mean, I, I I love me some prequels. Um, this is the closest we've gotten to you know Disney Star Wars prequel love. I mean, we're straight up having a series with one of the lead actors from the prequels, you know, reprising his role. Yeah, yeah. I'm super pumped for this. Question for you and everyone on the panel tonight: Chances of Liam Neeson Force Ghost appearing in Obi Wan Kenobi series? Rebecca, go. I don't think he'd do it. Personally, uh, so I don't think we have a chance of seeing it. June, I'm going to give it a 75 percent chance because we never thought we'd get Harrison Ford back in Star Wars, and we did. Jake, I'm going to give it a 95 percent chance. I think he needs some image help. Yes, true. I think he would be willing (laughs) to uh, very possibly do this and have people, you know, think fondly of him again. Yeah, I'm leaning towards we will definitely see a Liam Neeson Force Ghost show up somewhere in this series. It'll be interesting. We'll see. Uh, Mandalorian trailer came out. Any any final thoughts about Obi-Wan Kenobi? I mean, it's really hard to say anything more about this since no plot details have been given and there's no official title. But um, I believe that it's going to take place in those 19 years between 3 and 4. Um, mm. I, I'm not yeah. saying that I love the logo. The logo had that awesome classic, like Star Wars circle. Yeah. Around it mm-hmm. Is oh, that the, that's the oh, logo? Sorry. But is that the official title to the series? It I should it be. Okay. I, I I hope they just call it Kenobi, like what they did with the Picard series. I think yeah. you should just call it Kenobi because have, yeah. that's it. Don't go. That's all you need to know. People have been asking for this for ages, so just call it Kenobi and. Don't don't add anything to it. Yeah, Mandalorian trailer, guys. Uh, this came out. Um, first off, I just want to know your thoughts on the trailer itself, and I want you to rate it. So I'm going to be guys. I haven't played a single bumper this entire episode. It's been a completely different episode. So I'm going to play our rating system. 
The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. Mandalorian trailer came out. What did you think about the trailer itself? And then if you want to rate it, go ahead. Uh, I will start with June. Um, I'm gonna Tupperware this, and I'll be honest, I don't, I like, I love Star Wars, but I, I'm really only limited to the movies themselves. I, I've never read any of the novels, um, or I've re- not watched any of the shows, like the Clone Wars or Rebels or anything like that, so I don't really know who the Mandalorians are, I'll be honest with you, but I will Tupperware this trailer because it looks phenomenal. I mean, this is movie quality. They've definitely, I mean, you guys were right the whole time. They put a lot of money into this. They want this to be a success. So um, I'm very intrigued. Again, like it's, I don't know what this story will entail um, or what part of the universe we're going to be in, but I am very intrigued and I'm very excited for it. Rebecca, thoughts on the Mandalorian trailer? Yeah. Um, so for me, I, I've never been like a huge fan of like Boba Fett. Um, I know is, like that's this is not Boba Fett. No, I know, I know, but like the lore of like the Mandalorians and all that stuff. Boba Fett I, is not a Mandalorian. But the armor is, right? The armor's Mandalorian, but Boba Fett is not Mandalorian. People okay. always confuse that. I just gotcha. wanted to Okay, well then you're absolutely right. I had that all wrong. Um Boba Fett, we met him in the Clone Wars and he was a clone. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. Um I I guess for me, like I associated this a lot with Boba Fett in my head, as you can see. And so it was not something that I was like, oh, man, I totally have to watch this. So I was always kind of lukewarm on this idea, but I did see the trailer and I have to agree with June. It does look cinematic. It looks like it's a movie trailer for the cinema, not for a streaming service for TV. Um, It got me excited for a show that I was not terribly excited about. So I'm also going to Tupperware. I don't know how I'll feel when I watch the actual show, but this trailer got me excited for something that I wasn't terribly excited about. So it definitely did its job. Jake. Yeah, it was a Tupperware for me. Like, even kind of pretty much seeing what we'd already, like, read descriptions of and not really being necessarily surprised by any of the imagery I was seeing, I I was still just kind of knocked off my socks. Like, they couldn't have, you know, said more. They kept telling us how gritty it was going to be, how classic trilogy it was going to feel. And, boy, they they couldn't have been more right about that. Like, it just really felt like it belonged right there in that 4, 5, 6 era. And... Oh man, I'm super excited for this. I cheered when we saw what I, at first I thought was, you know, IG-88, but then after the research, is it IG-11? It's IG-11 and it's, it's not IG-88. Some outlets are still reporting that it's IG-88, which I am blown away by. Jason Ward from MakingStarWars.net for the last year has been telling us it's IG-11. IG-11 is going to be voiced by Taika Watiti. Uh, the director for the Thor Ragnarok film. He's also, you know, um, uh, directing the uh, Jojo Rabbit. He was also the voice of Korg in Thor Ragnarok. He is going to be voicing IG-11. Yeah, so I, I thought that was really cool to just to see that character. I mean, if, even if it's not IG-88, it was close enough seeing that 
that character doing something instead of just standing there just got me really excited. You know, that spinning around shooting yeah. scene. Yeah. I thought just that last scene, like that standoff shoot 'em up scene at the end just got me so excited for kind of the feel of the show. Uh, I cannot wait for this show. This feels like real event TV. I'll start off. I was going to say this, Tupper, this uh, trailer was a Tupperware. Um, I, what I really loved about this was the action that we saw in this. Um, a lot of things lined up with the footage that uh, people got to see back at San Diego Comic Con, which I'm actually we're gonna I'm gonna break down the trailer, but I'm also going to like some of those scenes in the trailer that we saw were backed up by additional scenes that were shown at San Diego Comic-Con. So I'm going to kind of flesh out individual scenes that we saw in this trailer with some of the knowledge that we found out from the trailer, the footage, excuse me, that was shown at San Diego Comic-Con when I do this trailer breakdown. But I also want to point out in this that I absolutely loved is we all love the Mandalorian. This is a character where like everybody for years has been saying, yeah, Boba Fett sucks. He looks cool, but he really does nothing. This entire fucking trailer, this trailer, this character does some pretty awesome stuff, but we never see his face. We never see Pedro Pascal's face in the trailer, not once. And I thought that this was one of the boldest and coolest moves that Lucasfilm decided to do by releasing this trailer. It added to the mystery of the character, and it also kind of like prove to people that you can do stuff that's cool with characters without seeing their faces just like Boba Fett. Yeah, you can say Boba Fett just looks cool, but that's what I actually never understood about Boba Fett. Like I really like I mean, I do I love all the Star Wars movies, but like I never got like what like growing up, all like the kids I went to high school with, all, especially the boys that I went to high school with, they were obsessed with Boba Fett. I think that a lot of it is might might be that they've read a lot of the EU stuff, the extended universe. You know. Okay, because I just didn't, and then you know I watched the movies, and then I mean I watched the prequels, and I was like, I still don't really understand like why Boba Fett is so awesome. He looks cool, and the I mean he yeah. he does he looks cool, you know like that's the same thing with fucking Phasma. I mean they did they they basically Boba Fetted the fuck out of her, right? So. Yeah, yeah. His toy fucking choke children. Yeah, That'd well, cool. it never released to choke children. They they were only <laughs> Jake. There were only prototypes oh, made. Okay, okay, they never officially released the missile firing Boba Fett. <laughs> no kids were harmed. Yeah, <laughs> my brother in law. His brother has one of the largest Star Wars collections. Jake, I, like seriously, like he knows. Like, remember the the guy was that was on the Toy Hunter show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jordan Pembro, like he know he personally knows Jordan Pembro. Has spent time with Jordan Pembro and his wife. Like that's how, how big of a Star Wars toy collector that this guy is. So yeah, that's awesome. Does he have one of the prototypes? No, he has. He has tried to bid on them before, but like the people keep raising the price on him. He has tried to get his hands on one. So yeah, but anyway, like one of these days, I'm gonna have to fucking go over and like uh, fuck one of these days i'm gonna have you come with me and we're gonna uh, we'll check out his collection together yeah dude that'd be fucking sweet yeah he's got a legit collection it's i'm not even shitting you let's break down this trailer so at the beginning of the trailer we see stormtrooper helmets that are laying on the desert sand and these are stormtrooper helmets that are not shiny and new they 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 look faded worn there's yellow stains on them from like the desert we actually see blood stains on a couple of these 
And so this show, with it being set after, you know, um, Return of the Jedi, this is after Luke has overthrown the Emperor. So stormtroopers on this planet might not... Like, this is basically, like, we see stormtrooper heads on fucking stakes. Like, they're sending a message. Like, we are not putting up with your bullshit here. This is not going to be... This is not going to be run by the Empire. Like, you come here fucking, uh, you know, representing the Empire. Like, we will fuck you up. Like, you know, I I, I, I honestly think... I feel like this is kind of like the wild, wild west. Like... And I'm not the first person to say this either. Like, and Fabro himself has basically said that. Exactly. Like the wild, wild west, like, yes, there's law, but sometimes like the law is actually overrun by the criminal element going on within the city. The criminal element within the city is actually taking over. So I feel like this is basically, you know, whoever is in charge of whatever planet this is, you know, whether it be these bounty hunters or, or whoever, it's basically saying, like, the Empire doesn't exist here. Like, you've, if you come here, you might want to abandon. <laughs> they might treat them like Nazis, Jake, like post-World War II, where they're hunted down, you know, for all we know. Um, it just says, Yeah, it doesn't that's s- why their heads are on the spikes. And exactly. You never know. So that's what's interesting about, like, later on in the trailer, like, the death troopers? Like, is their loyalty still? I, I We'll talk about you know, Giancarlo Esposito's character, but like, does his loyalty truly lie with the old empire ways? Is he acting on orders from the empire or is he doing this all for personal gain? I'm so, I'm still trying to figure that out. Is he trying to do it for personal gain or is it, I'm trying to think like after, after the emperor is defeated, were there orders that were in place that if, for any reason, something ever were to happen, this is the mission that you need to go on. And this is what you need to do to restore order within uh, the galaxy and uh, maybe bring um, power back to the Empire. Like, or is this, or is Giancarlo Esposito's character, is he just doing this for his own personal gain, personal power? And, and because he's definitely in command of some death troopers here. Yeah, that's for sure. And we knew they were coming back. That's interesting. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't mind it kind of being a full journey on that. Like if it is all just for personal gain at first and then kind of the more and more he gets entrenched in the whole thing, he realizes like maybe, well, maybe it's, maybe it's one of those things where he's trying to like flex his muscle. Like, Oh, the empire's, we're still strong. But I think this takes place years after the, the, uh, the empire's, I don't know. It, it's like maybe he's still trying to like flex the muscle like the empire no we're still strong but like in all honesty he's just doing this for personal gain i don't know uh we lost june no i'm back you're back all right um well welcome back either way welcome back (laughs) thank you thanks for unbeknownst to everyone else and even me moments ago <laughs> you're back i didn't even know you left i know oh jake jake is like up to date you're like a you're like you're like an a like a like a weatherman like a you know what i mean 
Anyway, um, they, they get things wrong, too. Um, we got, uh, yeah, I talked about the Stormtrooper helmets on the stakes, and it, it's definitely sending a message to anybody who may be, like, loyal to, like, what, le- le- you know, leftover remnants of the Empire that are out there. Like, you know, you're not going to be welcomed here. You know, we're not going to, like, this is, you're not, you know, this is what happens when you try to fucking bring the Empire here. Yeah, we saw the same kind of thing in the Aftermath novel that took place right after Return of the Jedi, yeah. where um, on Coruscant, they sawed the head off the uh, Emperor statue that's in the middle of town. Oh, there's definitely, like, there's definitely been some rumors about how this, you know, ties in with Chuck Wendig's Aftermath books. I'll talk about that here in a little Oh, bit. interesting. I could see that. Um the next shot that we got here was absolutely gorgeous. We got the Mandalorian ship, which is being called the Razor Crest, is flying over a forest planet. We don't know what planet this is. Um, then uh, from this, uh, we get some other shots in the trailer that we can gather that this isn't going to be like a local story that's only taking place on this desert planet that we've seen. We're going to be able to see a lot of different planets here. We see the Mandalorian traveling in the Razor Crest, you know, throughout the galaxy. And, you know, like when the story does call for him to travel. So I think we're going to get a lot of space dogfight battles in this. And, and, and he's going to be mm. moving around. Like this is just not relegated to that desert planet, which I'm very excited for that. That That's very Star Wars to me. Yeah, I kind of didn't see that coming. I kind of thought it was going to be primarily set um, like in the really old, old west in this, you know, Moss Eisley desert town but I yeah did that's too. really cool i'm glad that it's not that way i did too i'm in 100 percent agreement jake like they talked about those sets that they built for this like these practical sets that they built like they could move them around and and i i felt like it was going to be very kind of like localized like to like this one area i was not expecting to see kind of like because the planet that he goes to i believe when he you know meets up with ig 11 is a completely different planet than we saw. The forest planet's completely different. So, um, yeah. the trailer, we see the Mandalorian docked on a planet. It looks like this planet has gone through some battles. He's in what looks like what used to be part of like a small city here. Um, I saw some droids. I did see, I think, an alien creature in the background that possibly wasn't a droid. I think this is where he's going to meet IG 11. And I think that this might be the hideout. IG-11 might be the one that takes him to the hideout, which we see maybe, which we do see later in this trailer. We see a Twi'lek in this trailer. I think IG-11 is going to... The gonna, Winking Twi'lek? Yeah, the Winking Twi'lek. I think the, that Twi'lek is going to... I think IG-11 is going to introduce him to a bunch of bounty hunters that are staying on this planet. Yeah, that makes sense. Kind of the gateway, um, the gateway bounty hunter. We then see the Mandalorian at a table with Carl Weathers. Um, he is playing a character called Grief. What was the last name? Like Grief. Oh, the, his last name is out there. I apologize. I don't think I wrote that down, but his last name is out there on the interwebs. Um, but we see him at a table with Carl Weathers back in April. Slash Film had a description of this scene 
where they saw extended footage, and here's what they wrote about this scene. In the scene that you see in the trailer, you basically see Carl Weathers, and then you see, like, an exchange on a table. You see, like, some silver discs and some, like, money being exchanged. But what they saw, uh, the extended footage at San Diego Comic-Con, they said the scene begins in a dusty cantina, not dissimilar from the Moss Eisley Cantina, but it's brighter inside, almost like when you go to a seedy bar in the middle of the day and sunlight is sneaking in enough so the barflies know it's daytime. Lots of aliens around, some with metal masks, a droid that looks like EV-99 from the Return of the Jedis at the bar. The Mandalorian is sitting at a booth with Carl Weathers' character Grief, who is laying out these metal discs that look like they are jar lids. As he lays them out, these are all bounties. All these, all these jar discs that he's laying out are bounties, I believe. Um, as he lays them out, he says they're all bail jumpers, and he has one wanted smuggler. Um, and they go on to say, could this be a cheeky reference to Han Solo still having a bounty on his head? Hmm. And it says, these are jobs for the Mandalorian to take, and these pucks, as they're called, have information he needs for them. Mando means business, so he wants them all. But Grief runs a guild of bounty hunters, and he needs jobs for them too, so he can't give them all up. The highest one he has is only worth 5,000 credits, and Mando says that, he, that that's barely enough to cover the cost of fuel these days. Grief does have one other job. Obviously, he held it back for a reason. It's from the underworld. It has no puck. It's a direct commission, and he has to meet the person who's hiring him face-to-face. Grief hands him some kind of data card with information on how to find him. So we'll talk about that mission a little bit later in the trailer breakdown, which we'll talk about the trailer, and then I'll probably go back to some of the description from Slash Films from San, from San Diego Comic-Con. I feel like you're, you're doing yourself a disservice, Jake, breaking this trailer down just by breaking the trailer down. There's so much more information that's already been released out there. Yeah, there there has there's been a lot of really fascinating interviews with cast, yes. crew, um, I've just seen lots of just really cool stuff, just just going on Twitter and searching Star Wars and D twenty three and stuff. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Just trailer breakdown alone, there's a lot of info out there already. There's a lot of info out there already, and you just kind of have to put the pieces together. And, you know, like Giancarlo Esposito has done a lot of inf- interviews on his character. That's the character I really don't have a lot of information on. Uh, we get a shot of uh, Gina Carano uh, as Cara Dune. Gina Carano, if you're not familiar with her, she was in the uh, Deadpool movie, the first film. Uh, she was most... I'm trying to think of what else she's been in. Well, she's an she's M- like a former UFC fighter, right? She's an MMA fighter, yeah. She's oh, been, MMA. Yeah, okay. she's been in... Uh, I don't know if it was... Yeah, it was probably UFC. I don't know if it was like Ronda Rousey, but she's she's fought MMA before. Um, and uh, she was in the the new Jason Mewes directed uh, film, uh, Madness in the Method. She played his wife in that movie. Not much is known about her character. Her character is called Cara Dune, and that's not Doom. So don't confuse that with, um, oh, my God, why, why am I blanking on Caleb Doom, what his name was in Rebels? Oh, shit. Yeah, I, I I don't know. Yeah, I know you didn't watch Rebels. I watched the first season. 
Oh, God. I'm sorry, guys. I'm blanking. I've been drinking margaritas all night. Um, Not much is known yet, but she's not part of that. She's not related to anybody in Rebels. How about that? How about that? that works, there you go. Right? Good enough. Yeah. yeah. Not much is known about her character. She was an ex-shock trooper who fought in the... Uh, she was, at one time, she was an, a shock trooper, which uh, those shock troopers, remember... Remember the little shocking uh, devices that uh, we saw in uh, the, Star- the new Star Wars movies where we saw, uh, you know, John Boyega's Finn pick up that lightsaber and fight that shock trooper? Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. I dig now. She was a shock trooper at one time. So Gina Carano played a shock trooper, and she fought in uh, the Rebel Alliance. She she then switched over to the Rebel Alliance to restore the Republic. We didn't even talk about the She-Hulk series earlier. Isn't that crazy? No, we did not. Yeah, we're getting a She-Hulk series, people. So it sounds like I'm just like brushing that off, but we got to move on, right? You know what I mean? I'm already in, I'm, I'm like fucking I'm I'm fucking like three inches deep on fucking Mama Fratelli here. You know, I've got. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Tupperware, the She-Hulk idea, it's, I mean, we I, previously talked yeah. about how much we wanted kind of that, like, lawyer drama superhero character involved. Charles Soule, who, was, who, who wrote She-Hulk for a while, is very excited about this project, of course, and I think he, I think they want him to reach out to him. Charles Soule was actually a lawyer at one time, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I saw Slot freaking out about it on Twitter as well, yeah. another former She-Hulk writer. Who are, you, who are you casting as She-Hulk? Real quick, we'll get back to this Mandalorian. Who are you casting as She-Hulk? I don't know. I, I Jake's a tough one to cast. Who's that, right? who, who's that girl? Who's that girl from Bob's Burgers, that one voice? She was in Last Man on Earth. Who is it? Jake's... Kristen Shaw? Kristen Shaw. Yeah, well, he, he I, casting I her as She-Hulk, Jake. That was She-Hulk. Huh? I, mean, it, I mean, I agree. You, you cast Jennifer. You don't cast She-Hulk. Oh, Dan Slott was saying... Was it Dan Slott that was saying that? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Like, I, I think that they should give She-Hulk the same treatment that they give Ruffalo in the movies. That, like, the character... I don't want them to take an actor and then just paint her green. I want I want or just her to, cast some buff woman because she's some buff woman yeah no i I want them to cast a woman that's gonna hulk out right exactly exactly night and day kind of do you guys have any fan castings i don't i I don't either i don't i honestly i don't know enough about the character i am i am fan casting alexandra dataria that would be Mm. my choice as Jennifer Walters, She-Hulk. She starred as The Rock's daughter in the movie San Andreas, and she was also Woody Harrelson's girlfriend in the first season of True Detective. And I think, oh, okay. oh, okay, yeah. I think that she would be a pretty damn good choice as She-Hulk. Moving back into the Mandalorian trailer, Gina Carano, she was an ex- shock trooper who fought in the rebel alliance to restore the republic so she switched sides jake we're finding out that not it's not just finn who switched sides right no no and that's realistic that's not surprising right kind of a big deal too right i mean i i know we know some clones did in the clone wars and stuff like that but like it's kind of a big deal here you know yeah, I mean, Star Wars, uh, one thing that people like to criticize Star Wars for is sometimes being a little bit too black and white. Mm-hmm. So it's cool that yeah. um, 
they're doing things like this. Uh, we did see that this was not in the trailer, but Slash Film saw this in the sizzle reel back in April. Um, some things that happened with Gina Carano's character. They go on to say the Mando ship, the Razor Crest, blasts through space. He walks out on a planet different from the one seen in the opening moments of the first sizzle reel shown during the panel. He sees Gina Carano's character, Cara Dune, sitting at what appears to be some sort of an outdoor cantina. The Mando asks, what's her business here? As series of shots... Uh, a series of shots has Mando sparring with Kara, trading blows until they both land flat on the ground, pistol blasters drawn, and pointing at each other's heads. So, if you if you know anything about Gina Carano, physicality-wise, she's a badass. So this is going to be... I'm, I'm seeing an alliance forming out of this, though. I think like they're going to have their initial kind of scuffle here. But I think an alliance is going to form with Cara Dune and the Mandalorian. I think that she's going to be eventually joining him and possibly IG-11 on some adventures here. I don't, I, that's the thing. I, I, I don't know how much. I, I, there's, there's a big MacGuffin with this, and I don't know. <sighs> we'll talk about that later. But, Jake, do you see the show going that way? Maybe she's... Maybe they're going to form some kind of like Star Wars A team. I do actually, because I think they've been very intentionally kind of told us that Gina's character is going to be very important. Okay. So I could very much see her and the Mando I don't being in kind of a partner relationship. Doesn't he seem like a lone gunman, though? Doesn't he? I agree, but I, it's putting him in the uncomfortable situation that maybe brings the entertainment. I know. That's the thing. It's like, you know, you think of like, yeah, you think of, uh, you know, Punisher, Lone Gunman. You know, he, always, he got help from, he got help from people, you know? I mean, I think, I, I feel like the Mandalorian might be put in that situation too. You know what I mean? To where like, he's got to get by with a little help of his friends, to quote the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think this whole thing is going to be a, a learning experience for Mando. Rebecca June, you're quiet, but I think in the back of your head, you're just like, thank God he's not talking about fucking Mama Fratelli. Except <laughs> 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 now you are. <laughs> yeah, but now you are, so you ruined it. Um, no, is it, is it, no. Uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I I was, no, I was just going to say, like, I'm just, I'm listening to the breakdown in theories that you guys have because, as much as I enjoy Star Wars, yeah. I don't know nearly half the stuff that you guys do. So um, you're learning about it as I go along. A little bit, yeah, yeah, which is fine because you know you can't know everything about everything. Absolutely, but, I don't know everything. I like half of the stuff that I learn is from Jason Ward and making Star Wars dot net. Right? Yeah, I mean, and yeah, exactly. But um, I I do think it's. It, I kind of feel like. They're setting up the Mandalorian to be like the lone gunman, and then I think they're going to use that fish-out-of-water technique to, like, have him paired up with Gina Carano, like, to force him to, like, almost like that cop who always works alone, but then they have to take on a partner kind of a thing. It almost feels like that's the direction that they're going in this. Yeah. 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 We'll see. We'll see. it. This will be interesting because um, there is a MacGuffin in this 
there's this mission that he sent on is not what it seems. And it'll be interesting to see if it's a if it's a joint effort or if it's going to be the Mando kind of like doing this by himself. Um, next, let's get back to the trailer. We see an alien here. If you guys remember the scene, we see an alien. He's riding on the back of a of a large alien beast. Mm-hmm. That is an Ugnaught. The Ugnaught is not the beast, but the the alien that's riding on the back of this animal is called an Ugnaught. And if you remember from Empire, right? No, not the um are are there Ugnaughts in um Empire? Didn't they work with Lando and Bespin? Hmm. I'd have Aren't to... those the same creatures? They are, right? The ones that work like in the incineration room? Yes. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. I if I think I think you are right. But Yeah, that's an existing I just know that from random yeah. action figure stuff. Since you think since you brought up Lando and like uh, Cloud City, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the in the carbon chamber yeah, room. Yeah, yeah. They look like pigs. Yeah, Correct. exactly. They're, the yeah. Pink, they're they're pink pigs, but they're not the they're not the fucking the green pigs from Jedi. Like the Okay. No, those are the Gamorian Gamorian guards. guards. Thank you. Ah. Which I think okay. I might still have my Gamorian guard figure around here somewhere. Um the Ugnots are native to the planet uh planet Gentis and this could be where the scene takes place. And I think from everything that I remember that this Ugnot could possibly be the character that Nick Nolte plays, that Nick Nolte voices. <laughs> That's hilarious. That'd be fitting. Um, <laughs> we then see a shot of a Twi'lek. We talked about this a little bit earlier. And that Twi'lek, this lines up with what Slash Film said about a scene that they had saw. They go on to say, we saw shots of other bounty hunters perhaps ones that Mando will either work with or end up facing off against. One of them includes a fuchsia-colored Twi'lek, and another certainly appeared to be comedian Bill Burr drawing two blasters and shooting them at an unseen target. Another had reflective eyes and resembled four LOM from Empire Strikes Back, but it wasn't him. It was confirmed within the past couple days that Bill Burr himself confirmed that he is in The Mandalorian. Yeah, I saw that. I, he tweeted about it. That was cool. That's cool. So that scene that we see the Twi'lek and she turns around, that's him. I think that's IG-11 introducing him to, like, all these different bounty hunters that are on this planet that is kind of like whatever. I think the Rebels and the Empire had a battle there. And... After the battle, like, the bounty hunters have kind of, like, taken this on as a, uh, you know, kind of like a hideout. And that's where they're staying. That makes sense. I buy that. Uh, we then get a shot of a woman in water holding a child close to her. So I got a very kind of, like, Rogue One feel of, like, hiding the girl, like, Jen or so kind of feeling here. I'm like, like so who's after the girl? What's... What's what's going on here? What's what's her role in the series? There were early rumors about the Mandalorian and him being sent on a mission, and I believe this is the mission that he gets from Grief, you know, played by Carl Weathers, that will lead him to a MacGuffin, which 
I think, like, okay, it'll lead him to a young girl or a baby that's going to be joining him in the series. Like, there was rumors of the Mando taking care of a kid and hiding her from what's left of the Empire. And I I think an early rumor that I heard was that, like, she was once frozen in carbonite. So I don't know if, like, at one time, like, when she was a baby, she was frozen in carbonite, and then, like, somebody unfroze her, and then years, like, she's been being raised for years now, a few years, by this woman. And she's, I don't know what her importance is. I I heard that she was a 50-year, she was frozen for, like, 50 years, is what I've been hearing. Hmm. Like in a carbonite mm-hmm. type yeah, deal? she was in a carbonite. She was in, she was in carbonite for 50 years. And I, I'm trying to figure out right now if the Mandalorian takes care of a baby or he's taking care of the child that the woman is holding close to her in this scene. I don't know if behind the girl and the woman we might see, like, a baby. Like, they might have a baby, like, floating, like... Moses style in a fucking baby <laughs> basket. You know what I mean? Do you think he was sent to kill? Do you think he was sent to kill the baby or po- child? Possible or re- retrieve the child? Because okay. I, I think Giancarlo Esposito's character, that's leading the Death Troopers, is on the same kind of mission, but not for a bounty. I think they're both after the same thing, hmm. which is this girl. Hmm. It's interesting. It almost reminds me of kind of what they did with Cable in the in the Marvel comics a little bit, huh? Doing the the crazy manly character with the the baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With um, hope, hope. Thank you. Yeah, this is a new hope. <laughs> uh, sorry, that turned into that turned into a fake laugh about, and then it turned into a real laugh at how stupid I am. Um, we get shots of Death Troopers, um, which uh, which are the we we saw them in Rogue One. These those were the you know we saw Ben Mendelsohn's character uh, controlling the Death Troopers there, and here we got Giancarlo Esposito. Um, you know, from Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul, fantastic actor, um, uh-huh. who looks to be leading these, uh, death troopers. All we really know about him is that he still serves the Empire after the fall of their government. Um, whether he's on a mission that was given to him before the fall, we talked about this earlier, like, we don't know if he's given a mission, you know, like, uh, some kind of like, uh, this is a mission, like, the empire ever were to fall, this is like your next steps. Like this is what you do. Or if he's acting on orders that were, you know, given to him or if he's on a personal mission, we don't know for his own, you know, personal gain. But I do think like whatever he is involved in revolves around this little girl. I am 100% certain that this show is going to revolve around the Mandalorian and this little girl. Baby or girl. Jason Ward from MakingStarWars.net has been right on so many things. 
And this is one of those things that I think that he has kind of like been championing for a long time. And I really do think that, um, that we're going to see the Mandalorian, you know, take on this little girl and, and protect her. Um, Slash Film saw Giancarlo Esposito in a sizzle reel. This is what they said about his character in the scene, his character in the scenes that they saw. Giancarlo Esposito is wearing a black cape. And this was back in April, guys. So, like, mm. we saw, like, the trailer that we saw, we did see him in the black cape and in the armor. And so they said that they saw him in the black cape and black imperial armor with a small group of death troopers behind him. Uh, blaster shots have riddled the small desert dwelling he stands in front of as a voiceover from Werner Herzog's character saying, uh, the Empire has improved every planet it touches. Now, we saw Werner Herzog at the end of this trailer, and we'll talk about that, but they saw more of him in the sizzle reel. Um, we see that improvement firsthand as Giancarlo Esposito says, burn them out. Suddenly a stormtrooper with red paint accents on his armor and a flamethrower comes in and starts torching the exterior of the building. That, again, is from the sizzle reel that they they saw at San Diego Comic-Con. Uh, back to the trailer that we saw, we then see a shot of... This is a partially unmasked Mandalorian riding on a swooper bike. So that shot that we saw, the swooper, the swooper bike... That's the Mandalorian, but he's not wearing his full helmet. He's kind of like wearing a partial Bane mask, it looks like. Um, We then see the Mandalorian walking into some room that could be, I talked about this earlier, the hideout for the other bounty hunters, but he's escorted by IG-11. We get a bunch of action scenes after this. We see the Mandalorian with a huge minigun, kind of like a turret gun firing at enemies we see a scene of him taking on an atst by himself and then we see someone running away from a battle holding a child i wonder if this is like the kid again right i don't know yeah that's interesting i wonder why they're hiding that fact i'm not saying that you're wrong but it just seems like a weird note to hide i I, guess it's not cool and badass to be protecting a kid I'm not saying that I'm right. I, I'm putting full trust into Jason Ward and making Star Wars, uh, making Star Wars.net and like the scoops that they've learned. Um, I mean, these guys were there as they were filming snapping pictures constantly. Like they, yeah, like they were on the ground when the show was being, uh, it, when it was in production. They, they have people that are very close to the production that are giving them, um, scoops and things like that. So I'm, I happen to, I happen to feel like, I happen to feel like the, it's such a Disney thing to do, such a Star Wars thing to do too, where you take like a character that's kind of like an anti-hero that's just out for himself, you know, um, that is, that is, you know, like I'm a bounty hunter and it's all about money and it's all about the job. But here he is, he's on a job, and it involves a child. And, like, that might be the thing that kind of, like, turns him around. And there's also this rumor that the character is actually originating from a character from the Chuck Wendig movie of Cobb Vanth. So, like, people are saying, like, they think that the Mandalorian is actually Cobb Vanth from the Wendig Aftermath books. And that was a character that 
throughout those books was protecting people that couldn't protect themselves. And here he is in this series protecting this little girl. Like, this might be, like, the origin story for that character. Yeah, you're right. That is, like, kind of a classic Disney conceit, right? Where he's going to learn a valuable lesson. (laughs) Right. Situation he didn't expect to be put in. Right. Um, His heart warms, and his heart grows big, and he learns to love. Well, I mean, if we're going to follow a character, like, we want to find a way to connect with him, right? Right. Oh, I know. But it is very Disney-ass to, like, totally. uh, sort of the hard-hearted person, right, that learns to love and empathize and It's and, and not feel. even not even so much a Disney thing, but very much a Lucasfilm thing, too, you know, in, in a lot of ways. Like, I don't think we're ever going to see the Emperor fucking turn around. But, like, <laughs> you know, we did see Vader. We did see Vader kind of, like, make that change, you know, at the very end of that movie. Um, we see IG-11 battling on the, on the planet that we talked about earlier that looked like it was a war-torn planet that, uh, that was a battlefield at one time. We see him spinning and shooting, finally doing some action that we never saw IG-88 do. This is something, this is an effect that MakingStarWars.net talked about months ago. They saw, they heard about this, and then the footage was actually shown at San Diego Comic-Con, and now we're finally getting to see it, and it looked incredible. Um... Slash Film talked about this shot. They said a montage ran through new aliens, warriors, Jawas, drawing their blasters. Jake, Jawas, drawing their blasters. Yeah, I love it. I love it. We've needed more Jawas for a long time. (laughs) New aliens, warriors, Jawas, drawing their blasters. The Mandalorian blasting away at enemies. Then a money shot comes with IG-88 standing in the middle of a desert village square and laying waste to stormtroopers. His body spinning with precision as he blasts. Then the Mando comes out and joins, blasting a stormtrooper in the head as he walks out of a dwelling door. Oh, wow. I love that. <laughs> that sounds yeah. awesome. I, I am so pumped for this fucking show, Jake. Yeah, it'll be the first thing I watch when I log into uh, Disney Plus on November 12th. There is nothing else. I will. I will... Definitely log in and then wait for the system to crash. But I, oh, yes. I, I am so excited to watch this. Um, we then see the Mandalorian cornered by four stormtroopers. Um, he's going to come out fine from this. Uh, he'll be fine. We see in this, this was awesome. This was my favorite part of the trailer when he, he, he uses a grappling hook to catch a stormtrooper. He then shoots he, uh, this multitasking here from the Mandalorian people. He fucking uses a grappling hook to grab this stormtrooper. At the same time, he shoots a button on the fucking control panel and it shuts the door. But as he's pulling back on the grappling hook and the door shutting, it cuts the stormtrooper in half. It, like it goes the black, but we know what happens. And I heard that the crowd went fucking nuts when that scene showed at D twenty three. Like, oh my god, it that was incredible action, incredible action, grappling up, pulling him back, door shut, cut the guy in half. Crowd goes nuts. That's amazing. I'm sorry. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, it'd be so awesome to be one time in my life. I'd love to experience one of these, you know, convention hall 
movie trailer sizzle reel moments. Yeah. I don't know. It just sounds so cool to be there and all the fucking excitement and everything. Yeah, we should have went to we should have went to celebration, right? Yeah. Yeah, that would have been really cool. For the rise cool. of Skywalker, right? Yeah, I had a buddy that went and it sounded pretty fucking amazing. But even that though, you had to like win a lottery to get into the fucking hall. See that's bullshit. Yeah. We then hear uh, Werner Herzog's voiceover as he says, bounty hunting is a complicated profession. Don't you agree? Um, here's everything else I know from the stuff that was not in the trailer that Slash Film did reveal. Uh, they talk about uh, the Mandalorian taking the job. And they said that the Mandalorian walks through a village that looks similar uh, similar to the ones that we've seen in Tatooine and Jakku. Uh, tense people in dusty clothes and a Kowakian monkey lizard is being roasted on a fire as another one in a cage watches in terror. The Mando walks slowly with an intimidating swagger, always seemingly ready for confrontation, observing everything around him. He reaches a darker alley and walks up to a door and knocks a droid I like the one that greets C-3PO and R2-D2 at Jabba's palace door in Return of the Jedi, comes out to greet him, speaks the same droid language, scans the data card, grief gave to the Mando, and lets him in. He's met by a hospitable gonk droid who makes a signature sound as he guides the Mando to another door. He's preparing for something bad to happen at any minute, always on his guard. Inside, a group of dirty stormtroopers with armor from the original trilogy. Uh, suddenly, Werner Herzog appears and says, Grief said you were coming. The Mando asks, what else did he say? Herzog replies, he said you were the best in the parsec. Suddenly, another blast door opens on the side. The Mando jumps up with his blaster drawn, and stormtroopers turn and draw on him in return. It's an Imperial officer played by Omid Abtahi, who voiced a character in Clone Wars and was likely brought in by Dave Filoni for that very reason. The officer is wearing sunglasses and is sorry to have made such a sudden interruption. Herzog says, please excuse his lack of decorum. His enthusiasm outweighs his discretion. The Mando is asked to lower his blaster. He won't do it until the stormtroopers lower their blasters, too. I love that. That's cool. Yeah. This whole thing at the end was the, my favorite part. One stormtrooper remarks, we have you outnumbered four to one. And the Mando quickly and cockily says, I like those odds. That's like we're in the trailer. We get that whole fucking scene. Herzog gets back to business and he goes, he also said you were very expensive. Very expensive. This is the perfect role. They, they go on to say this is the perfect role for Herzog to play. Um, the job's payment is small, thin brick of Beskar or Mandalorian armor. It's rare and coveted. And Herzog knows it will entice the Mando. They want the asset alive. But Herzog says, if he can only bring them back terminated, then they will accept that but for a lower fee. That doesn't please the Imperial officer, but Herzog knows this job is complicated. There's no puck for this job, though. Only a tracker that contains their last known whereabouts and the last four digits of their identification number. Jake, listen to this. They're a a 50-year-old target, so tracking them down has apparently been difficult. That's why I'm saying this girl was frozen in carbonite. Yeah, that makes sense. I buy it. 50-year-old Target is this girl that's been frozen in carbonite. She was either a baby. I think 
I don't know, man. I think she's been unfrozen for a while, living with somebody, and maybe that girl in the stream with that lady. Um, as the Mandal leaves, he, asks, uh, he says the Beskar belongs back in the hands of the Mandalorian people. He says it would be good to restore the order of things after a period of such disarray. He seems to be hinting at the Mandalorians coming back to glory after the Empire was in control for so long. Um, so, yeah. Um, I I fucking love the trailer. This is an absolute Tupperware. I am so ready to see this show. This looks absolutely incredible. I how many like okay, we're getting this week to week. Is it 8 episodes? I believe it's 8 episodes. Yeah, that was my next question if we knew how many episodes we were getting to this. I think we we're getting 8. Okay. Okay. That sounds about right. Yeah. yeah the more the merrier. Yeah. It's going to be a quick 8 weeks. Oh, you think so? In between? Like, I'm just saying, it's just going to go, I I feel like it's going to be such a good show that it's going to be over before you know it, you know? Let's not talk about the, the, the return of the, the rise of Skywalker behind the scenes stuff. It's, they're releasing it tomorrow, right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's a giant can of worms. Yeah. Yeah. Ray's got a dual bladed light, red lightsaber. And People are already cosplaying as it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Are they really? Oh, of course they are. Yeah, because you got Dragon Con coming up next weekend. Zori, yeah, Bl- yeah. Zori Bliss is going to, she was Poe Dameron's love interest at one time. So, yeah, that's a thing. Zori Bliss is, we've been wondering who that character is for months now. Apparently, Jason Ward is saying that she was. I heard in one article that they were saying that Zori Bliss was Poe Dameron's friend, an old friend. Jason is saying she was uh, Poe Dameron's love interest at one time. So that'll be interesting. Yeah, sizzle reel, huh? So yeah, it'll be interesting, but we don't know. That's not confirmed. We're getting tomorrow, but we think we are. Every outlet out there is saying we're getting it tomorrow on Monday. Okay. We're getting it tomorrow. Like, it was confirmed that we're getting it tomorrow. That's cool. I'm surprised Disney didn't do its usual tactic where it told us to watch Good Morning America or some shit. It's a, it's a behind the scenes. It's a behind the scenes. It's not a, it's not a trailer. It's just, it's a behind the scenes thing. So I don't know how they're going to reveal it, but it'll probably just be like a YouTube thing or maybe the Star Wars Twitter, Instagram, whatever. They'll release it on that and then it'll be uploaded to YouTube shortly thereafter. But it's coming out tomorrow. Awesome. I'll go through I'm the excited. I'll go through the bullet points real quick. They they say here's the thing. Ray is wearing an all black uh outfit with a double bladed red lightsaber. Her robes are said to look very similar to Darth Maul's. Some people are saying that this is a force vision that she, that she receives and that it's not actually something that's happening within the movie. Don't know. Um we see Ray in this new look and we get the dialogue from Palpatine saying the journey is coming to an end. We see Ray dueling with Kylo Ren on the Death Star wreckage in the ocean. We also see super weapon like lasers hitting the surface of a planet. Zori Bliss is Poe Dameron's love interest from the past. Ray is also wearing a rope type necklace, which could confirm the festival scene that Jason Ward reported on a few months ago. 
um, which I have festival scene information if you want to hear it. Um, they said that Leia's theme was also played during this uh, behind-the-scenes sizzle reel and that new John Williams music was also played during the reel. Mm. Did you hear about all the John Williams music that they recorded for this one? No, I heard it was the most amount of music that he has recorded for any individual Star Wars movie, though. That is true. That is true. Um, there's a... Um, so a lot of people are thinking this is going to be a very long movie. I just think that there's going to be a lot of music in the film. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, it's a, a little bit J.J. style. Um, Ryan Johnson actually kind of scaled back a lot of the scenes with the music. There's definitely a lot of scenes in that movie that non-traditionally don't have heavy music going on in them. Mm-hmm. That's it for Star Wars, guys. Um, Rebecca, June, I want to thank you for putting up with that because I know you guys are like not like I'm glad that you were listening and I hope you enjoyed taking something out of that. So, oh, definitely. Oh, yeah, I'm so sure. looking forward to the show. Cool. I hope I didn't put you to sleep. With. We are going to do good pop, bad pop. And I'm going to put it in your hands, but we're only going to, guys, we gotta, we've got a few minutes here because if we're recording on a Sunday, I want to get everybody out of here at a good time tonight to, we can go to work tomorrow and everything. Yeah. We have real lives, people. It's not all about mama. <laughs> it's not all mama Fratelli fucking jokes. Okay. Like some of us have to do real work tomorrow. So I got to get people out of here. Um, so Rebecca, we watched a lot of things this week. Uh, for Good Pop, Bad Pop, I want you to take it away and let me know what you want to talk about first. Oh, uh, I would love to talk about the Peanut Butter Falcon with you. Let's do that. Let's talk about Peanut Butter Falcon. So, yeah, we both watched. Did anybody else get a chance to see the Peanut Butter Falcon in theaters this week? I did not. Uh, the Peanut Butter Falcon is an adventure story set in the world of modern Mark Twain that begins when Zack, a young man with Down syndrome, runs away from a nursing home where he lives to chase his dream of becoming a professional wrestler and attending the wrestling school of the Saltwater Redneck. Through circumstances beyond their control, Tyler, a small-time outlaw on the run, becomes Zack's unlikely clo- coach and ally. Together, they wind through deltas, elude capture, drink whiskey, find God, catch fish, and convince Eleanor, a kind nursing home employee with a story of her own, to join them on their journey. This is uh, Shia LaBeouf is in this film. He plays Tyler. Dakota Johnson plays Eleanor. Uh, this is the... Um, acting debut of Zach Gatsigan. He plays Zach. Uh, we've also got like, um, you know, from Eastbound and Down, John Hawks, uh, Thomas Hayden Church uh, from Wings and uh, fucking uh, Sideways and he was uh, yeah, yeah, Mr. S- he was Sandman in Spider-Man uh, mm-hmm. 3. Yeah, sure was. Yeah. Bruce Dern is in this movie. John Bernthal has some moments in this movie. And then we also, like, this has the whole wrestling element to it. We got Mick Foley and Jake the Snake Roberts playing parts in this one. This is a film. It's a modern retelling of uh, Huckleberry Finn. And um, this was this is one of those movies where the directors talked to Zach Gotzigan and he... He he basically told them, he's like, why are there not movies with people like me? And the director had his own desire at one time to be a wrestler. And they made this movie. Like, 
they Nilsson and Schwartz, the two directors, they met Zach at a at a camp for um, disabled actors back in 2011, and they they liked this guy, and and for years this is something that they'd been working on, and they finally got somebody to fund this movie. And this is what we got. And Rebecca, what did you think about the Peanut Butter Falcon? This was a movie I was extru- I was looking forward to this movie um, for a long time, actually. And seeing seeing this young actor Zach Gottsigan, who does have Down syndrome in real life, and obviously is playing a character that has Down syndrome, and then you have Shia LaBeouf. Um, who like is really you could really see what he's like trying to do with his career here taking these really interesting roles um i'm just going to say right off the bat this is a complete tupperware i love this movie so much it has so much heart and so much charm and there's so much love between these two characters i mean even like the few brief scenes with John Barenthal's character, um, just showing kind of Shia LaBeouf's backstory there and, and how he came to be in the place that he is in his life right now. Um, I loved the journey. I loved Thomas Hayden Church as this guy, this uh, saltwater redneck. Yeah. And I'm, yeah. I'm not a wrestling uh, person or a wrestling fan. So I did not know that that was Jake the Snake Roberts until the end when the credits are rolling. I was like, oh my God, that's Jake the Snake. Oh my yeah, God. Yeah, he played, uh, he played Samson. Yes, he played Samson. And I did not know that he, I didn't, I mean, I figured that guy might be like in the wrestling world because he's just big enough and whatever. Right. But like, I, I don't know who the, these guys are, unfortunately. So. I met, I met Jake the Snake Roberts earlier I this year. Totally but, remember that you told that story that you met him. And he's I was a like, fucking, oh he is a fucking monster of a man when you see him in person. And he's not even like the biggest guy in wrestling, which is crazy. I'm just like, uh, Jake's talking about fucking Daniel Radcliffe and Kit Harrington and it's like you know I'm and I'm looking at this real man you know what I mean oh you know what I mean like 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 honestly I feel like when I looked at Jake the Snake Roberts I felt like I felt like I had a couple more chest hairs come in just by looking at him you you could just feel them growing in I could feel Is them growing it, it was, was it was very like an animated cartoon moment like with boink boink like I could hear them coming out like you know what I mean like there's like <laughs> I, I, I'm really, I'm really happy that you had that moment as a man. <laughs> totally, in, in your masculinity. <laughs> yeah, it totally happened. That was a thing that happened. Rebecca, yeah, yeah you loved this movie. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. I thought um, I, everybody just turned in great performances, and I just, and no spoilers here, but I just absolutely, um, I loved the ending. I mm. just absolutely. Loved it. I I cried yeah. at the end of this movie. I just thought it was so beautiful. There's something so about beautiful. this movie that like everybody gets what they need, and like I I love it when a movie does that. I love it when a movie like everybody gets what they need. Oh God, I don't want to spoil it. I'm gonna shut up. You've got. A, I mean, you've got a guy. You've got you've got this character, Zach's character. He plays Zach. You've got Zach who who um doesn't have a real family, mm-hmm. and then you've got. You've got everybody, and you've got Shia LaBeouf's character who, who lost a brother, 
And I feel like he gains one in this movie. I mm-hmm. I loved this fucking movie. Oh my god, I was so emotional. I laughed. I fucking teared up. Um, there's so many moments where I laugh, and I'm and uh, I like how this movie addresses people with Down syndrome and how they are they are people, and they are some mm-hmm. of the sweetest people you've ever met. I my um. I had an ex-girlfriend who her sister was um, who had Down syndrome and uh, one of the sweetest people I've ever met. I had an interaction, which is great, an interaction this week. Like, I'm I'm just at Walmart. I'm a dick. I'm a dick. Like, I, when I go out, I'm like, don't bother me. Don't fuck with me. And, like, this dad is pushing his kid in a, in a wheelchair who has Down syndrome. And this kid, like, I'm getting, I'm getting ready to buy something. And this kid looks at me and he goes, it's hot out today, isn't it? And look at him. I go, dude, yeah, it was really hot out today, wasn't it, buddy? And I just started talking to him. Just the sweetest kid. And, like, he put me in such a good mood. Oh, that's so sweet. That's great. That's so awesome. And I just, and it, it, like, I could tell, like, at first his dad was, like, worried about, like, how this interaction sure. might go. Because, like, he's probably very protective of his son. But I was, like, so kind of, like, in that moment, like, you have so many bad interactions out in the world with people and like you don't you don't get caught off your guard with like someone who's just like a genuinely sweet and loving person with like that nature just a good person that this I don't know like I I'm not that guy I'm not that guy to fucking like out of nowhere like brighten your day when you're out in public like I've had people <laughs> tell me about like on the show like they listen to the show and they laugh but like if I were to pass you in public guys I'm I'm 90 nine percent sure that i'm just going to keep walking like i would not know you you would not know me and i'm not trying to sugarcoat it but like this kid didn't have to say anything to me nothing he could have just walked but like he made me feel good it was rebecca it was it was i i I don't want to say it's it was weird it was like it was like what I needed. It, it made me feel like there's so much animosity out there in the world. And it was just nice to know that there's like people out there that can make you feel good mm-hmm. about, about just having an interaction out in public. Like I, um, yeah. So, and that happened like literally like days before where I just had this interaction with this kid and he was just so sweet. And I told him like, yeah, I was, I told him I was outside working and stuff and it was real hot and I was glad to be inside and he was glad to be inside. And then I said, all right, bye buddy. And he's like, bye. And just, just, I was just like, what a sweet guy. He made, it like made me feel good that he, he talked to me. Mm-hmm. I think that you made him and his dad feel good because you talked to him like a normal person. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like, you didn't treat him differently. You talked to him like you would anyone yeah, else, you know? Exactly. Exactly. There's, there's, uh, I didn't want to, I didn't want to, I didn't talk down to him. I just talked to him and I told him that I was working outside. I was glad to be inside. It was nice and cool in there. And, uh, and it's just a small interaction, but it, I don't know. I don't, it, this movie was another one of those movies that where I saw how certain people would treat this guy. Mm hmm. And then the people that treated him, like Rebecca Shia LaBeouf, like he was very, he had a hard edge to him. 
right? Sure. Mm-hmm. But honestly, he treated Zach like he treated Zach like he was a guy, like just a guy. Yeah. And well, I, and, I, I, I mean, this is mm-hmm. God. Sorry. I just, I, I feel like, I feel like he didn't, he didn't talk down to him. He, he treated him. Like he was a, just a guy, and I think they both learned a lot from each other. I feel like Zach learned how to like step up and kind of like be a man, and like because for so long Zach has had people just taking care of him, and uh, you know he hasn't had a choice. They they forced themselves to take care of him because he's been living in a nursing home where people have to have themselves taken care of. He shouldn't be in a nursing home. He should be in a right. place like my my ex girlfriend from years ago. Her sister was like in different programs that were showing her like how to like work and stuff like that. They were giving her jobs and she had her own job and stuff like that. And like she was, you know, like uh, people with Down syndrome can drive cars. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot that they can do. And I felt like having Zach in like this environment with like, you know, people that are older and like on their way out, like he needs to be with younger people. And so it was a a great relationship to see him with like, kind of like an older brother figure throughout this and Shia LaBeouf. And I could really tell in this movie that it felt like Shia LaBeouf and Zach had actually formed a real bond in real life, not just like while they're like playing these characters, but it felt like off screen. It felt like they had like, I could just feel like they were really good friends yeah, I, I felt the same way. I felt like a lot of the dialogue in the movie seemed very organic. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I'm sure that there was a detailed script, but it, there were moments where it just felt so natural, the conversation that they would have. You could see there were moments where Zach would struggle with words. There were certain words he had trouble saying, and you could see him, like, take a breath and take his time and just say it. And I felt like that just lent so much realism to this movie. Um, I absolutely teared up at the part where he wants to be this wrestler, right? Like he, he wants to be a wrestler after watching this guy's tape over and over and over again. And he says that he can only be a bad guy in wrestling. Yeah. And Shia LaBeouf is like, why? And he's like, because I have Down syndrome. And I'm – this is not my word, people. Retarded. I would never say that. But he's he's been told that his whole life. Um, in his mind, he can't be a hero. Mm. He can never be the good guy in wrestling. He always has going to have to be the bad guy or the heel. And that just broke my heart that this kid believed that he was just never, ever going to be good enough mm-hmm. to be the the hero of the story. And that's when Shia, like, helps him understand that he can be the hero. Uh, and then when they finally, like, get to trying to find the wrestling school and all that, like, all that stuff is just... Oh my God! This, if you can support this movie in the theater, people are always complaining yeah. about reboots and remakes. And well, then put up or shut up because this is an original story. This is a, an original IP. You can go and spend your money and go watch a reboot. That's fine. No one's going to stop you. But you could also go and watch this movie. Well, it, it also depends on if this movie is playing right near now, them. But if it, I lost you, Rebecca. Yeah, she disappeared. Oh no, I'm, I'm, 
I'm still here. All right. No, go ahead. Finish that thought. Oh, no, I was just, yeah, like, obviously, like, I, I know on some of these movies, they, they, they don't come to every town, and you might have to travel, and I, I get that, but if if you can support this movie, here's a chance to support an original story starring an actor who ha- is a real special needs person playing a special needs character who goes on the adventure of his life. I mean, he finds himself. Shia LaBeouf finds himself. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I just, I love this movie so much. And I think it's one of the most beautiful films I've seen this whole year. Well, that's I the thing. Absolutely I absolutely loved it. We need to look, we don't need to, we need to look past we need to look past as a society. We need to look past Down syndrome. We need to look past all this stuff. And I'm not saying that you're this. I think this brings awareness to that. I think like we need to look past this stuff. We all need to treat each other like people and just mm-hmm. fucking talk. Just fucking yeah. talk. That's what this movie is about. It's about two people that fucking don't know each other from anything that just have a moment and get to fucking talk. Get to talk to people that you don't normally talk to. That maybe have uh, something that's different about them. Talk to. I've. I've. Within my lifetime, I've talked to many people that have Down syndrome. I've. Uh, I've fucking. I've talked to people. I've talked to people that are illiterate. I've actually sat down and helped. Uh, and when I was a child, when I was fourteen years old, I helped an illiterate guy every night before I went to bed. Uh, read, uh, uh, try to help him write and read before I went to bed. Long story, I'll talk to you about it sometime in the future if you want to hear it. I talked about it on Startcast, I believe. I don't know. One, one, I don't know. Or maybe I talked about it on an episode. I've talked to, I've talked to, I've met people with Tourette's. These things, like when you're younger, that are different, that you think are weird and and strange, that you that you haven't been exposed to, and I, I you know, I joke about a lot of things on this show, but in the, but to be quite honest with you, I think there can be humor found in everything, but I would never, I would never disrespect someone to their face, and and, and things like that. You know, I can joke about a lot of things, but like I've met people with Tourette's and have, and and we've we've had talks about things, and I've talked to them and. I, I find it interesting. I don't think there's any shame in asking people about like what it's like to live with what they have. They they have a story to tell, and you can tell them your story, and they can share their story with you. You know, like I I, I knew I knew a kid with Tourette's like that. He would just spit out stuff, and he would say like, "Get off the bed, get off the bed," and like we would we would like I was a teenager at that we would joke about different stuff and and uh, it it wasn't always about just like you know like his threats he could joke about his threats he knew he had it he wasn't a straight he knew he had it mm-hmm. but like we, we we would joke about many things and we would have we would have a good time just by by getting to know one another and um we, as i think as as people we just need to get to know one another and have some conversations and like fucking like uh Talk to people that think differently than you. Fucking, like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, get out there and... We talked about Kamala Khan earlier, you know, being a Muslim. I think so many people are scared of Muslims. God damn it, it's fucking weird. Just go out there and talk to a Muslim. They're good people. Jesus Christ, they're good people. There's some good, <laughs> some good people out there. And you're, you're, you're missing out on having some great <clears throat> conversations and meeting up with some good people. I've talked with so many different people all over the years that have talked to me about, like, like uh, you know, religions and their religions. And they're so proud of their religions. 
you know, and they're so proud. And it's just, I just, hey, if I can just be an ear, if you can tell me about that, if you can educate me, just tell me. Just tell me, you know, like, everybody wants to talk about this God or that God and, like, you know, accept this God. Well, have you listened to anybody else talk about theirs? Or are you just shutting everybody else out? You know what I mean? So, I just lit, I, we don't talk about religion and politics on this show. I'm kind of been drinking, so I, I'm kind of getting loopy right now. But, um, <laughs> I, 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 think I agree with everything you're saying. Though. I mean, you're yeah. preaching to yeah. the choir. Just, uh, just get out there and have some conversations with people. Don't judge. It doesn't. You know, I, I that, you know, that that guy next to you that that uh, you know you oh you know that that guy next to you that you've been you look and he's different. By the God, it's crazy. You watch movies like American History X and you see like, you know, you see the fucking skinhead and here he is in the laundry room with the black guy and they become best friends by the end of that movie, right? Yeah. We're missing out on so many different fucking crazy interactions and just getting to know people. Like how, how the fuck is America supposed to be a melting pot if we don't fucking talk to everybody that's in this fucking pot? Right. Amen. Yeah, man. I yeah, agree yeah. you're saying. All right. I'm sorry. I, I get get off, get off your soapbox, Brian. <laughs> um, we need to get on the soapbox every once in a while. It's okay. Every, I, yeah. I don't know. It's just one of those. I'm getting the me. echo again, guys. Are you? Are you? Yeah. Are you? From oh, Rebecca no. and Brian. Oh, I'm good. Are you good okay. now? Now I'm not getting it. All right. Cool. I think. It, <laughs> I'm having some technical stuff on my side, so um, let's. Uh, I think we're gonna have to save some stuff for next week, Rebecca. I'm gonna give you the choice real quick. Um, shit, yeah, I'm gonna have to save some stuff for next week. Do you, let's let's talk about one more thing, and then we're gonna wrap this up. You watched the Amazing Jonathan? I did documentary. I did. Okay, let's. I saw this as well. I apologize, everybody. We will talk about, I want to talk about, next week we'll come back, we'll talk about The Righteous Gemstones on HBO. I will also talk about Ready or Not real quick, uh, the new movie that came out. And then I also watched On Becoming a God in Central Florida, which is on Showtime. So, heads up, I'll be talking about those next week. I apologize, we're not going to get, them to, get to them this week. Um, I will tell you that I would... Highly recommend watching The Righteous Gemstones, and I would highly, yes. highly recommend watching yes. On Becoming a God in Central Florida on Showtime as well. So watch both of them if you have access to them. But Rebecca, um, the amazing Jonathan documentary, I when I sent the information to you that I was mm-hmm. going to be watching this this week, I had heard about this documentary being filmed. I just thought it was basically a documentary that was kind of like chronicling this magician who I grew up watching the amazing Jonathan. I'm a big fan and I knew that he was dying. He was diagnosed with, you know, an illness and he was dying. And I thought that this was just going to be chronicling like his last days. This becomes, as the synopsis says, an unexpected and increasingly bizarre journey as the filmmaker struggles to separate truth from illusion. It's directed by Benjamin Berman, who's a big part of this. Rebecca, um, 
This I told you, like I sent, I sent you, like I didn't really reveal a lot, but I said this is one of the wildest fucking things I've ever watched in my life. <laughs> like, wouldn't you agree? Like this was, oh. this was fucking insane. Did anybody else watch this? I saw this as well. June, did I you? didn't. Okay, Jake, this is pretty. Okay, I, I, th- okay, I've read different comments about this like on the internet and a lot of people are saying like i wish there was more amazing jonathan this became all about the director like i was thinking that at the beginning of this and we'll get into it a little bit but this was i first off i'm gonna give this a tupperware this was so fucking crazy and i was hooked i couldn't stop watching like this was like the most kind of like addictive documentary I've seen since like tickled on HBO. That was, I'm talking about like bizarre documentaries, Rebecca. This, this gave me that same vibe when I watched tickled. Yeah. Right. I, I kept going, oh, this is just like tickled. This is just like tickled. Like it's so weird. And yeah. I didn't, I'm telling you, I also Tupperware this. Uh, I also have watched Amazing Jonathan throughout the years, like casually watched him, his stand-up and his specials and stuff. Mm. I knew who he was, and I knew he was like magician, comedian stuff. I did not know he was dying. He had been diagnosed with this heart condition. So I'm watching the thing, and it starts to get really bizarre, and then it gets more bizarre and more and more and more. And then you start questioning what's real and what's not. Mm-hmm. And yes. then the director is questioning what's real and what's not. And I'm now I'm like, Oh my God, is this, what is happening here? Like it just gets weirder and it really takes a turn. Like you're, you start, I don't want to spoil anything. Cause I think oh, you should no, watch it's it. Fine. But- it's, I, I, in a way, I don't think a lot of people are going to watch this. The amazing Jonathan was a, Com- uh, comedian slash magician, an illusionist, prop comic, all those things really, um, that had a big rise in the late 80s, early 90s, and, you know, has made a living, made a living, was one of the first magicians, illusionists to make a living on the Vegas Strip for a long time, had a long running show there, and um, was diagnosed with a terminal illness, retired, and this documentary is like, it's going to be, it's supposed to be, he hired, like this crew got a hold of him and said like, you know, we, we don't, we don't know what we're going to do with this, but we just want to film you. Right. And you're, you know, and we, and they started to film him. Well, there's many twists and turns with this. And if you're not familiar with the amazing Jonathan, that's fine. Watch this. They'll get you up to speed. Um, you'll find out that this guy was very heavily into drugs and they actually kind of like film him doing them. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah, I was right. I and was then they definitely surprised. filmed it. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I, I was quite surprised on how much they showed of that. I mean, right. they, certain stuff is blacked out. So like for legal stuff, but I was quite surprised. <laughs> Just like magic. Yeah, it's almost comedically blacked out, though. Yeah. Just like magic, where you don't really get to see, like, how the illusion is actually performed. Like, you know what you're seeing. You shouldn't be seeing. Like, how is that done? This document documentary is the same kind of experience. Like, 
it leaves you with like, what's really going on here? Because you've got amazing Jonathan hires this crew and they're filming him. But then all of a sudden he's presented with a better deal with the documentarians that did, uh, Oscar award-winning documentaries such as Man on Wire and uh, uh, Sugar Man. Then he has another documentary filming at the same time as the documentary that the other... So you've got two competing documentaries filming now. And so then... then at the at a point there's a third documentary filming him and then this 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 documentary even brings into question is amazing jonathan faking the illness that that to me what i was con- i was convinced about halfway through i'm like he's faking this right it's not he's not really sick he lost a lot of weight and he's doing stuff with makeup or something but no he's not he's he's not really sick right he's not um it was wild yeah this document <laughs> i'm telling you like it's on hulu it's called the amazing jonathan documentary jake what are your like what did you think about this like yeah. Uh, were you wanting? I mean, it was a Tupper. Okay. Oh, it was. A, I was asking. I was going to ask you. Like, is this like? Were you wanting to get more of like the amazing Jonathan? Like, I'm dying story or like? No, honestly, I was glad it wasn't that. I, you know, I, that kind of sounds depressing to me. I don't need to see 90 minutes of that. I was actually pleasantly surprised by kind of the turn and what was happening here. Mm-hmm. Um, this was a total Tupperware for me. Um, I mean. I, I, I'm with Rebecca kind of, I really don't want to get too far into like the spoilers of it all. I just don't think people are going to watch this. I, Jake, I don't think, I think like if I don't tease something, people are not going to watch this. I want our no, listeners I, I to agree. watch this. I, I agree. I, I just, I'm just trying to sell how shocking it is. If people, if and, J- Rebecca, if, if people watch The Staircase on Netflix, Mm-hmm. Like how many twists and turns that documentary had, that documentary oh, series. Yeah, absolutely. Had. Like every episode, there was something new that came up right. and you were like, oh, what? Like, and that's how I felt like every five to 10 minutes in this, in this documentary, something else happened that you're like, no, right. what is this? Like it really, it really twists and turns so much. Oh, oh, I don't know. I've never heard of the amazing Jonathan. Well, I, Guys, this will get you up to speed. This will yeah, get you agreed. up to speed. Agreed. You'll know yeah. everything that you need to know about the amazing Jonathan in this documentary. And you're going to get an, an an incredibly bizarre and <sighs> twist. Uh, so many twists throughout this documentary. Right, Jake? Yeah, it was unbelievable. I was yeah. fascinated by just everyone in this document you know his wife was a super fascinating character i mean not character i mean they're real people right but um the eventual confrontation that the director has with the amazing jonathan i was like practically biting my nails during it Mm -hmm. i was on the edge of my seat during that whole conversation i thought it was probably the high point of the entire the entire show i yeah, I can't recommend this highly enough. This this really blew me away. Brian, you actually sent me a message about this like 30 seconds before that. Me and Michelle had just finished watching the trailer. We were really? both laughing. Oh, yeah. wow. 
because it was crazy. on our Hulu homepage. We were like, "What's that about?" We watched the trailer. It ends. I look at my phone, and you're you just right then and there sent me info about it, and we were we were both laughing well, about I, that. It's like I know you, and it's like I know like like a lot of things from like we're the same age, like only a couple months apart. Like I knew like growing up, there's no way you'd been able to escape like the amazing Jonathan. Like you. Like you, you know what I mean? Like you're in the same comedy circles as I grew up in for the most part, you know, like oh, for you follow sure. the same stuff. Like, and I was like, oh my God, you got to watch this. And like, and I'd heard about this documentary being filmed and, but I, I, I really thought like from what I heard, like about the documentary while it was in production was that like, oh, amazing Jonathan is dying. They're going to be chronicling his death. And I was like, uh, this is going to be a tearjerker. And honestly, it's crazy. Like half of the time I'm like, thinking Jonathan's a villain in this. Right? Right? <laughs> and he's some giant, elaborate fucking, like, con man. It's crazy! I, this, you gotta watch this. The amazing Jonathan documentary is amazing. It is a Tupperware. It is fantastic. And it's yeah. on fucking Hulu. And the director, Benjamin Berman, who I did not like at first, I came out of this, honestly, liking him more <laughs> Than Jonathan. Some, of his, some of his expressions after certain things happened were just, oh man, it was crazy. And sometimes know, I had yeah. to like remind myself that this wasn't scripted TV. Right. Yeah. And we had, we, you got, you get some interviews from like Jonathan's friends or fans and that are celebrities. You get Eric Andre is in this and then who was hilarious. I love him. And then Carrot Top and, and you know, some other people in this. So definitely check this out. The amazing Jonathan documentary on Hulu. Rebecca, I am so glad that uh, that you watched this. Uh, June, get on this shit. <laughs> it's really good. It's really good. It's really good, guys. We've got to ramp up. It's it's. I know it's we're recording. For reals. Yeah, it's, it's bedtime. Recording on a Sunday. We will finish up. We will talk about other things that we watched next week. I know. I promise to talk about Ready or Not and. Uh, guys, watch On Becoming a God in Central Florida on Showtime. If you have Showtime, watch it. It's a new Kirsten Dunst series. Did any of you guys watch this? Mm-mm, no, I, I didn't know about it. it. Watch uh, it. Yeah. Two episodes are on the Showtime app. If you have Showtime, watch it. Kirsten Dunst. It's got fucking uh, Alexander Skarsgård's in it. Um, mm-hmm. watch, Mel Rodriguez from The Last Man on Earth. Watch this. I uh, I'll talk about it next week in more detail, but these first two episodes, this is the best shit I've ever seen Kirsten Dunstan since fucking uh, the interview with the vampire thing, and she was like uh, fucking 11 then, right? I mean, <laughs> she is, fu- this is great. This this show is fucking incredible. Like, uh, and we'll talk about Righteous Gemstones. Oh my god. Yeah, we'll talk about it all next week. And then, and then 300. If you haven't fucking sent me your information for 300, you're, if you haven't, if you haven't fucking added me on fucking, on, uh, Skype, you're not gonna be on. You're not gonna be on. I'm not a goddamn babysitter. I'm not here to fucking babysit you fuckers. Alright? I say we call out their laziness too. I will. I fucking, at the end of that episode 300, I'll go through everybody that was supposed to be on the show that wasn't on because they were too fucking lazy to fucking get on Skype and just send me a request. I like it. I will fucking, I will fucking chastise you publicly. (laughs) 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 
Remember, hey, remember earlier when I was talking about let's treat everybody with respect and talk to them like people, and then yeah. I, and then I do this thing, right? Is you that know out I mean? the window now? Right, I exactly. I threw it out the window. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. Rebecca, June, I want to thank guys. I really want to thank you for being on a show that I feel like was kind of like abbreviated because. There was a lot of news that came out with D23. Rebecca, uh, June, I really want to apologize to you that this was a D23 week with Spider-Man news, and we really didn't get to dive into stuff in Good Pop, Bad Pop a little bit more. I apologize. I'm good. Are you sure? But Are you going to come back? Are you going to come back sometime and talk with us sometime? I don't know. I might have plans. I do have plans. Wow. Are you going to be washing your hair? What the fuck? Is this, what is it? What is it? You're going to be washing your hair? Is this like fucking like, is this like Patty Duke from 1955? What the fuck? It's a Friday night. You're going to be washing your hair? Of course I'll come back. All right. Of course. Because when we have you come back, I want you to be able to talk about what you've been watching, what you've been doing and stuff like that. I, I feel horrible that we weren't able to get into that kind of stuff this week because it was such a, such an abbreviated show. I like that word, abbreviated, an abbreviated <laughs> show. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm yeah. really overusing that word, abbreviated, right now. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's going to not sound like a real word. Oh, you I'm keep saying like, Is it. Is that how it's pronounced? You keep saying it, and it doesn't sound like a real word. What are some of those words that you've said so many times that it doesn't sound like a real word anymore? Uh, indemnified. Indemnified? Wow. How, what do you, how, when do you ever use that? At work. I work in the legal department for a company, so like that word comes up like 50 times a day. Oh, come on. Can you, can you think about the average Joe here for a fucking moment? Okay. <laughs> indemnified. Yeah, I was, I was gonna say bath. I was gonna say, <laughs> I was gonna say hot dog. Indemnified. <laughs> Give me a no, fucking the break. The other day, I spelled it like I was typing something, and then I sat there and stared at the word for five minutes because I was like, "Wait, is that how you spell it?" All right, all right, yeah, all right, all right Yale. All right. <laughs> June really speaking for speaking to our audience. All right, okay, okay, Harvard. I'm gonna start calling you Harvard. No. Okay, Princeton. <laughs> <laughs> me and Jake no. are me and Jake are like <laughs> community college. <laughs> state school. I went to state school. I went to Clemson. All right. Woo. <laughs> oh no. National champions. Come on. Oh man. Indemnified. You know, what are the what are the, what are those classic words that you're overusing? And and then, and then we we got fucking Ruth Gator Ginsburg Ruth Bader Ginsburg over here saying indemnified. Ginsburg. <laughs> me and Jake are like oh, fucking. Me and Jake are like Rocksteady and Bebop from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles talking about <laughs> bath and hot dogs. <laughs> We got fucking we got we got indemnified over there. Yeah, I, I didn't know what that fucking meant the first time you said it. Let alone It doesn't matter how many times Jake says it, he don't know what the fuck it means. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're killing us, June. Seriously. You make us feel inadequate. You make I feel like I've just lasted three seconds with fucking Mama Fratelli over here. Oh. I know. Uh, I, I brought it back. I apologize. Rebecca, thank you so much for staying up this late with us this week. Yeah, not not a problem. Let's be good. 
you passed. <laughs> She's like, I'm like, yeah, sure. <laughs> she's like, I think tomorrow she's gonna be wearing like you know I, I i fucking i was on episode 298 of pcl and all i got was this fucking lousy shirt like you know like like one of those fucking like like you survived the ride thing you know what i mean oh. like one of those shirts like i survived episode 298 we recorded on a sunday i know yeah, I can't believe it, like, how you guys used to always record on Sundays, yeah. and then, I don't know, recording on Saturdays is great, because, I, I mean, we, we'd just be getting our second wind oh about God, this stuff. We used to start way earlier, to be fair. Saturday, oh, that's true. Saturday, you fuck off all night, right? Yeah, because it's next day Sunday, who cares, you can sleep in. That's what, that's what Elton John was singing about. On Saturday, <laughs> Saturday, Saturday, podcast. Saturday, 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 Jake, are people when people dress like that? Are they making up for like a lack of personality when they have to do that? Is that a thing? Do you think? Do you think when people I mean, are, are like I, loud? John definitely had plenty of personality. Totally stuff. right. Like, does he need to do that? You know what I mean? Does he need to fucking like? Here, I got I got glasses that are stars and shit, and I gotta wear like all this sparkly bullshit. Like, or can he just be like? Can he wear fucking a like a flannel and jeans and just be like this? Can you not order Boisterous the catalog? <laughs> it's crazy. Jeans. He's like a human chandelier. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it's always the ones that have it that don't think they do. I know. You didn't need to do all that, Elton. You were, you were a bright, shining light. You don't need all that bullshit. Rebecca's like, Brian, shut the fuck. What are you talking about, Brian? <laughs> Brian you, know what's, you know what's not abbreviated is this ending. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Wrap this up so I can pay. <laughs> I feel, no, I feel, there's times where I'm like, at, at the end, you know, at the end, I'm like, oh my God, Brian, maybe this will be a stroke of brilliance. But right now, you guys are just like, no, that is not what's happening here. Let's, let's wrap this up. Jesus Christ. I know you took the condom off of yourself earlier to fuck Fratelli, but like put it back on and wrap it up. Let's do this. All right, guys. I want to thank June. I want to thank Rebecca for hanging in there. Thanks everybody for listening to D23 news secondhand from people that weren't there. And you know what? Just like all good luck. <laughs> What a tagline. What a way to spell it. I'm not gonna bullshit people. Yeah. Oh, I, I was, I was front seat for the Mandalorian panel. I saw it. I saw it. I could smell Giancarlo Esposito's breath from my seat. What the fuck? Yeah, Pedro Pascal, I thought he farted next to me. And it, I, I think he had fucking, I don't know, uh, one of those rye bread sandwiches. What do they call those things? Uh, sauerkraut sandwiches with the, what are the, what are those oh, called? Ru- uh, Reuben. He had a, right? yeah, yeah. He, he, fun- he dropped ass and it smelled like a Reuben. <laughs> 
That's some grade A reporting. <laughs> I don't know what deli he went to, but his fart smelled amazing. <laughs> I... <laughs> yeah, like what else? Like, let's see, Jake. What else are those fucking reporters getting on us? Right? Like, we, like they, they, they say stuff. Like, unless they're telling me what Pedro Pascal's fart smelled like, like they ain't got nothing else on us, right? Yeah, I mean, well, they actually visually saw the things. No, I, I was thinking, like, they smelled it. Well, you're asking what else they have on Oh, I was, ta- I was still talking about the fart. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let me fucking pee. All right, guys. Just like Augur leftovers say on their doggy bags, thank you for your patronage, and thanks for listening. We'll see you next week with episode 299. We'll see you then. Bye. Later, guys. Later, everybody. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a t-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless. But I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts Talking about pop culture and all that Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat But it's all been done before and we don't want to be a copycat We're the leftovers picking up the scraps Dropped by the cool kids It's, it's, it's a trap Good it toss it, good it taste Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, hate Race it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture carryover. Counterculture pushed over. Pop culture leftover. Uncool kids. What's to say's already been said. Leftover. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Podcasts that are original and good have already been done before, so we should. Separate the wheat from the shaft And we're the shaft of crap Even though we're the shit Woo! We're the leftovers picking up the scraps Dropped by the cool kids it, it, It's a trap Good and toss it, good and Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it Can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party Subculture spill over like a vulture carryover Counterculture pushed over Pop culture Leftovers And we're the uncool kids What's to say's already been said Leftovers Pretty sure Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture carryover, counterculture pushover, pop culture. Leftover, and uncool kids, what's to say's already been said. Leftover, the only talent is the band that's singing this pop culture leftovers.